Okay, welcome everybody to uh, this stream of Breaking Absolutes. Uh, I've been excited for a long time for this episode. I get to talk to Russell Allen, uh, but a fan as a as a aspiring vocalist myself. This guy's something of a a vocal hero, and he's had just this um, this exemplary career in terms of the people he's collaborated with and the music that he's made. Um, and so we've got a bunch of things to talk about. Um, before we get into that, if you dig how we're trying to talk to uh, some of the metal musicians and rock musicians <coughs> who are kind of on that 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 edge of, of um, creating art that we think deserves a broader audience, and uh, thus this show to try and break down stereotypes and uh, share it with more people, then uh, do us a favor, follow us, subscribe, whatever you need to do to share what we're doing so we can continue to have these kinds of guests. Um, as a quick primer for, for those of you that um, aren't familiar with Russell Allen, um, I mean, it's really kind of difficult to summarize, but um, uh, he's known very much for the strength and range of his voice. Um, he's he's uh, in several groups um, and meaningful groups. Uh, there's a lot of artists who have a lot of projects. Um, when Russell touches a project, it kind of um, elevates it. And um, so bands like Symphony X, Adrenaline Mob, um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and there'll be some others we'll talk about. But that's just to name a few to which he's lent his talents. So um, with that as a setup, let me bring Russell on, and we will talk to the man himself. Welcome, Russell. How are you? Hey, good, Peter. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm I'm uh, honored that you would spend some time with us. Um, yeah, so let's uh, – let me – before we kind of get rolling on the other stuff, like I, I really love to get a pulse on how folks have weathered COVID, like how they've um, spent this time. I'm interested. How's it been for you? Uh, it's, uh, you know, like, like most of the world, I've been, you know, we were in lockdown for, for, for the longest time, uh, but things in, in, in America here, I've, as you know, you live in America, I assume, right? Seattle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's kind of opening back up and and everything, uh, but you know this is my little man cave studio uh, in and in, in the back of my property. So I pretty much lived out here for for a long time. It was pretty pretty crazy. Uh, we had gotten COVID uh, myself and the whole family um, uh, a few months ago, uh, just before you know everything. The vaccines were being you know distributed, and uh, there was a time when. Um, you know, we we did the the live stream for TSO, so the, uh, that was the only real kind of thing I did, and it was uh, it was it was a challenge, but uh, I'm really happy we did it. The, the the response was great, and the the fans really loved it, and we appreciated being able to to do our our art. You know, to be to be out there performing, but we had all of these uh, uh, protocols. You know, we had to follow. We were tested pretty much almost every other day yeah and so when i came home from from that um you know my i i i quarantined myself in in this shed basically <laughs> for, for like two weeks and i'm like oh you know at first it's like oh cool i, I can be in my studio i can just you know dive into whatever i'm gonna do out here you know i, I got a i got a game console out here i figure out you know catch up on some 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 games or something and I had this small pullout bed, and man, I never slept in it before. 
and boy was that a nightmare man my back I couldn't I couldn't even walk after three days of, of doing this and but I did it because you know we were we were going to spend the holidays with immediate family and of course my my uh, at my in-laws and they're 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 older people and so I would just wanted to make sure that you know I was doing the right thing and we were safe and and that was probably the the hardest part of it uh for, for me personally but uh other than that uh it like everyone else just uh just sitting around just waiting for something to, to happen and it's it's been difficult it's uh I, you know a lot of my friends and other bands that you know just aren't doing it anymore uh a lot of people just kind of fell to the wayside it's really sad and i'm hoping that uh that they pick it back up and the touring market opens back up for us because um it's been difficult uh, for, for everyone, but, you know, doing, doing some records and stuff like that, uh, working on some projects and, and things like that have been, have been good. But the, the biggest plus, I guess, for me, uh, since I'm an, a traveling you know, musician is just been able to spend time with my family more and, and be home and, uh, and stuff. And, and, and that, that's been the positives, I think for most people too, it's been, been a good thing, but it's, it's been rough, uh, you know, uh, it's a struggle financially to, to keep everything going. You know, uh, my, my wife uh, is a teacher and, and luckily she, she has that, that career. And of course, uh, she's essential, you know, right. I found I'm not essential. <laughs> <laughs> I am not an essential person in society. Um, you know, obviously entertainment is the first thing to go in, in a very difficult and, uh, situation like like we've all been dealing with and and uh so that, that was humbling but i was very grateful for all the the people out there uh working and in and getting in harm's way to try and get us past this so we can get back to entertaining all those wonderful folks you know so uh you know it's it's been good but uh she she was been virtual the whole time uh so uh, i spent a lot of time out here not just the the quarantine time but my, my kids are also, uh, you know, young and going to school and they were virtual as well. So my house turned into a virtual school. I, I right. couldn't go anywhere, but the, but the, the bathroom, the bedroom or, or the kitchen and, and, you know, you can't, can't really do much in those spaces for too long, except eat, sleep and go and take a, take a leak. So I, I, I spent a lot of time out here. Uh, and so, you know, I just know this, this studio now, every inch of it, yeah. you know, every, every nook and cranny. Uh, so, but that's been my experience, but I'm really happy. We're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel and I'm just really anxious to get back out there and, and, and sing. Yeah. I'm sorry. One second. My son is interrupting. I'm, I'm online, buddy. He wants to go on a bike ride now. You know, this is what I deal with. Well, come here. Come on. Say hi. I'm on, I'm, I'm on the internet. You want to yeah, say, say hello? hello? This is my son. This is my son, Jack. Hello. Hey, Jack. How are you? Good. Yeah, you want your dad to go yeah. on a bike ride with you? Is that the deal? No, no, I, he's too he's too cool now. He's gonna go uh, with all his friends. Oh, you know? so he's asking permission. So, <laughs> yeah, he's asking for permission to venture out. Uh, one of the coolest things that we were able to do, even with all the COVID stuff, is I, I coach uh, this little guy in our town football uh, team in the football league that he plays in. Uh, he's been our quarterback now for for a while. Wow, good so for you. this. This has been a lot of fun to work with him and 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 and, 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 the, and the kids on the team, and so that's what I do when I'm when I'm home. Uh, I get to enjoy this with him, and we got lucky last year. Uh, New Jersey allowed us to do that uh, with all the you know we have protocols, but we made it through. 
no no disasters and so this year we're looking forward to get back to it right yeah all right who's your favorite quarterback who's your favorite quarterback favorite quarterback he doesn't really have come on mahomes brady who do you like I was going by goat status, probably Brady, but Brady. I don't know. I don't have one. <laughs> uh, you and I, you and I have to be a little bit enemies then, because my favorite is uh, Peyton Manning. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's also good too. P- people debate a lot between them. They do, so. don't they? Yeah, but Manning's my yeah. boy. I don't like. I like football, but I don't really like. Some of my friends are really into it. They know all about the players and all that. You're talking about the NFL, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, is that your friends? Yeah. All right, Rockstar. All right. Where are you going? All right. All right. Be safe, all right? Call me when you get there. Text me when you get there. Uh, I saw I, – Yeah. I uh, I did see a, a, a photo or two um, on your, your Facebook of – and so I, I'm glad to connect the dots, actually um, – because and that was going to be the next thing I asked you about is it it seems like you're a real sports enthusiast pretty much football I mean when I was younger I fought a lot more stuff and and as I got older and just lazier and cognitively challenged I guess I don't know I can't pay attention to everything uh the other guys that coach with they're great guys they're 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 a little younger than me, uh, and and they're they're very into everything baseball and basketball, all the all the all the sports. And so, yeah. you know, I, what it was is um, I I uh, I played in school, uh, and uh, football just was um, something that always just stuck with me, you know. Um, uh, and I, I I just love the sport. I love the Raider, the real Raider. We're the Lincoln Park Raiders by 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 chance, but. Uh, uh, turns out, you know, I'm a real Raider fan too. So I didn't have to buy anything to be a coach. I already had all the gear, you know, how I already <laughs> yeah. had my, my vague, my, you know, so, so, uh, Were you, uh, how did you come by that association? Cause I, I feel like I remember you're on the East coast. Well, yeah, I, I moved out here when I was 18. Um, and I grew up though in Southern California okay. as a kid. So I went to school out there and I became a fan when the Raiders came Los Angeles in 84 and won the Super Bowl. Mark Salinger and Plunkett and all those guys. Yeah, and, man. You know, we had Rams back then, but it wasn't the greatest show on turf back then. It was, it was the, it was, there was no show. It was, uh, there was one show. There was a guy who was named Eric Dickerson, probably oh, one dude. of the greatest running back that I've ever seen. And, yeah, but yeah. the Rams, you know, they just weren't uh, doing it for me. But when the Raiders, you know, blew into town like a, like a rowdy pirate crew from, from, from days of, of, of yore, these guys were, rock stars man and and uh i just was like i this is my team you know so i just identify with those guys and and i love the fact that they were against the grain and and i don't know it, it just kind of you know fits my whole my whole thing i you know even for my music it kind of you know i'm a metal guy right and yeah. we're, we're not we're not we've always been sort of you know on the outsides on the outskirts of the of the of the music world we're not really uh and then even like you know like people like yourself like your show to bring sort of um you know uh to bring awareness to us you know we're we're still you know we're not the pop guys we're not uh you know we're not the big uh slice of the pie so i just i don't know it just always worked for me and love the raiders and yeah it's kind of that uh you know what are we gonna do? I'm I'm a pirate for life, so what am I gonna do? Yeah, it's uh, it's that kind of bad boy. I mean, uh, it, it, when it was Oakland, they definitely had that yeah. sort of reputation for playing playing really hard. 
playing maybe even a little bit dirty sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you I, a Gruden fan? Are you in on the Gruden thing? I'm a Gruden fan. I am a Gruden fan. I, I love Chucky. He's, he's the man when he first came back getting on and onto the whole thing and really changed the, the energy of the team and got us back to a, to a winning, uh, you know, a winning, uh, record uh his style his his love for the raiders is really what is sold me on the guy yeah. i mean he's a he really loves the organization loves the team uh and he was a great fit and and we haven't had a coach you know like him since uh you know the, those early days but you know i like a john madden or, or some one of those guys i mean men you know of course he's the tv he's a homegrown guy so he's he's a different you know he's a different kind of coach he's not He's not like John, where John's like, you know, you know, I don't care what you do in the weekends. Just show up, play football, show up to practice, show up to film. Boom, we win. You know, like his whole thing was just win, baby. Like Al, like Al's whole thing. Didn't care what your lifestyle was. Didn't care. Just show up to work, do your job. And that was it. And so, you know, John's more, you know, his style is more structured, organized. He's a real football head. He, he runs his show a lot different, and I, I, I like both both styles because they, they're both charismatic people and charismatic coaches, and I think that's, that has a lot to do with the team success. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we get something going on in Vegas. We were starting to last year, uh, but, you know, we get, we, we're, I think every team, when it moves to a new new uh, market, has some growing pains to do. I mean, For sure. of course, we, when, when they came to L.A., they won right away, but they, they were already an incredible uh, team going into that move. So, and it wasn't like they, they, you know, they didn't lose a step. I think, I think with him coming back as the coach and, you know, the drama with having to leave Oakland was such a, you know, famous city for the team, the origin, the original city. Uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff there, but anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward to actually maybe getting out there and seeing them. Oh, that'd be, be nice. The travel again would be great. <laughs> uh just to travel to the local bar and see the game would be would be great now so uh so yeah i'm a big big uh, big fan of football and of course coaching football has been a lot of fun for me with with my son yeah uh and his his friends and um it's been very rewarding for me to to do that and to be able to spend that kind of time and and use some of the knowledge that i that i that i had playing the game it's uh, it's interesting when you when you get in those situations where you're you're like, wow, I, I remember, I remember all this. I, I remember these things, these steps, these moves, how to, how to do this. And you can teach that to a young person and, and they absorb that and you see the results of that and you see them achieve something uh, special that, that really, that's great. That's a, that's a, that's probably, it's right up there with, you know, playing in front of 85,000 people, you know, yeah. for me, it's, it, it really does give me that, that feeling of uh, accomplishment. So uh, I really enjoy it. I, uh, I'm a dad too. So I know exactly the feeling oh. you're describing. Yeah. Can I show you something yeah. real quick? I, I hope this works. Yeah, sure. Um, is this the guy we're talking about? The moves, the young moves. <laughs> yeah, it's me, man. My, I don't know what the heck I was doing with that hair back then. I was, I was the eighties. So, you know, I actually, that's my, that is my freshman year, I believe. Yeah. So when I was a, a upperclassman that I ended up growing that out and i had like the you know i had the classic super mullet you know <laughs> hair best doors or you know and and the mullet the shave size because i couldn't with the helmet i couldn't get it on with the hair so i did the the, the super mullet but yeah it's me man yeah you know who you look like to me in that photo who? brendan frazier <laughs> yeah I, get, I used to get that a lot yeah 
I used to get the Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. So now, I, that, that, now I get more like, you know, like The Undertaker or, you know, things like that when I got the hair down, you know. So it's like, okay, yeah, Undertaker, that's Both cool. Good. Both good. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, I've got, um, there's a part of my life that is um, like fiction and writing and a lot of that speculative fiction. So there's, you know, fantasy and science fiction. So I've got a ton of friends who are really into live action role playing and all things medieval. And I, I fell across this nugget reading about you that you're a sword collector. Is that still a thing for you or is that kind of a, a hobby gone by? Um, well, no, not, not really. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't really have too many swords laying around in my, my life. That's cool looking. Uh, yeah. Do you recognize this one? Uh, it, it's Lord of the Rings, right? Ah, yes. This is Aragorn's sword, the king's sword. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I I collect. I I really didn't collect this. This was given to me. Um, like all my swords. I I have a couple cutlasses that I got, but this one here was given to me. Uh, when I left medieval times, I when I retired, quote unquote, from being a knight there. So this was my. This was my my parting gift and so i was like yeah i want to get a, i, I want to get the uh, the prop the hollywood you know version of the this sword from lord of the rings and so i got it and it just sits in my studio now so hey, hold it you know. hold, hold it there for a second i want to so as men do we're going to this is mine. Is a Highlander? Is the Highlander sword? Oh, oh yeah. There couldn't be only one. Only yes, one. I know. <laughs> so I thought I'd show you. Um, yours is cooler because I'm a far bigger fan of uh, Aragon and Lord of the Rings. But uh, I did. I did notice um, your Medieval Times. It, was that? Um, is that the hotel in Vegas? Or is that a no? That, that that's that's uh, Excalibur. Oh, that, that's that right. was Excalibur. Yeah, they're owned by uh, I believe Circus Circus. They were back in the day. Uh, we were we were actually involved in in that uh, the, the the production the early production of that show. There was going to be a partnership, and then it kind of fell apart, and they went on their own their own way. But Medieval Times is a dinner dinner theater sort of sort of vibe. It seats about I'd say some castles they're anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred people a night. Uh, and it's in the round. It's so it's a it's a circular arena, right? And they're usually built inside of castles, like like they make these you know facades of castles and things like that. Except for Florida, Florida actually is like a historical almost replica of of, of a Spanish castle in the Middle Ages. So that's right. That's where I worked. It was in Buena Park, California. Um, I was playing football in high school, and uh, one of I just I just uh, my mom was bugging me that summer to get a job and. <laughs> One day led to another, and I went down there and I auditioned for the show. Uh, they asked me if I rode a horse. My then girlfriend goes, "Well, we can go, you know, horseback riding. You can learn how to do it." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> so I went and did that. Thought I was the man. Went in and fell off the horse I was supposed to be trying out on about six times, and got back up every time. It hurt like hell. I got back up, got back on the horse, fell off again, got back on the horse, fell off again. The guy, the guy who was my boss eventually uh, looked at me and goes you're not a ride do you i'm like no nah, not really he goes you're hired and, and then i was like wow so uh i asked him like 
you know, a week later after, cause I was learning everything. I was like, why, why'd you hire me? If I, if I, you know, didn't know how to ride really. He goes, he goes, because, you know, we could teach you all that, but the fact that you got up and got on that horse again, six times, whatever it was, that you fell off. That showed me that you've got what it takes to actually do this work. And I was like, okay, so that was it. You know, and then, then I went through the process, the actual riding part took about six months to learn how to Is do that. Right. Wow. Uh, yeah. Six months, because it's not just, you know, Hey, here I am, you know, like a parade, you got to learn all these things about uh, horsemanship about, and how to move them and, and, and learn dressage and things like that. Dressage is just like a, uh, basically it's medieval combat for the horses, how they, how you side pass them, half pass, rear forebat, all these maneuvers that you'll see them do in a show. Those are all military moves, you know, like uh, you would, you would get the horse to do in battle. So, wow, so we had to learn all cool. that. Yeah, it was intense uh, and, and it was dangerous. I mean, you know, I, I had a lot of friends who, who unfortunately got, pretty seriously injured doing that work um uh it was my first professional quote-unquote show i guess you could say i was ever in uh and it was uh it was very exciting you know but it was highly dangerous because uh, you're doing live action stunt work every day and sometimes there would be triples we do three shows in one day oh wow uh and so we'd have to sometimes we'd cycle the guys in and out or might we, if we were injured if we had injuries uh, on the roster some of us and i did this a lot had to do all three you know uh i was a very young man back then so i could i could <laughs> well, was i there, could do all that stuff. was there and it, was, it was jousting and stuff was that part of oh that? yeah so did you ever like get jousted right off the horse i did one time uh it wasn't meant to be you know because we we would have the lances uh constructed to where they would they would snap when okay. you hit the other person's shield you know you'd be riding with your shield and you, you, you know, you got to really trust the horse because you're letting the reins kind of loose. And so you can hold your shield up square. And then that's the target for the other stunt person to, to hit it. And so you'd come out with the lance with this side and we'd both try to hit each other. And the, so the lances were, were angularly cut out and it was made out of ash wood, very light wood that would snap and shatter into a bunch of pieces in the crowd. Ooh, wow. But sometimes physics is an interesting thing. If you, if the guy who was preparing them accidentally didn't cut the opposite angles the right way, or they were a little off, there was enough structural, you know, integrity that the lance would actually, you know, not break. And so that happened to me because we, we were doing a show in Mexico, in Mexico uh, at the Aztec World Cup soccer arena for like a promotional thing. There was, Oh my God, there must have been a hundred something thousand people at this stadium. It was the largest thing I'd ever done. Uh, and, and I always, I always remember it because the feeling was like, God, this is, must be what it's like when, you know, professional athletes go out here and do this. The, yeah. the roar of the crowd was just something I've never, I've been to games and stuff, but when you're on the field and that energy's focused at you, wow, the adrenaline is rush is just it's crazy. So I was the blue knight, you know, Azul, I think is in Spanish. And so they're just chanting my name. I'm getting ready to go down. I'm all, you know, my, my blood's racing. I'm all pumped up. None of us really understood because, you know, the, I think the arenas that we were in were like, they weren't too, the, too long, maybe 70 feet, 65, 70 feet, the rail that we would go down. So the horses never really got a, a, a full head of steam, you know, and, and, and that was on purpose. We didn't really want to be charging at each other. We'll see. Well, this was an Olympic track, so we, we, we opened up these Andalusian stallions, these Iberian war horses, basically, you know, the ones you see in every statue in the world, like, you know, every general or anybody in anything is always on one of these Iberian war horses, 
with all the, you know, and so the, we let these things go. And, and this guy hit me. I was supposed to stay on the horse. We were supposed to do another pass. Well, Lance didn't break. So he just blasted me off this thing, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and the squires were freaking out because now the horse is just kind of running around the stadium, you know, like we we're trying to, and, but the roar of the crowd was deafening. It was so loud. I, I, I'll never forget it. It was, it was a weird thing because my ears were actually compressing. I was hearing that just, oh, like wow. that, you know, because the audience was so loud. And so, and then, but, you know, he, he came back and took another, got off his horse and we started the ground combat sequence um, uh, for that. But How yeah, cool, yeah. Another time I had a, 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 a lance just go right through my shield, penetrate about eight inches, you know, that and it just went right under my armpit and i got real lucky there because it, it almost you know hit me hit me in the chest and and i looked at it, i was like whoa that was crazy so i showed it to the crowd they're like "Ooh, you know i had my fair share injuries man i got some scars on my, on my head from getting hit with swords and whatnot but on and all, all in all super super lucky you know yeah. that i made it through those years and and didn't get really seriously hurt so yeah dude it uh that's kind of badass. You're kind of a, were metal before you were even singing metal. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're, I guess you're right. Yeah. I was doing that whole thing. And, uh, and, and I was working there at night, uh, at, during the days and, and in, at night. And, uh, I was, uh, I, I, I was singing, you know, on the side. Mm -hmm. I, I, when I got out to New York, there was still a metal scene, of course, out by you, you know, the, 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 the grunge stuff hit and every, yeah. it just destroyed everything. Thank you. Thank uh, you so much, dude. I was uh, I was heartbroken because I moved here because of bands like Queensrÿche, and I, yeah. I I arrived, at, you know, I was really really young, and and the vocal mm -hmm. trainer for for Jeff is here, and that's why I moved is to train with him, and I arrived and Teen Spirit hit, and the world just changed. Yeah, it's funny how that happens, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, look, I I'm I'm like, I was a big Cornell fan. And I love Soundgarden, and Allison Change was my my band out of that out of that time because they had they had such Zeppelin Sabbath influences that I really liked it. And I wasn't a big hair metal hair band guy, you know. Yeah. I I never was. It was kind of before my time. I think the only band I can honestly say that I loved uh, that you could, you could maybe associate with that, which I, I argue this point is Van Halen, early Van Halen. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that that was. Uh, that was my my band as a kid growing up in California in rock that I really really loved. They were my favorite, and it's really because of the Eddie Van Halen. I mean, sure, like so many other people, other young guys, and well, they didn't even uh, use I, that term back then. Hair metal even wasn't even the language no. of the time, and now they lump bands like, um, you know, Guns and Roses in with that. It, it's it's so arbitrary. It's hard to hard to follow the category. We, we, we have a bad habit of doing that. It's, I don't know if it's a human being thing or what, but we love to label and categorize and put things in boxes. I think it's just a, I don't know if it's just a way that we can process it all, you know, and try and, or make some logical sense of it all. Uh, to me, it's just a, it's just cool music, man. And, and yeah. the band's got a great attitude and they're kick-ass. Well, that's a rock band in my, my opinion. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but the, some of the things they pass off as rock today just don't cut the mustard for me. I, that's not rock and roll, you know. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. And, I I had that exact experience when I went to Cleveland and I went to the Rock and Roll um, History Museum. Oh, uh, I was walking around there, and uh, like, I'll do respect to musicians of in, making any oh, yeah. kind of impact and and career in music is really 
to be applauded. <laughs> but some of the um, inductees there is, I think, um, disgusting, uh, especially when there is yeah. the, the amount of musicians who've con- like legitimately con- contributed to rock and metal that, ha- that have no presence there. Um, that's, that's the exact problem I, I have with it as well. Uh, I, it's not that I don't, don't believe those people deserve recognition. It's just that, <clears throat> like you said, people who, who really, who really are legitimate, you know, influencers in that genre and, and, and people who made some incredible works of art in that box that everybody likes to put things in are represented there. And, and, and it's because, you know, and still to this day, you know, people from the rock world, the real rock people, they're the cool ones, you know, they're the ones that everybody wants to be associated with, yeah. you know, yeah, you could say rock is dead, but everybody wants to be a rock star. And so pop stars want to have that pedigree. C- country people love when a, when a, you know, the rock guys around it, like in Nashville, things like that, uh, you know, because yeah. you, you, we can bring certain energy to their, to their music, to their writing that, that, that isn't there. And it's just, it's just so ironic that, you know, that place just kind of smacks us in the face with, with not including some of the best and brightest in our, in our, in our genre. But you know what? Pirates never get old enough now, do we? Right. I said, come on. Well, we can't complain about it, dude, because that would be exactly opposite of who we are. Exactly so, right. You know, I, it's, it's funny because when they I, ask, fine, so- I be a part of that, or if you're not going to include me in it, who cares? I'm still going to sail the high seas of heavy metal, dude. And I'm going to do my thing and with or without your, 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 your trinkets, you know? So, so that's kind of how the, the metal, as you know, metal guys and rock guys work, you know, we, we've never been accepted on the mainstream in, in any way at all. Yeah. And they're always taken, taken from us and, you know, identity wise, things like that. And, and wanting to associate and have that, that, uh, that title quote unquote rock star whatever you want to call it yeah which is you know not even a thing anymore it's like they've, they've completely just yeah it doesn't There's... have it's been kind of watered down the, the very yeah. guy the very guys that um blazed that trail and those who emulated them and followed in their footsteps like yourself they um when when asked about being in the rock and roll hall of fame most of them are like i don't care you know, that's not a thing to me, the, the music and, and the fans that, and that's the attitude that is rock and roll. And now they've that length, even metal, like you hear so often, even in, in um, popular culture, well, that's really metal. Well, what the hell do you know about what that means? You know, I, I've actually yeah. I've called people on this is well, what, when you say that, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I guess it just means like rebellious or something I'm like, oh, okay. Anyway, I, not yeah. to. They have no clue if they if they knew how many subgenres metal had to begin with they wouldn't it, it's you know we could have a, a, a you know uh uh what do you call it we, we could have a, a nato of or whatever the union you yeah. know the <laughs> There's so we, could, we could have a, what which which we call it the the uh, some world organization to represent every single facet of, of metal culture and and all this other stuff because it's so huge, man. People who say that they, they just don't understand how much depth there is uh, in such a, it's funny. It's, it's, it's almost, um, I kind of laugh because, you know, metal is already a sliver of a pie of art, you know, yeah. within a sliver of a pie of rock. And then they took that 1% and chopped that less than 1% and chopped that into a, a thousand sub percent of that. So, you know, yeah. like, 
you know, it, it it's just crazy, you know, but <laughs> it's kind of cool. I, I really love, I don't know if you've ever seen that the anthology of metal that they did. Yeah. The one, uh, you know, and, and yeah. uh, he, he was, did a great job. He's an anthropologist. Uh, I forget his name. He was, um, I think uh, I can't remember his name offhand. This I'll was a while ago, but and he 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 like went to the festivals in Europe and he kind of interviewed people and did a really cool thing on it. And uh, I was happy we had a mention. I'm like, hey, we've made it into the history books when they went down the tree of metal and and it came to our little branch of of prog metal. You know, you saw us in there. We were at the on the list with Sabotage and Rush and Dream Theater and. You know, I was like, wow, we we actually, you know, made an impact here. That was the coolest thing for me ever. That Absolutely. that recognition on that level to say that we had impact and we influenced uh, other artists, that meant that means more to me than any any award. I mean, dude, I've never been given an award, I don't think, for any record I've ever been on or ever done that I'm aware of. I got nothing hanging on my walls, you know, like <laughs> even even in the in the cool kids club of, of rock and metal, you know, with with all the the you know the you know all the magazines they're even still around you know there, there's always been uh, that sort of vibe uh, to try and like you know crown the best of what, of what we have in the moment and i've never really much of an in the moment you know guy when it term, in terms of that so well when they um when they do the um when when folks in the know kind of do roll-ups of uh bands and vocalists um i'm pretty aware of it and i i know that um Symphony X is always mentioned in in the same breath in progressive metal with Dream Theater and with um, Fate's Warning and a bunch of these groups. Uh, like there's um, the regard is there 100 percent. And when the conversation gets to vocalists who sing in this category, lots and lots of great talent. Um, and, and and this is not just to simply pander to you, but there's there is a very small set of vocalists that get mentioned just by rote. You're in that group. Um, that, that sit there at that altitude, and this is my view as well, with guys like um, James Labrie or Ray Alder or, um, you know, any number of, of those vocalists. So so that, I mean, that's your award. Like, it, it, plaques oh, are yeah. cool, but, but um, you know, you're, I think, I will say this, though. Um, I've been thinking about this. As much success as we're going to talk about in a minute when we get to the music that you've had, I, I believe that your, um, your career hasn't reflected how big your talent is yet. Um, well, I'm flattered to hear you say that. And there's a part of me that would agree with you. I think, I think you know, I, Adrenaline Mob was an attempt to, to break into a genre I'd never done before and try and get to a wider audience. And actually, ironically, it kind of did do that uh, in, in some ways. It opened some doors for me to other things. Uh, but Symphony X was never designed, I should say, or to do that. Uh, Symphony yeah. X is a completely artistic act that that never sought to try and even get to the levels of like a dream theater or anything, because we never toured that much. Uh, the band was never a big touring act. I think, you know, bands like that who are in this genre who who don't build up a really large base uh is because they don't tour because this is this is really live music i mean yeah you know people who like yourself who, are, who can sit there and listen to 25 minute songs on records and stuff like that you're a slice of a slice of a slice of, yeah. the, of the listening audience right which is which is great and we love you for that but 
the live experience is where it's at for bands that jam like we do. And so um, we were never out there doing it very much. You know, the other guys had raised their kids during the early days and I, I got mine came along and it wasn't a priority. And I think that kind of reflects a little bit of where Symphony X kind of fell or has fallen in the, in the world. But ironically, we go out in 2019 and there's thousands of kids out there. And I just don't know where the heck they're coming from. Oh, the internet. Yeah. So, you know, you know, we, we still have this uh, longevity and we still have this relevance, which is which is really nice. Um, but we've never toured much. But who knows, man, I'm 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 uh, I'm looking to do to do new things and, and make new music. And maybe, like you said, I, I might get a, a situation where uh, it might get heard by more people and be up there to where, you know, it's sort of as a better representation of of my level of talent but in the end of the day hey if i can keep my family going and people love what i do that's great that's great you know i if i if i could keep singing and be a heavy metal pirate till the day they put me in the ground well that's that's my award that i'm a winner that's that's a win for me there's no doubt that that's success Um, but i'll take it one one step further i i had a conversation on this very show um some weeks back with john petrucci and um and one of the things we talked about, it might've been on or off the show, but uh, he said, there's a very real sense in which dream theater might not even really be around if it hadn't been for pull me under that one song. And it was simply because of the altitude it reached in airplane. Now radio is not what it was, but there's like, no. there, there are proxies for it now, you know, um, songs can kind of hit hard on the DSPs. And I want to get your opinion about the DSPs, but, with you know playlists and such, but it's it's really interesting how um, one song can catalyze all the rest, and it's why I don't think a rock or metal career is ever like ever absent the opportunity to get big. And so I am really eager for you to continue. It's why I wanted you on this show, eager to continue. Not that you wouldn't have done this anyway, because as much success as you've had, and I, we're definitely going to talk about some of it. Um, there's a there's a broader audience that's just gonna like be like why the hell didn't I know about Russell before? Um, just because of your because of your talent as a vocalist. Um, so with that as a transition, if that's okay, um, let's talk a little bit about the music itself. I I saw this little nugget when I was um, reading up. It might have been on your Facebook page. Sorry if that sounds like weird trolling to you, but I was just I was <laughs> trying trying to look All around. Right. But you had a you made a, a comment I think it was late last year about um, that you'd been quietly writing songs that were of more personal nature. Is there anything more you'd care to share with us about that? Um, yeah, you know, I, I I was going through pretty pretty rough times after you know we had lost Dave and Janet in that adrenaline mob uh, accident. For those of you who don't know, we I was involved in a really horrific uh, tour bus crash that um, that took the lives of uh, my bass player, Dave uh, Z and my tour manager, Janet Rain. So, uh, you know, I hadn't really written anything since then. Um, nothing at all. Uh, I tried to go in the studio and write about it and not about that in particular, but just anything in general. And I had, so I have PTSD from the experience I see it, you know, I do have a uh, lingering issues with it and so one of the things that has been really therapeutic for me is to get out here delve into the emotional aspect of it confront it and and start to try and get some something on paper you know uh and that's what i started doing last year and i i have been working on some music uh like that and and it's still a work in progress um 
uh, it's a, it's a bit of a challenge for me, but I'm sort of kind of like this pandemic thing, kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and, and understanding, you know, being able to process all that and, and, and sort of collect my thoughts and, 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 and put it down in a way that, that I can actually articulate because when it's, when you're heavily, I wouldn't say burdened with emotion, but when you're, when you're that deeply affected by something, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to really function and you really can't do the work, uh, because you get lost in it. And, and I, I was getting completely lost in, in, in the emotional, uh, side of things. And just, the you know, I had survivor guilt and all these issues I've been dealing with for years now. Uh, and it's been a challenge One the, you know, uh, I turned the corner, uh, kind of with just being out there again with Symphony X in 2019, we were in France. And I remember that European tour had started and there was some chatter online, what's wrong with Russ. And I was completely just, uh, I was there, but I wasn't there. And it wasn't that I wasn't singing good, but I was, uh, you know, having some issues on the bus every night. Uh, some, some really sort of like, I'd be jarred awake every time we'd hit something. I had a lot of ticks stuff left over from the hit. Cause I was in the bus when the truck smashed into us, you know, uh, and I'm lucky to, to be here. So it, it really humbles you in a lot of ways. And I went through that and, and, I, you know, for a while there, my goals had changed in life. And like, you know, I, that's when I started getting into the coaching thing and doing things more closer to home, thinking that, you know, don't know if I'm ever going to do this again. Uh, you know, I, I know that people want to hear, God, but you got to keep on fighting and honor their memory and all that stuff. And those are great words. And it, it is true. But when you experience and see that kind of stuff right in front of your face and watch your friends die in front of you, it uh it's it's a challenge to to do that uh, for me because i take the i take the passing of those people very very deeply um uh and so so it's it's something that i want to talk about in my art eventually but it cannot be because i wish to profit off of their death or anything like that it, 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 it's it's not it's not who i am um but i want to make sure that whatever i do which involved that time which is what I've been focusing, trying to get out, uh, is, is really is special and honors their memory. That's the most important thing, thing to me than anything. I, I, if I'm going to put out any music that touches on those, on that day, it's got to be uh, really, really good, uh, in, for their memory. Um, and then, you know, uh, from there I can kind of move forward, but, but, uh, that's been a big hurdle. And I, I'm one of these type of guys where, yeah, I can do projects and sing other things. That's fine because I don't have to delve emotionally deep into other than just whatever the, the, the character might be or whoever the, you know, the song is about. I can, I can go there, but when it's me, you know, it's different. So I have to get over this hurdle and I've been working on it and I got some really good stuff. It's just hard to listen to, you know, yeah. <laughs> it gets me. So now picture myself performing that or trying to, you know, then I start to, you know, to, to think, oh boy. I've got other songs too that I've been working on. My daughter, uh, you know, my Italian fans probably would, would know this because I had been over there supporting an effort to raise awareness for autism, but my daughter's on a spectrum. And that was a challenge that I, we had had as a family for a long time. And I wrote some, some pretty good stuff I feel about, about uh, that experience, about her and about her, her progress. And, and she's out, she has a really good story, uh, which is really, we're very fortunate. But I, I kind of think, maybe like what you were saying if i were to get to a level of recognition where people could could see me the way you you feel they should is through this tar sort of avenue where the music is um 
is really, really close to home and very real and something that people can identify with in, in an immediate way. Uh, I know, you know, the dreaded pops, you know, thing, uh, pop genre does that because their lyrics are all based on those types of things. Their immediate accessibility, things of that nature. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not against anything at this point, um, and, but the thing is I, I want something to be, uh, you know, there that's so tangible that it's undeniable. And then I think maybe I might get what you're talking about, but yeah. it's really not the goal. The goal for me is to put something out there that he, that's a healing thing for me so I can move forward. Um, but it has changed my perspective on a lot of things. I mean, the world has changed okay, too on top of that. So I've been dealing with a lot of double whammies, like a personal life change in the past four, four years. And of course the world has changed as well. So we're living in a new time. Uh, I'm living in a new time. I think the challenge is to, is to rise up to that and, and meet the times with, uh, with honesty. And that's the only thing I can do. I have to tell my story. I have to be real about it. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, that that can inspire people, maybe help some people who struggled through the same thing, losing to somebody like in this way. And uh, and that's kind of what my focus is right now for for trying to do my own stuff again. And, yeah. Um, hoping that that, you know, you know, people people uh, will hear it and, and relate and feel it. And it's, it's not about how high my notes are or whatever. It's it, it's about the content of the words. It's about what what the meaning of the songs are. Uh, and, and that's what I'm striving to do at this point. And, you know, it's weird, you know, you, you get a long time in this business and all of a sudden that becomes the most important thing ever. I mean, the beginning was like, yeah, come on, man, that riff's got to, you know, we got to mosh to that. Yeah, you know, I still love all that stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day now, it's like, you know, well, hey, what, how's that person going to feel when they hear this? And are they going to understand me? You know, yeah. Dio was great for that. Dio yeah. always wanted his lyrics to be, you know, heard, not just listened to, but, but heard, you yeah. know, uh, and, and he's always been an inspiration. I, mean, I have his picture up here on, on my studio wall. And so, so uh, that's what I'm trying to achieve. I'm just trying to achieve something, a level of greatness for myself that, that I haven't, I haven't been to yet. It's um, you said so many really, I think, uh, profound things there you've talked about um you know it, it, people will say to you you know soldier on and, and uh folks who maybe haven't experienced same kind of loss or gone through ptsd i i have friends who are veterans and um you know that you always talk about or, or, or the part of the conversation can be about the person who is gone and the thing that that person would want most is for you to be happy and if the, that means you spending more time coaching your kid um, if that means digging into emotions um, and writing music that helps you kind of process that grief, those are the things they would want. They 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 don't they wouldn't want you to go out and just do another um, metal re record for the sake of it. Um, so I, I 100% agree with you. And um, the the I also 100% agree that um, I don't know if it's a function of youth, but because I remember the early days and it was just like how high is the note, you know, how badass is the riff, that kind of, how much, how much um, anger and testosterone does it seem to funnel through my veins? Um, and I still love that stuff too. But, but man, if you hit me with a song that somehow has a turn of phrase that just hits me someplace like in the feels, um, th that's, that's the real game. Um, and those are the songs that I think kind of stick around. So uh, as I want you to do this at your, on your timetable, but it's exciting to me that you're willing to approach it because I think when you start to 
uh, find find that and and prepare to, to share it with people. I think it's going to be profound. Um, um, and you know, I think you're right. I get the little chills in them on my back when we talk about this stuff because you know I've got an angel. I got an angel on my shoulder. I I, I really do. I I'm very blessed uh, that uh, I've, I've I've really had some near misses in my life. You know, I heck, I was a stuntman for 15 years. I got hit by a truck. I uh, rolled a van. I, you know, there's been some terrible things that have happened around me and, and to me, and, and I'm still here. So, you know, I, I, there's a, there's a higher purpose for me to continue going, and I, I got to do that. But yeah. to your point about music and stuff, uh, I, I, you're going to start to see a lot of things come out from me. Like, oh, like you know, of course, recently I just re-released my solo album uh, and stuff, and and uh, I'm sure we'll hopefully we'll get to talk about that a little bit, but that was the first time I'd ever written, recorded and produced my own record. And I haven't done one really since, you know, um, but now I, I'm looking at doing that again, but I'm looking at, I'm doing other projects with other artists, friends, people I've worked with in, in the past and things like that. Maybe just new things. Cause what that does for me is it sort of, it sort of uh, energizes me, you know, to be out there to work, to not have the pressure of, of sort of delving deeply into my psyche too deeply i can i can still sort of emotionally start to connect with things and then uh and of course when i'm working with friends it's great you know because uh, i love listening to what they're doing and they they value my input and they, they you know i'm a team guy I'm a, I'm a football guy so when i get on the team to help somebody make something successful and i'm, I'm i appreciate the compliment of you saying that i i can raise the bar of some of these projects that i'm part of absolutely that's a real good feeling and, and I really take it seriously. I never phone it in, man. I, you know, I, I always put 100% into everything that I do. And so that I'm going to start really getting into that again and, and starting to do that, you know, before we, I get into another cycle with Symphony X and all that. Uh, because it really sorts to, it really helps me just get the juices flowing, get back into that. And then I can look at all the material that I've got sitting around and that I, and, and I come at it with more of a, uh how can i say i guess confidence if you will I, i'm not so emotionally just eh, that i can't get the work done so yeah the projects now i'm looking to do are really helping me to just kind of get me out of my shell you know and and get me back out there uh and and get get the doing doing stuff again even this interview my friend is the first one i've done uh i, I can't even remember you know the oh. last time i've done like this so i'm glad you said yes yeah yeah i almost didn't you know i'll be honest with you uh i'm a pretty pretty private guy obviously uh i that was the first time i think my son's ever appeared with me on camera um i you know that's just 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 who i am but but also you know i've i've been sort of away from everything uh you know just dealing with a lot of stuff and and it's very rare that i do this but I wanted to take your show. I've, I've watched you your show. I, I like it, and and I felt like, you know, it's time for me to start, you know, coming coming out of this and and getting getting back into doing stuff, and and so this is kind of the first steps for me. Um, I've had very very good time here at home, and I I love it. But I I do miss you know I miss performing. I miss the fans, man. I, I miss being out there and hearing the crowd and knowing that, you know. Uh, that that they're appreciating what what we're doing that's you know and what i'm doing as a singer but you know like i was saying before about turning the corner uh, 
I, I was on stage in Paris in one night and I was, was totally out of it. And I looked, I finally opened my eyes, if you will, and I looked into the crowd and I saw these, it wasn't Paris, I'm sorry, it was in France. It was, um, oh man, I wanna say it was Leon. I think I, I, I gotta, I don't remember exactly because I was so out of it. And I finally kind of opened my eyes. I looked in the audience and there was the viewers looking back at me, you know, like during the solos, this, this is weird, you know, and every eye is on me, you know, uh, this is the first time they had seen me since the adrenaline mob, you know, accident. This is the first time I'd ever been back out on the road again. Uh, I had done TSO, but that's such a huge thing. And, and it hardly rarely leave. I'm never more than an hour or two away from my house. So that was a real safe space for me to actually go out and, and do that. But this is a real rock tour, you know, this is a real metal tour, you know, all across Europe and, you know, sleeping, sleeping with the crew and an hour, you know, it's just, I love all that stuff, you know, like that's, that's how I like to do it. Um, and so, uh, I looked out there, I saw all these people and they're just looking at me and this, the, the empathy in their eyes was just, it just struck me. And then all of a sudden it, it just dawned on me, like, like, oh my God, look at all these people. They're, they're happy to see the band, but they're really happy that, that I'm here, that I'm alive. I can really sense this sort of like thing where they were so grateful to see me. And then it dawned on me. It's like, oh yeah. Hey, dumbass. You know, these people really love you. You know, they're, they're really happy that you're here right now. Yeah. Maybe you should continue to do this, you idiot. You know, like I was starting to beat myself <laughs> up a little bit about it. But, and then I kind of broke into tears on stage and, it, and the emotion just washed over me like a huge wave, you know? And then I felt all this relief, you know? It was so crazy because I hadn't really come to the point where I had realized how much the PTSD was um, stacking the deck on me, you know? And how much I was holding in and, and keeping all of this pain, you know, inside me. And having that moment to say like, oh my God, you know, this, this means so much to these people that I'm here, that I made this trip. Uh, it sort of broke the, 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 the ice for me. And, and we're not talking like a piece of ice, we're talking a fucking iceberg, you know, like it just cracked it open for me. And then I was able to, I started to really enjoy that, that run, you know, and I was going, walking and seeing places in Europe again and, and, and enjoying the experience, not worrying about if I was going to get hit by something or whatever, all this craziness, you know, and I started to really turn the corner and I was like, wow, this is awesome. I can't wait for 2020, wah, wah, you know, and it was like, oh, so it kind of just set, set it all back, but I still cling to that moment. And I want to thank the fans for that everywhere in the world that we play. Um, you don't know how much that meant to me to see to see that from everyone you lost your video oh, there you uh, <clears throat> yeah yeah it, it it meant the world for me to 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 see that you know i never really told anybody about it but it's the first time i'm talking about it on your show and uh that really got me through it all uh to that to that tour and really brought me sort of back yeah. from from that edge of uh maybe i don't want to do this anymore you know i got a family i got you know i'm, I'm trying to rationalize everything yeah. and and that experience actually kind of just set me straight and said, no, this, Russ, this is who you are. This is what you do. And this is your purpose here. So, so it, it really was an amazing moment for me to have, to have that exchange with the fans all around the world on that tour and, and to be able to, but it started in, in France and it, that, that really happened for me there. And then I went at every show with a completely different attitude, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and feeling it and of, of gratefulness and, uh, and engagement and so that that was sort of it so i'm 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 
I kind of fell back a little bit into the into the whole you know after this pandemic, like I'm sure a lot of people did. But um, but I I, I, hold, I hold on to that, and so I can't wait to to get back out there, experience that again, uh, and share that that time. And I have a gut feeling it's going to be ten times better than it was because we've all been suffering now, yeah. And so we all can't wait to see each other and release and hug and just be in the moment with our friends and family and enjoy music again yeah. with uh with people that that we love and so that is inspiring me a lot to 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 trudge forward and actually do my my own music as well as to do stuff with the bands that i love being in so I, i'm a- i'm super positive about it uh and i'm just you know like me like so many other artists we're just waiting in the wings you know waiting for the the world to say okay hey come on out open the curtain we can't wait to see it so i'm gonna be there we're all we're gonna be there when, when they're ready it's a um what you say it it's a real reminder um i think that there's this there's this in many sort of um communities of uh, with different genres but there's documentation um i've even had a an anthrop uh, an anthropologist from london on my show um about the um the community inside rock and metal so when you talk about fans, you, you being able to to recognize real empathy, um, it 100% resonates with what I think we know about the people who share this music, both the performers as well as the fans. Is there's um there's real care there. Um, yeah, and uh, and it's funny because you don't see that when you see black t-shirts and long hair and makeup and piercings and the outside world is always so afraid of us. It's <laughs> highly amused me because metal people are some of the coolest most down-to-earth people you're ever going to meet in your life you know like they're just it's a family vibe you know i i think because we're on the fringes it's just we're so close you know yeah and we really we really have a uh have a feel a kinship with each other um it's it's sort of my my observation on it but i think you're right and i and i think um people are are there's there's i don't think there's any rush in people's minds i think there's only like um, sympathy um, and readiness to uh, embrace you when when you're ready to go full tilt again. I, I was one of those, by the way. I had a, a ticket to the your June 1st, 2020 show in Seattle. And I remember when COVID hit and it was, I, I, I had a bunch of friends that we were all going to go. I, I sent a note. I said, if they canceled this, my sadness for this year, <laughs> we were going yeah. we to be there. But we'll be there when when things finally come back around as i'm sure they will at some point yeah things are again this year we're shut down so i i was saying it was going to be two years i'm a bit of a history guy so i love history and you know looking at the last time we had something like this it took four years you know for for the world to sort of like trust again and to get out and do things uh since with the spanish flu. so yeah uh i figured with modern technology we can maybe cut that number in half and i, I was about right you know yeah. Not that I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Everyone's yeah, Russ, whatever. You know, you're saying this now, but I, you know, I have friends that can validate. My, <laughs> but I, I don't go out there and, and you know, and I'm, I'm not a big social media guy, and I don't go out there and post a lot of stuff about about stuff unless I got something to share. Like I got some music I want to share with you, or somewhere I'm going to be. That to me is always what you know the the um, the platforms that should you know are useful for me. Sure. Uh, other people. Using for very different purposes from my, for myself. I just want to communicate with my audience, let them know, you know, that I love them. I'm still here. I can't wait to see them, and this is where I'm going to be. And that's kind of where, 
there it is for me, man, you know. And football. Uh, <laughs> and football. Yeah, my personal stuff, I put on stuff for my family and things like that, my personal right, right. page. My music page is like more or less, you know, an informative That's you know, what it thing. should be, I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of old old school like that, so. Let's talk about the, the some of the music. So, um, um, the the reference that you've said before your your solo records, Atomic Soul, yeah, the mm-hmm. one that you've re- redone, um, um, and then sh- should we think about this other music that you're kind of working through? W- will that come in under uh, Russell Allen's solo project at some point when the time's right? Yeah, and and also some 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 collaborations as well. I okay. think. Um, I got something in the works right now. I, 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 it's not a done deal, but I've been talking with some, some friends and doing a different sort of uh, style of music, not in a completely different genre, but just a different way of, of doing things. And maybe you'll hear some of this sort of leak into that as well, but mostly will be, yeah, a solo under, under my, my name uh, and, and stuff. Uh, okay. So that's where kind of what, what I'm looking at and, and it, you know, right now I'm kind of just on the on the fence about what I want to do with it. Like, I could I could pick up my phone and I can call you know a hundred people that would that would help me with it and want to be on it and, and things like that. And and I'm so grateful for those those people, those relationships that I've, I've I have built over the years with with artists and stuff, and the respect that you you so uh, eloquently you know you know said that I have from everyone, and I respect them too, and that's why I think. Uh, but you know, I'm kind of like, maybe I should be playing it like I did on Atomic Soul. Maybe I should be doing more of the, of the, of the music as well, because the more that comes to my body and gets on the recording, I feel like it's going to help deliver the strongest message. Obviously there's things that I I would have other artists do that I'm nowhere near capable of doing, um, but I played guitar on my solo. I played bass. I even played keyboards here and there. I pretty much play all the keyboards except for one of the songs. But I'm I'm also not gonna lie. I I've been in such phenomenal groups. I never had to, I haven't had to practice and keep up with my chops. So you know this is a this is something I've been working on lately. It's like my God, my calluses are just gone. You know, so <laughs> so it's something that I've I've been you know working with and and trying to play again. But that's kind of where I'm at with it, and and again, you know, this this type of music doesn't need me to, uh, you know, to to shred thirty uh, second note solos right. uh, on it. Now, okay, this this is stuff that you know is really, you know, right here and and very immediate and very very raw. So that's really what it needs to be. So I've been re- working on piano stuff, and I've been actually using using this this incredibly awesome keyboard I got here uh, to to help me uh write uh stuff you know yeah. going back to the using piano to to do everything first and then build off of that yeah uh, and that's kind of what I've been doing so i like you know that. um i like that that's um and i like you'll just make the right decisions for yourself but i um i think you're 100% right that the more uh more of the music that you create even even the sort of sounds and the rhythms and stuff that help you communicate in these songs i think is going to be more authentic. Um, um, and, and, you know, the, the, one of the things that I think is, um, unique about your voice, 
uh, is it, it, that you'll use to sort of deliver the the actual lyrics on these songs is that you've you you've got a the the strength and the range, um, but you have the ability to sing sort of clean um, when the song requires it. You have that sort of classic great rock sort of grit. Um, you it's called by different names. But there's also tunes, you, you know. Whiskey Dust, I've heard that one. That's a good one. Whiskey Death, is that what you said? Wh- whiskey, whiskey Dust. Dust. Like that sound. Past, you know, yeah. Whiskey Dust. Got Whiskey Dust. Paul O'Neill used to t- say that to me all the time. God, re- God rest his soul. Uh, and he'd say, you got that Whiskey Dust voice. You know, I love that so much. That's, a good, like, oh, okay. that's a good way to describe it. Um, and in the world of, of, of guys who sort of have that sound, like, you know, I – um, I will just say my bias is I think you're one of the top guys that that can even, can use that. But there's also tunes where you get even far more aggressive than that. Um, uh, some of the adrenaline adrenaline mob tracks. So the point being is yeah, that, it all depends on this on the music. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I've got I, I always try and do. Obviously, throughout my career, I've I've had done a lot of aggressive stuff because that's what the the bands I was in were was doing. It, you know, adrenaline mob is full on. You know. Uh, what you they used to call it active rock. I don't know what they call it anymore, if it even is a thing. But the, it was that whole, you know, something. You know, the 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 dig on it is bro metal and whatever, new metal. Whatever. But the the point was to me, it was like the next level of hardcore. What, what Pantera left us, and what all these other bands sort of left us, and then they became sort of mainstream for rock. If you want to even call rock mainstream, that's a total joke to me. Yeah, uh, there is such thing uh, rock is rock you know if you like it you, if you like it guess what you're still part of this much of a percentage of the music business C- congratulations <laughs> uh most of those guys i know i know them i've, I've worked with obviously i work with you know john from disturbed who was in love with me great people totally metal people like us they're totally down to earth man they're just they're just real you know yeah. uh and and i'm happy that they they've had success and they've done really well i mean like you said look at disturbed they come out and they do a simon and garfunkel song and just you know dude i've got a writer i've got a writer friend who doesn't know rock or metal at all um and as soon as they did that track all of a sudden disturbed a thing to him um so you know it's another example like before is you never know what song somehow is just going to sort of um go viral and change the complexion of your career um right yeah. yeah and i'm so really proud of them and happy for them and and uh they were already a big success, but to sure. do that was is to your point to 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 bring a more recognition to an already great uh, band and, and that deserves a lot of credit. And uh, you know, um, Adrenaline Mob, you know, was great in that regard. When we talk about you know that oh that got me in sort of the circles of those acts, you know, and you know, like Avenged Sevenfold and those guys, they had, they had actually been on tour with Symphony X way before they broke, and and I remembered them from back then, but. It was because of Adrenaline Mob that I got to go out to the, to the, uh, to walk the black carpet of the Revolver Awards thing that I'll never win ever in my life. But, you know, hey, <laughs> thanks for having me, man. It was great. I loved it. No, but actually, we were just there promoting it. But I got to run into to see Matt again, uh, M Shadows. And, uh, and I said, hey, I just wanted to say I'm so happy for your success, man, because I'm a California guy, too, you know, see. I used to play his high school in, in my old, you know, sports days and things like that. So, so it's great to see, uh, you know, local, you know, get there, you know, and they yeah. get it done. And with all his friends in school, too, you know. Uh, and, of course, he, he had, had been some, through some tragedy losing, losing their drummer and, and a close friend like that. So, um, 
he was it was great to, to connect with him again at this level and 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 talk but it was because of adrenaline mom that i was able to to do that and of course we, we ended up being on tour with them uh and so that's what i meant by that that band you know that that project if you will opened my doors because they all knew who i was that was the most amazing thing to me you know like they all knew who, who i was yeah. like you know david I, I sang with him one night here in montclair i'll never forget it. he asked me to come sing on his device a song from his device record that actually and, and shadows had had tracked which i totally take lyrics on because i knew i was gonna you know i was trying to remember it you know usually when we do this I'm like yeah i'm like Ugh. but the introduction the introduction he gave me he knew i was uh sir russell allen that Arian Lucasin had gave me that because right. I worked in medieval times, like we were talking about earlier. He knew all this shit. So he goes, Andrews, I mean, let, let, I have a, you know, how he talks and how he, you know, he's like, so he captivates the audience. You know, there's like two, some 25 or 50 places. He's like, you know, and now, you know, I want to bring to the stage the legendary Sir Russell Allen. I'm like, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. <laughs> I've never been like that by anybody. That kind of a buildup. I used to go, I just go out there hit the stage and open my mouth. And then, and then sure enough, you know, so I take the lyric or two and build it. And then it's like, ah, fuck it. So I just welled out this high note and everyone was just like, yeah. And he goes, and that's why he's Sir Russell Allen. I mean, whatever he said at the end, it was hilarious. But those those moments happened because because yeah, I I had had a chance to to do adrenaline mob. And and uh th that type of stuff is has been a wonderful memory from those from that time it, it, yeah. it does i i try to more look at the, the good times and, and those and those times those things that happened for myself and the other people that were i was with during that and you know and and like you said uh you know continue to go forward and 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 remember the ones that we lost but also remember all the good times that we had too yeah, and that, sure. that's really sort of what i've been doing lately. it's been helping me, me a lot well is it too raw a thing for me to ask um like is is there a point where adrenaline might might continue, or is, is that something that you know not even a question to ask yet? Nah, I don't think it's ever going to be able to continue. We, there might be something where uh, I would I would wouldn't mind you know working or revisiting some music uh, ideas that maybe we we could do some something that. I, I, I'm never going to say I'll, I'll close the door on, on making music again in that style or in, in, with that group, but to, to be, we had such great, we were, you know, we were going to go to, there's just so many things that were supposed to happen with Dave and, and that group that I just don't see myself uh, being able to, to do that on, in a live sense in terms of touring and stuff without having to, I'm just not there yet. You know, I don't think I, I might, I don't know let's see how it goes after I get this other stuff going and see where I'm at. Maybe I can think about that, but I, this I, is a life lifelong scar for me and yeah. something I'm going to have to wear. And it, and it's, um, and I'm very conscious of the effect that it has on the families of those that we lost and, and what that means for them and what the band means to those people. Uh, and I'm, I'm very, very aware of that. And that's, uh, that's, that's something that I can't, I'm not going to dishonor anybody's memory, uh, by doing something that I, that I feel might upset that. So yeah. it's gotta be something that everybody's cool with and, and mostly me. So, yeah. you know, no, that's absolutely fair. Um, let's talk about, <clears throat> so you talked about some collaborations. There's this, um, it's almost a series of collaborations that are kind of the Allen slash something. And it was Landy. Yeah. Um, and most recently with um, Annette Elzone, 
who I was a huge, I'm, I'm a big Nightwish fan, but I really did love that period with her in the group with Imaginarium, which is maybe my mm-hmm. favorite Nightwish record. So you like, you've worked with some amazing voices is, um, will we get to see some more of this type of thing in this? I don't want, I don't want to call a series on inappropriately, but it seems like these pairings that you're doing with other great singers. Uh, the, the short answer is yes. I, I, I you know, where I'm negotiating with, with frontiers now about doing another one with, with her. Uh, I, I think, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to, to go out and to do something with, with another singer, uh, cause I have no problem, you know, sharing the stage, if you will. I, I love, it. you know, I, 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 you know, I think it's great to be able to harmonize another singer who's really awesome. That just raises the bar. This makes everything so much cooler. Uh, yeah. By the way, the world's apart. I just want to say it out loud and the world's apart. It's one of the most recent things I think that's been released with you on it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And the name of the record is world's apart with Annette Olzone. And it's a criminally under, um, I think under publicized record. Like, so I want to say it out loud here. So folks go check it out. It's really good. Well, thank you. And criminally under, under, what did you say? Criminally under underrated. Under underrated, undervalued, under everything, like it's uh, under promoted, under promoted. You're giving me ideas for record titles already. You know, criminally un, un, unpromoted. I, I like it, but you look. That's what we talked about earlier. Uh, I'm not. I'm never going to expect that something's going to be quote unquote promoted by a company. The, the, those days are gone, man. Yeah. It's all about your audience. It's about you. This is where the promotion is. This is where the the people are going to find what's cool is by tuning in to to shows like yours and and figuring out what's coming because, you know, especially in our neck of the woods, man, you know, this is, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened for metal is to get it out in the, in the public space and have forums like this where people can talk about it. And, you know, metal fans are there, there can be a feisty bunch, as you know, Uh, they're they're pretty, especially in the frog world. I know, I can tell you from my experience, you know, they're very, you know, there's those, there's the, 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 the Xers out there who will, you know, defend you tooth and nail to the core against the, you know, the, the DT world. I mean, it just yeah. makes me laugh, but I love them. I love, they're so passionate about what they love that they're willing to go out there and, you know, voice their opinions and, and voice their feelings. And if our music is enough for you to, 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 to make an effort like that, then we both stream theater and us and other bands like us, we, we did it. We did our jobs. We've inspired you to love and care that much about a piece of digital property yeah. <laughs> that you can get basically for free. We work for the people now. There, there isn't even, you know, I don't know what, what what's a stream these days. Point zero 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 four percent stream. That's what's you know, criminal. I can't, I can't, you know, I got, I, I can't keep the electricity on for that. So I just, I got a bike, you know, that I pedal that's stored, a, you know, to a generator on a battery, so I can sort of get the get the wheels going, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if I had to wait for record sales to to make to make music or to keep the lights on, I'd I'd be I'd, I'd be here with a lighter, you know, with a lighter in the dark, you know, talking to you. But no, you're you know that's just the reality of our business now. So it, it's it's really about getting getting as many people to be engaged as possible. And 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 what sucked about COVID was that it robbed us of our last yeah. you know bastion of, of uh, decency of, of making a, a living doing our craft and that was the live performance because that's where we and got to see the fans. they bought a ticket they bought some merchandise they helped right. us keep going 
And that was their way of showing, like literally showing up and saying, we support you. Um, so I'm hoping that comes back. But, you know, right now, like, you, you know, getting back to the records, you know, I want to do these types of things with other singers and to create as much opportunity out there so that I'm heard and they're heard too, you know, like, uh, I, I like working with artists that I, that I, that I really like and I, and I don't care where they're from. I don't care about any of that. Uh, I don't care about, you know, anything but the music, the music's all that matters. I don't care culturally whether who they are, none of that stuff. I, I, I care about the, the, I care about the content of the music you know, which is a reflection, I feel, of, the, of their character, and it inspires me, and I want to be a part of that, and I want to help that, you know, be heard, so that's kind of my, my, my goal, and it helps me, it helps me, it helps me grow as an artist, helps me become a better, a better writer, helps me become a better singer, and it teaches me things, so every time I work with somebody new, I learn something, uh, you know, yeah. I guess that's the football coach in me, the football player in me, or whatever, the sports guy, either. You, you, you can teach an old dog new tricks you know you can you Absolutely. just got to get that old dog out of the doghouse and get him out there <laughs> and start on the bone again you know like and that's what it what it is for me i i i realize that if you don't stay hungry you're not going to grow you know if you don't continue to challenge yourself you're, you're going to stagnate and that's when you you fade and that's when you, you don't have any inspiration anymore and so that's that's a that's a dangerous cliff, and that's that's one cliff I, I I've been to the edge of, and I I I, I there I stood there stood and looked down. You know, I lost a lot of friends there, baby. I got no time to mess around. You know, to borrow a word from the great Diamond Dave. Uh, but that's true. I I don't want to be there. I, I I've seen it. It's not it's not pretty. It's ugly, and that you fall into the pit of complacency, and, and it can that's the end of you. So the, that's the challenge. You know, to keep going. And how do I do that? I work with other great people and inspire me. That's yeah. that's kind of my thing, when and you, we all benefit. When you do these collaborations, are um, are are there an assembly of of folks that are helping to pull all of that together beyond the record label, um, or are you getting knee deep in the songwriting? Like, how, what's the creative process on it? Well, most of the time, uh, you know. I don't have to create too much. That's why it's kind of like we were talking about before. I don't have to bear too much of my soul in, in, in the works, but they'll give me things I can relate to. So then I can kind of tie that into something that I can personalize, which is good. It's a little, it's more distant than let's say writing something directly about something that has happened to me in the past four years uh, or, or whatever. It's really hard for me not to do those types of things. But I think the biggest writing challenge for me right now is the fact that because the, the, it's the 800 pound gorilla in the room, everything else seems to completely stupid to me. Yeah. You know, like when we talked about like, you know, oh, that riff's gotta be this and that lyric, you know, you know, blood and metal and fire and all this stuff that we, you know, that you always pull on to try and make those visuals come to life all of a sudden. Well, I saw the blood and I saw the metal and I seen the fire and I seen the death and yeah. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to pretend anymore that I was there. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why it's, it's a challenge, you know, because uh, of my viewpoint. And then people know when you're full of shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, there's a pretentiousness and a cheese to metal that we all love. There sure. always has been. And let's, let's be honest, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of like why we love it. You know, Iron Maiden and all these bands and, big big shows and big explosions and 
Well, the whole thing with death metal and black metal, the subject matter, no one goes home and does that stuff to people. It's well, well, uh, some of them did. There's a, there's a few, (laughs) there's a few, but I mean, in in the main, like the, the, the fans of those things, there, there's a, there's a certain, um, this suspension of disbelief in participating in the fun of it. And, you know, those concerts are big right. in their experiences. Um, but you're, you've kind of lived through something that um, just brings that closer to home. Um, so it, it's not that you won't still maybe do those things, but it's, it, no, I, I no. guess it's a, it's a, it's a callback to, I think um, not to sort of create too much expectation. Cause I know expectations can be killer but um, excitement about the work that you're doing this that's, you know, percolating up from this experience. Yeah, and it is. And, and uh, but uh, like getting back to your question about doing stuff with the net or, you know, working with uh, Joel Holkstra, I did a oh, record yeah. with him. That's right. Uh, his uh, latest solo album. That's uh, and, Joel Holkstra's 13 is the band. Yeah. And um, the, the record was, uh, I have it here. The record actually had a name, right? Yes, and I can't remember what it is. It, it will. I'll find it. Um, that was fairly recent. The the Joel Hoekstra yeah. record. Yes, it was, and that was um, that was not that long ago. Um, I had recorded that. I was probably. I think that was the only thing I dying really to did live? during. Dying to I don't, live. I don't. Dying to live was a song that was on the first one. Okay, I'll look it up. But um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, Hoekstra, is the connection there TSO, or were you guys buddies before that? Yeah, no, the connection's TSO. We met on, uh, you know, in TSO. And, of course, at the time, he was in uh, Night Ranger, and he was playing on a Broadway show of, uh, of uh, Rock of Ages, right? right? And right. I met him there. I'll never forget this. I'm sitting in rehearsals. It's like my first year in the band or whatever. This is before the White State thing. And I was just looking at him, watching him play. I'm like, I leaned over to somebody. I don't know if it was Jeff Scott Soto or somebody. And I, and I just said, this, this guy should be a white snake, man. This, this guy, this guy's white. He is, this is, this is it. He is that guy. He's this tall, just blonde, you know, you know, Viking looking dude up there. This guy's a rock star. This is like, yeah. like, like what we talked about, like legitimate, like this guy is it. Yeah. He has it. Looking over goes, this guy should be a white snake. And I, I, I not even i remember never mentioned you know so turn around he's, he gets like a year later i think i might even said that to him too and then the following year he's in he's in the band it's like yeah you know <laughs> look at me I'm, I'm a prophet now but it was just one of those few times where i could like it was so obvious it's like you if know, there was ever going to be a replacement for john sykes joe hoekstra exactly the guy. yeah yeah and I, and I you know john's a good, good dude you know i i got a chance to get to know him a little bit um but yeah, he he definitely you know well here's a shoot. here's a six degrees so thing. I, that's how I met him. We started working together, and and he he really loves my singing, and I love his yeah. love for seventies music, and so a lot of his stuff you know is more of that classic rock vibe yeah. from that time. That's a great avenue for me. It's a great outlet, and it's fun to work with him. He um so so real quick, just it made me think of something else. I was I I think I read about you is that when you had first moved to New Jersey you became a fan of Ray Gillen. Is it? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, an amazing yeah. voice. And, of course, he sang for Blue Murder, which was Sykes' other project. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. a voice that was taken too early. 
as race. Yeah, totally. And uh, really into him. And I think that's how John, John and I actually kind of got to know each other because of, of Ray. Of, of the memory of whatever he had heard me and, and, and people had talked about me. I'd, I'd actually seen him. We had met at a festival actually. Um, and then he kind of checked me out and then he started, he, he talked to me and called me and we were, we were going to try and do something together at the time, which what, that was a weird sort of whole, whole thing because uh, frontiers was trying to put together like the first tip of the super group back then. You know? right. And uh, it was, mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, it, it was going to be me and, and John and Mike Portnoy on drums. And this is before drum. This is before all that stuff. Uh, and the adrenaline mob thing kind of came into the picture. Uh, and then Mike wanted to do that. They ended up getting through through all these different things. Mike still did it. I think I think the band ended up being the uh, the winery dogs after oh, it was all said. Richard Kotze. Think. I, yeah. Yeah. I, with Billy Sheen on bass because we were talking about well, who'd play bass like well uh, we can get Billy Sheen and then I said okay and I was like all right well what are we going for are we going for like a a new kind of sound because this is when I was trying to you know I was, I was really into trying to go into the active rock you know more, more of a modern thing I wasn't quite sure if I was really into it John John was on the border on the but he really wanted me to do it it just didn't work. We had a meeting on the phone and it didn't work out. And this, it was going to say, well, we want to do like a deep purple kind of thing. I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can kind of see that. The talks went on, but eventually it just all sort of, you know, John left the thing and then I was out and then this one, and then she came in. So I think, yeah, it became that. I don't know if they ever signed with Frontiers. I don't think they did. I, I, I don't know, but it was just funny how that whole sort of, how bands can form, you know, how, yeah. you know, people are talking, well, we can do this. And then it sort of, gets its own life and, and it grows into something else. Cause I, it was, it was weird. There was a, there was a show on VH one years ago called that metal show with Eddie trunk. And there was oh, an yeah. episode on that. I was on that. Yeah. Oh, were you, I missed that episode. Damn. I'll go find it. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. Um, yeah, I was on there with David Draymond of all people. Yeah. Um, I, we were the adrenaline mob guys, you know, Portnoy was the guest drummer and David was the, that was the other oh, guest. That's cool. So, yeah, I was yeah. Sad, I was sad when that came off the air, but they did they did do a um, episode with with Sykes and Portnoy where they they were talking about that they were starting to put something together, um, and that uh, eventually it didn't happen. Um, it was mm-hmm. kind of nebulous. Um, Portnoy said like he had he has so much energy to just do so many things, he just rolled on to new new projects. But it was also on that metal show that I first uh, got to know. Um, Joel, because he was a guest guitarist, and he did some of the freshest, most interesting things as the sort of guest guitarist. I went and looked him up immediately. Um, so that's my sort of segue back to you and Hulkstra. I looked it up. The new record's called Running Games. There it is. I knew it was some of the games. I couldn't remember exactly. Um, and you you do vocals on most of this record, right? The Yeah, I do the all the leads. lead vocals. I, I don't know if you had another another person sing i think he had a, a, a solo a lead song i i did almost i think all the leads and he had just got so to do backup for me right i think yeah. he also had yeah. chloe lowry do backups chloe. on one so some um, some backup. tso family yeah. in some of their yeah, yeah 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 that was kind of what what it was and so you know it's hey it's a great pool to draw from right i mean the talent chloe's just yeah freaking now on another planet you know her skill. We talk about a person who should be way more 
recognize that that girl has got a voice i you know yeah. wow wow just she, uh, amazing i 100 percent agree with that i um i got to know chloe through tso but began to follow her in her side groups that she began to do and um yeah giant talent i told her something very similar I've only said that to two or three people, by the way. So it's not like you just hand that out. Where, wherein I think that someone's what? vocal ability. Is, did, I, did you give me an award just now? Oh, well, thank you. I, you know, yeah. I, I appreciate. it. I, uh, I, I, I get. I'm lucky enough to know plenty of rock gonna, and metal I'm musicians. Put that so. Right, right. That's still, right there. Thank you. <laughs> All right, shelf back. But yeah, it, in in so but I, I bless your chops, you. I really, I appreciate it. I really do. Well, I, I don't really appreciate. I don't throw. It's not a throwaway co- uh, compliment. It's um, right. You know, and, and the the caliber of the musicians you're you're working with. I'm looking here at the Hulkstra page, um, that you know you're pulled into these groups. And by the way, the same kind of thing um, was said by Aryan. And I actually pulled this quote, man. I want you to hear it in case you haven't heard it before, of something that he said. He's um, let's see, this was you were tracking um for one of his things here where's the quote this is a great quote i'll just paraphrase i'm gonna it. grab a drink real quick while you're looking yeah yeah that. let me pull, let me pull it up um this is from arian lucasen who's done so many amazing amazing things um and yeah here it is so um as as uh, Russell's getting his drink here, um, Star One, uh, which is an Aryan uh, project, which is sort of a progressive metal supergroup. Um, it's a side project from main Aryan sort of band and, and family of records that Aryan has done. Um, he has this really, really great, great quote. I want, I want Russell to hear it. Hear it. But th- what I'm, what I'm kind of framing up for folks here is if you don't know, if you know Russell, you know maybe some of this. You may not know the depth of the things he's done. And for the folks who don't, I really want to frame up uh, the, the caliber and the, the, of artists that want Russell in, involved. And this is what um, Arian said. Um, he said, Russell has a very powerful and versatile voice. And on top of that, he is a great musician and performer. Russell was, this is the, this is the kicker. Russell was one of the few singers with whom I didn't need to be present during recording, but when on the phone, he let me hear the parts he had sung, my eyes filled with tears. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. He, he's eyes filled with, filled with tears. I was pretty, pretty crazy. I, I was probably the most flattering thing I think an artist can have is when the other artist is so moved by what you do with their ideas that, you know, brings that sort of emotion out. So um, yeah. He's a great, great, great artist. Uh, he's yeah. probably one of the best, most creative guys I've ever worked with. That he's um, he's uh, he's special, you know. Well, um, he's and he's pulled you in on on a few things, and um, he he's maybe most known for the Arian set of records. But it's to me the thing that like really killed me because I've I've produced some of my own albums and. I've had a lot of, I've hired tons of vocalists, um, uh, but it's it's a different thing to 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 trust someone so much you don't need to be there as a producer. Uh, it says something, man. It really does. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, well, you know, um, it's great that that uh, he said that because that's kind of what I've that done on everything. I mean, I've never really had any of these projects I've done. I, you know, a lot of them I did right in this room. Um, and uh, I'm always open to, you know, to, to criticism or if somebody wants me to do something a little different, then I'll change it for them or whatever. Sure. But most, most of the time, you know, I, like I said, I don't phone it in. I give a hundred percent and I really try and bring to life what they're trying to do. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm my own worst critic. Let's put it that way. So, so I'm very conscious about the, you know, it's not so much, it, the, you know, singing for me is, and singing on, on somebody else's stuff. I'm looking for is, is that, is that, do I believe that? Do I believe that line I just did? Is, is, is that true here? Yeah. You know, did, did I, is that, did I feel that technically it doesn't mean anything to me to be technically on, yeah, I want to be on pitch, whatever, but I, it's all about the believability to me. Did I, did I, so, so that's what I do. I, I'll, I'll scrutinize the crap out of my takes and uh, make sure that uh, I knew I was in the right headspace when I sang that. And I knew I was in the, in that moment. That's, that's the trick uh, to, for me. And, and I think that, that that's why I've had so much success being self-produced on, on pretty much everything I've ever done. Uh, with Symphony X, it's me and Romeo. Um, yeah. He's the guy in the room, but you know, he's like a mirror for me. So it's, it's, we both know when it's good. We both know when it sucks and there's not a lot of friction there at all. Or that's been the beautiful thing working with, with him in that band is that we're, we're, you know, we're our own worst critics. So we know when something feels good, you know, yeah. and, and Symphony X is, is a certain animal where it has to be a certain thing. There is a technical side of that and it has to achieve the technicality in the music, but the vocals, I was never, you know, I've never really held to that same standard uh, because I feel like my approach to prog was always, okay, the band is off the charts good. You know, how do I bring a listener in to this who maybe has never heard of this genre before or, or cares about the time signatures or all these other things? So that was my challenge. I figured, how could I do that? So I, you'll always hear me sort of find the metronome, so to, so to speak, uh not in necessarily the count of the, of the measures but the actual metronome of the time and see if i can land on things within the complexity to try and bring the listener to focus on this on the vocal and, and be more of an anchor uh through the music oh, that's really interesting. Uh, when the thing happens is happening that's always been my approach to it i've never sang anything and you could say accenting the five or accenting the odd, <laughs> odd time you know that's that's always been something i've avoided and and I've done that on purpose. And so, uh, you know, that that's when I approach other people's material, I, 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 I ingest it and try and understand the story that they're trying to tell, or if I could the best I can, and then just put as much uh, of an emotional, you know, give it as much emotional validity as I can, and then send it back. And, and, and I hope that they're happy with the work. So that's kind of how I've, I've done it. And, and of course, I, you know, I've done some producing myself, but I've always tried to try to like you know straight away from producing other bands. I did one for Nocturnal. It was some friends of mine from Brazil. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that I helped produce, and I, I one of the only times I've ever appeared in another band's video to try and help those guys because they're really great guys. Uh, you know, uh, Tiago's a great guy, uh, and, and and those those guys in that band are, are good people, and I really felt like he had incredible range. Just you know, he just needed some little tweaking here and there, and and uh, you know he he did really well with it. 
but uh it's hard for me he he was so open he begged like for me to you know no tell me if it sucks i'm cool totally cool with it he's just such a good-hearted dude you know so i felt like comfortable to be there but i'm not one to sit there and tell somebody else how to do their art I, you know like yeah. i i've had a lot of people ask me to, to produce and things like that and it's just weird for me it's like you know i have no problem beating up myself you know <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it i'll even punch myself in the, in the in the face all day with with these takes until i feel like they're they're good but it's so weird to do that to another human being uh, <laughs> i don't know producers are an interesting breed you know a lot of them are kind of you, you love them but you hate them the whole fucking time you know you, well and you they're know, you, you know. They're different. Some some uh, producers are are. Um, they don't give I mean, a shit about your feelings. They, they, yeah. They're trying to do the best they can for the song. They don't give a fuck about how you feel. About well, it. and the, you know, the, like, the deeper their vision, like a, a, yeah. like for a vocalist too, if they have a very clear picture of exactly how it's going to sound, it's you know that then you're going to just end up doing a lot of takes. Um, and I've certainly heard stories of producers that that get vocalists into hundreds of takes on stuff, and that. Um, it's, you know, you're pursuing something great, but that can be, that's its own animal. You, and speaking of, speaking of, um, working for other producers, you, you did, um, I know you've toured with TSO for a long time, but you were on the letters from the labyrinth record, uh, as uh, the actual release, weren't you? Yes, I was. Yeah, I was. And, and it was funny. I was just going to segue to that and, and talk about that because that was the first time I had actually been produced by Paul O'Neill, uh, he was the producer on it, uh, of course, S uh, since I was a kid, uh, started out with Symphony X, we had a producer in the very beginning, uh, working on those early records, and so it was my first time back in a big studio, too, and, and being in that environment, I've, I've been very, very, very fortunate to be in my little, uh, you know, you know, my little den in here doing stuff and with Symphony X in, in the dungeon down there all these years working on material and doing music. All the adrenaline mom records were done in here uh, from the vocal writing aspect were done in this room and and my solo stuff was also done there here. So it was it was weird. I had to get used to that again. That was a challenge. Uh, but Paul, being as talented as he was, uh, you know, he had a process. Um, and he wanted, like you said, he, he sort of, again, I learned so much from him uh, about how to work in a capacity, a different way. Uh, whereas I, I know when I'm sort of hitting certain marks in, in the track and I can go through the track sequentially or just, you know, take it into pieces, however I'm feeling and working on it and hit, hit a line or two and be like, that's good, but that word's no good. I'm going to start there, get that, boom, 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 boom. All right, let me listen back. I believe this, move on. Rose is fine, moving on, right? Yeah. Whereas he works from the, the comp uh, sort of angle where let me get five live takes and I will pick, you know, cherry pick every single syllable that I like, you know, yeah. and, and consonant that, that. And he'll build this performance based on whether or not a, so a word was the, the right emotion, you know, whereas I work in lines. So it was just a different way. It's a more surgical, strategic way to approach uh, uh, um, putting the composite together of, of, of the performance. And, and it's something that I know a lot of producers do, like you said, those hundreds of takes. So I would do a lot of takes, uh, you know, live, you know, you know, takes of a whole section of a song or the whole song. And then, and then I'm done. And then I come back and they, they, comp it together and say we still need to get this part we're not happy with it so that's how they that that he would work 
And I know a lot of producers work like that. And yeah. there's pluses and minuses to that from my experience. It's like you are going to get what you need, but there's a shit ton of editing to do on the back end of it. Whereas yeah. I'm more or less editing in real time. That's how I like to do it um, and and stuff. But there will be a lot of crap for me to kind of go through in the end in order to, to cut, to, to get the tracks bounced down and get them, get them ready to send. But but in terms of like, I know where I'm at in the song and I will, I'll fix it on the fly and go in and I don't just like, you know, do five like that, do five or six takes and then go back and say, well, hmm. But sometimes I will do that on on choruses. I will do that on certain things where I know the the line repeats and I want to try and get the best section of it. And so I'll do maybe a pass or two of those. And I'm usually listening back going, you know, okay, that was good. That was better. Let me double that one. You know, and then I'll go back and I'll double that one if I've got a double a chorus or whatever. So, so I do use the technique, but most of the time, especially in verses, I'm working as it's happening and then making changes as it's happening yeah. to make sure that I'm the context of what I'm doing because continuity is really important to me. Like, if if you're starting a line out, if you start a phrase out, and you have a certain emotional uh, energy level to it, as you start to, if you can, if you continue to pound that thing, you, you know, exploring is great, but for me, just you know, finding the way I would say it as a, right now, as we're having a conversation is the key to me. Uh, how, how we're talking, you understand everything I'm saying, you can feel my, 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 my meaning, my, my intent, uh, it's all there, right? So yeah. how close can I get to real conversation in, in, the, in, in the take? And that's yeah, what yeah. I'm always looking for. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm. It's the, I think it's the, um, both work for sure. And I've worked, I've, I've worked with um, in both, environments but the um um if you do a a whole bunch of tracks and then you have to kind of distill it down the the risk can be that the the sort of um inflection and tone even even the tiredness and the voice all of that stuff it can wear like your first take is going to sound different than your hundredth take and so if you're that's that's why I don't like the process, that process as much because the continuity breaks down. Yeah. And so like when you're going back to try and, you know, you know, build a track based on multiple uh, takes that were taken at different times, maybe even different emotional things. And we're talking like subtle changes yeah. in the emotional representation of the, of the, of the, of the line. And of course, vocal fatigue and things like that you're talking about. Now, sometimes that vocal fatigue, you know, that, that gives you that whiskey dust that's actually sounds right. cooler than when you started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're sitting there, Hey man, I really love this, but if I keep going, I'm going to, I'm going to burn out. So where, where is that line? So for me, I just kind of do a few, I do a few and then it's like, okay, I'm in the zone. This is the tone I think is, is going to be the, the, the primo, the Goldilocks zone, not too gritty, not too, not too clean. This is going to work for this. It all depends on the song, but this works in this particular idea. Yeah. And now I'm going to ride that, but I'm not going to kill it. By, by repeating it a thousand times, I'm going to get to where like that. Oh, that's really good. I just, I fucked up right here. Let's, let's take that and go from there. I'm not a big person of punching a word, you know, like, like, you know, that's, I, I'd rather take it from there. And, and I sing along with myself where I was. And I'm like, I feel that I know exactly where I am. I know who I was thinking. I know what I was feeling and then let it go. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I always equate tracking singing to like, uh, I grew up water skiing as a kid out in California. Oh, nice. So I'm like, we would go to like Havasu and Silverwood Lake and all these lakes, right? And stuff. And, and I, I learned how to slalom ski. I was like five or six years old. I was, I was really young, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so, so 
that experience sort of like you know in, influenced me in my tracking and my recording career because uh that's how i look at it when you're skiing a slalom you're you know you're up on the skis and you're you're sailing man you're gliding on the water maybe you want to cut outside the wake a little bit you know whoa you, you eat it you go down that's what tracking's like for me so, you know i was like oh man i was doing really good when I, I cut across the wake and then i fucking lost it now i got to get back up on the ski again all right let's turn that boat around pick me up right here where i fell a little bit before it let me see if i can get back on that plane and that's kind of how I, I, I attack it. That's how I, I do it. And it really works well for me because I'm able to kind of get back into that moment, back into that feel, and then start trying to cut those wakes and, and, and take some chances and, and do some cool stuff. And at the end of the day, when you splice it all together, I look like a professional skier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the analogy because I was a I was a skier as a young person and slalom. Oh, okay, well you get it then, man. <laughs> yeah, the, the, and I did slalom too. I, a little later than you, I wasn't seven, but or five, but um, I, was, I could yeah, really I only young. cut one way. I got outside the wake on the right. I could cut back, put beautiful rooster tails, but when I got yeah. to the left side of the wake, trying to trying to do it the other way. I bit it more th more times than I can remember. I ate so much lake water, um, so that's good. I love the analogy. That I'm gonna yeah, same for, gonna same for me. That. I have my strong side. My, <laughs> my my strong side was the was the right side, too. Yeah, and it's ironic because I'm left-handed. That's my stronger arm, right? So I could really pull on that that line and get that cool rooster and cut back in. I used to drill holes in the fin. I don't know if you ever did that. Yeah, I would, for sure. That we uh, the one we had a. Uh, Gosh, what was the name of the brand? We we had one. It had three holes came pre-drilled, so it just put up yeah, a huge we, spray. This, yeah, back in the seventies, man. They, we just you know did your own drilling. <laughs> Show my age. Yeah, drill the holes in the ski, and that would make the rooster tail really big on the cut. Yeah, that's exactly right. That we had an uh, an O'Neill. It was a brand, um, and we'd we'd go out and do that. And I think part of my challenge was the I I'm ambidextrous dexterous so uh, the way i would put my feet i would have my left foot forward in, in a solemn so for some reason mm -hmm. um I, I just didn't feel as comfortable when i would be cutting back the other way having my left foot um, forward when i was trying to cut back to the right on the left side of the wake um right way too way too much information about my solemn skiing but it oh uh, that's hey that's good man that's good well but but again that, that hopefully you'll think about that next time you're tracking some singing or you know, I will. Absolutely. Cause I've been doing, I've been doing some tracking lately and I, um, I, I, and just doing it myself. And I find that I, um, I, I try, I do it end up debating with myself, which is better, like doing a section and, and locking it in or doing several takes and doing the composite. And the, um, I don't know that I've found the, the perfect balance for myself. Um, but I, like, I, when you hearing you talk about it, it makes a ton of sense to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, the visuals, uh, you know, when you think of it in that regard, it, it helps to, it, hel it helps you get back up on the ski, basically, or get, yeah. get back into the zone, whatever you want to call it. For me, it was, it was getting back up on the ski because uh, I, you know, you know how hard it is to get going, right? To get up on a slalom, you got to, you got to tread a ton of water, you got to keep your nose down. And then once yeah. you get up, you got to get your balance and now you're up and then you're kind of leaning back on the ski you know, all of a sudden you're like, and then the boat's picking up some speed and, and now you're, you're gliding. And that's kind of what it is like when you start that recording button. Now, the reason why this, this became a thing for me was because 
you know, I was recording, and I'm sure you were too, back when there wasn't a digital platform. Now we got these yeah. computers, you know, this thing behind me, I built it's hanging on my wall. And yeah. I became a, a, a PC engineer, you know, at a, at a, that's the cool thing about being in the, in the metal world, I think a rock world and people like us, we, we, when we didn't have the big budgets, you know, like the big stars to go out and pay for these multi-million dollar studios, we just had, to, we had to find a way we built all our own shit, you yeah. know? So anyway, we had these ADAT tapes and we had two inch oh, yeah. tape and that was what we recorded on back in the day. We recorded on tape. So to wait for the freaking reel to come around, right. To get you back to the marker. So you can start tracking again, you know, yeah. Dude, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're ready. Go. And you're like, fuck, what was I thinking? Where was I? So it, early on, that reminded me of the boat coming back around to pick me up. Man. Oh, I'm sitting there I get it. Yeah. Water. I'm in the water. My ski, you know, I know it's full of lake water. You know, I'm thinking, wow, do, do I want to get up on this fucking ski again? Yes, I do. Because when I'm up there, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just walking with the Lord. It's just an amazing <laughs> feeling to go skiing. As you know, we used to call it the glass. You know, you get out there oh, yeah. right with this stuff up and the lake is there's no wind on the lake it's like glass that's what you want to get out there so that's you know right. like and your recording time you're paying for that that moment that window of, of getting out there on the glass you know so i used to be like man this is like skiing well i can ski i can do this and that's kind of how i psyched myself out early on and that just it just stuck with me you know so that's where it came from and then it became a thing where it's like well that's why a lot of people when you know when you had the money and you have the tape you can run composite all fucking day long because you've got the money and you can make a singer make a hundred takes or an artist do a hundred takes because you, you're paying for the, but you got reels and reels and reels of shit. And that's what they used to do. Right. Nowadays with computers, it's a lot easier. But for me, I was always like, well, we didn't have the money for me to go in there and do a hundred fucking takes. So yeah, I better get this it. right. You know, I, yeah. I better be ready when the boat, when the boat comes back around to pick me up, to get me out of the water, I better be ready to fucking rock and roll. You know? So that really sort of helped to build my confidence early on and like getting back into the moment, making sure I was ready to do it. I was good. I, I was going to hit this. I was going to kill it. Yeah. And so that's kind of where it came from. And then, and then that, that workflow just kind of stuck with me, even through the digital trans transformation. And, and in that, that, uh, so, you know, I'm, I, I'm happy we had that time. I'm happy we had that technology in order for me to make that analogy because it really impacted my, my professional life moving forward. And like you said, enabled me to be uh, self-produced uh, in a way because I, I put that sort of like strain on, 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 on myself too to make sure that I was, I was, I was good. You know, I was going to get up and I wasn't going to, uh, you know, go off the freaking side again. So yeah. Anyway, no. So that's it. There's a big secret. Everybody knows now. There's a you know, secret. Let do it. Well, you know, just I skied my way through the recording <laughs> career. You know, well, that's how I did. I just skated by. What makes what makes it. Uh, <laughs> a lot of sense to me is uh, when you, when you're going to get so many runs, th there's, there's part of, there's a, a, a huge beauty and advantage and efficiency with tracking on pro tools or whatever you're using today. Sure. But there's also, uh, it's so easy. There's a disposability to like not getting it right. And so you can, it's just like this endless amount of um, being able to redo uh, the very, very first record I sang on, we, um, you brought out back memories, was an ADAT. It was the first one in our entire city. We thought we were so special to track on the ADAT. 
And I remember hearing the, the whine in my headphones when it was resetting. And so uh, I really liked, I think it's good vocal advice for, for, for those of us, those who follow the, the show who are aspiring musicians and vocalists is like getting ready to put the right energy into the performance you capture because um, it is, um, can make a lot of difference versus thinking, well, if I don't get it right, I can do it a hundred more times in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's a danger in that, as you're pointing out, because really, really the danger is getting lost in 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 what you're doing to the point where you can't remember what the hell you were doing in the first place. And so when you yeah. keep on throwing away takes, you keep throwing away takes, you keep throwing away takes because you know you can, you end up not pushing yourself to stay in the zone to get the takes you're really looking for. Yeah. So I, I feel like the pressure is good. I mean, we all work a little better under pressure. Uh, you know, the, the endorphins are kicking, things are happening when there's a little bit of pressure on you, uh, it, it, you rise to the occasion. Um, I think that's super important in the, in the creative process. If you don't put a little pressure on yourself, like this has to be the take. All right. So maybe it wasn't whatever, but you know what? You can think that every time you go in, this is, this is, this is the take. I feel it. This is happening. Let go, relax, let it fly. And, and no, it's like, you know, think of yourself as you're swinging the bat and you're in the batter's box. You got three strikes and you're out, you know? So if, but if you could swing all day long, well, how, how do you think that's going to end up sounding at the end when you try and piece together all of your, all of your hits? Yeah. It's there because it gives me no continuity. So it's, it's not going to feel, yeah, it might be technically good, but people, I've said this before in the interview, people, people smell shit, but bullshit. They can see right through when you're, you're not real. You know, and if, if that's your point, if that's your thing, if that's what you're doing in the music is because you're really not trying to achieve this emotional thing and being sort of real, quote unquote, doesn't matter. You're just trying to hit the notes and, and whatever that's your, your, what you're trying to do. Then, yeah, you don't have to really this technique might not be the best thing for you. You're just looking for technical perfection. Uh, you know, if that's what you're looking for, then you can. Yeah, you can go a million times, go back, get the best technical takes that you did. And there's your, and there's your track. Right. Yeah. You're done. But if you're trying to connect with people that are really kind of wanting to feel the human side of what you're doing, you, you know, you, you can't do that because you, when you lose, like you said, the vocal changes, the timber, people sense that it's not the same, yeah. you know, like people sense that that's, that's like a bad punch can ruin a take, right? It's something that's like, yeah. you hear a different voice all of a sudden and you're like, oh, this is fake, you know, like that's an immediate turn off to the listener and, and you know, you got to know going in that continuity is king. So the best way I felt found is to, is to do it, you know, like the skiing analogy, like I told you, and being able to stay in that zone. And, and, and of course the lyrics are going to change your emotional thing as, as the, as the subject matter changes. And so that's what I used to think of as going all over the wake, you know, like yeah. how can I transition now into the choppy water, you know, uh, how, where is this going to go? How can I transition in that choppy water? I, I'm in the choppy water. I remember when, you know, when you're in the choppy water, shit gets serious. You're like, Oh fuck. Man, I yeah. Gotta, I flex my knees here. I gotta, I gotta kind of, you know, get the, the biceps thrown. I can't go, I can't straight arm it. I'll get all this going on. And then you're in the water. So I, I it was an awesome life experience to be able to pull from, to say like, this is exactly what this is. So I already had a psychological reference you know, that I could kind of like put together in my, to where my emotions are because singing is all emotions, right? So right. where are your nerves? Where's your nerves? Well, when you're skiing, your nerves are, they're everywhere. You know, you're only feeling cool when you're like, ah, you're on the glass, right? 
but you're only on the glass for a little while. So I was, I was like really happy to kind of have that. So I could sense, okay, this is a heavier part. Or this part is conflict. Or this, this section of the music here is betrayal. And this section of the music here is talking about this. So I could, I could pull on all these different things and make it a live performance that gets you through that choppy water, that gets you through that, that experience until the song's over. The best feeling for a skier on earth is a great run and you just let go of the rope. Yeah. You go like this, cut it. You tell the driver to cut it, and the boat slows down. And you're just like, yeah. and you just think back in the lake. Or the other thing I used to love to do is just, you know, you, you cut hard outside, let go of the rope, and you go right into shore where the boats are all, where the cooler is, and the freaking hot dogs and the hamburgers <laughs> are waiting for you and the beer, whatever. And everyone on the, on the thing is like, dude, that was a killer run, man. Here, that was great. You know, dude, you just, yes. Yeah, out of the back ski, you know, the one that boot that's not a full boot, you step right there. Whoop, whoop. Eh, what do you think of that? Yeah. It's pretty, Those are the days. That's pretty triumphant days. when you do a good run and you and you can do that where you can ski right into shore and walk out, walk off your. Uh, yeah, that's a that's that, a cool feeling. That to me is getting the take, the great take, the yeah. take. All right, I did it. They, this 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 song is done. I, I'm I'm skiing. I'm cutting off the the, the shore. I'm 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 good. Dude. Or if it was a really hard song to get, I'm, I'm just going to say, cut the motor. I'm going to go right back in the lake and just sit in the water for a while and just take it all in, you know, let the boat come back, pick me up. That was the worst, as, as you know. I know you talk about skiing, but it was just a great experience. Uh, you know, when you're really dead, right? And and now you got to get back in the boat. You ever tried to climb back in the boat when you can't? Yeah, your arms oh, are rubber. Yeah. Right. The ladder in your legs. And, you, and some, I had to have a buddy just pull me on board one time. I couldn't get up the ladder. My legs were so shot, you know, yeah. from, from skiing. We were out there for hours, hours. They ski for hours in the morning. Oh, yeah. it's crazy. I'm like, wow, man. I couldn't do that lucky anymore. If I, lucky if I could walk and do my gardening for, for, for 10 minutes before my back starts to kill me, right? But anyway, so that's that's how I that's how I, I kind of developed that that mental uh, capacity to do the to do the work, you know. It's translated and, uh, well. It's translated well um, in your in your recorded work, and there's so much of it. Like we'll never be able to get to all of it in this um, in this conversation, but I will include a link. Um, I want to sure. point people somewhere. Where, where would be the best place for me to point them if they wanted to go to find your material? There's so much of it. Oh my god! I don't know if there's like a, a cohesive. I mean, there you do have a wiki page that's got a pretty extensive enumeration of your projects, even your say, guests. I would probably say start there. I, okay. I've never you know, maybe it's something I should, I should probably do. And I had a website and the websites kind of fell out of fashion or whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of social media challenge. I like to say, right. Like, so it's like, what's, what's the latest trend? I don't know. You know, if you want to ask me what, what the, what video games happen and I can tell you that. Cause I, that's yeah. like my kind of my guilty jam? pleasure. I, Are you a PC I, I guy play. or a console guy? I'm a PC guy, but I, I the console, but I'm a PC guy. I can program in Unreal Engine stuff like that. And For I've real? Done some of my own. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's that, see. I worked at uh, Microsoft for 15 years in the games division, and I worked on. Oh, both, you did? Yeah, I worked on both uh, the PC side of the business and the console side of the business. So I worked directly with developers um, on a number of different engines. So it's that's super cool, man. That you you know how to do that. I yeah yeah maybe we could talk afterwards. I got some. Great, I I've been working on a game uh, during the pandemic. I started programming it. And, for real? Uh, wow. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's just kind of a hobby of mine. It always has been. I mean, back in the day, me and Romeo would play these games, you know, the studio. <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my battery's getting weird. No worries. Back in the studio, you know, and, and when we were like, ah, what the fuck are we going to do now? I don't know. Let's take a break. And then we'd battle on some PC games or something. Those those were fun. I was That was kind of what kind of really got me into it all, right? Yeah. Uh, and it stuck with me over the years. So, yeah, I've been, I was working on that. It kind of got to a point where I was doing it so much. I was like not sleeping and all this other gar- craziness. Cause once you get into the creative, you know, the creative monster grabs you, it, it doesn't let you go, you know? So uh, I've been like that with my music. I've been like that, with, you know, and then I delved into this programming stuff. Uh, I had had a knowledge of it, but it was fun to go through the blueprint system in unreal, not to get off the musical topic, but you know, yeah. if you're familiar with the engine, how they, use this uh this blueprint system to sort of like literally draw to your functions and all your calls and things like that it's uh as a visual person as an artist as that's sort of a mind uh man it it really made it a lot of fun for me because i didn't have to get lost in lines of code i could i could only code little things i needed to and i'm not no expert coder by any chance i i i love the idea of getting this thing up and running and actually maybe giving it to somebody who knows what the hell they're doing it's Mm -hmm. like here's Here's my, that, that's what I need a producer, right? You know, so, and to make a game. They're like, okay, this is about as far as I can get it, you know? But it's, you know, I got more than just stick figures running around. I got fully animated, you know. That's killer. Skeletons. Yeah, let's talk Crazy. after. I I um, uh, I know I have a lot of contacts in that industry still. Um, and, you know, both at the AAA level, but also at, at, a, uh, at a more independent publisher and developer yeah. level. So. Um, I don't know. You never know. Uh, there's such an appetite for content right now, too. Those, those, a lot of those. Well, here, here's the thing. And I, 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 I just tease this a little bit, you know, to your audience. But um, this is something that you know I had gotten it to a level. I, I actually shown him. I was like, hey, dude, remember the days? Look at, look at this, man. Look, look at because he always knew I used to build levels on the games we played, and then I would put stupid comedy stuff in there that only meant anything to us. Like I'd be, you know, busting the balls of one of the guys in the band, and then do their voiceover or so or just something stupid you know like that made us laugh and so you know he's always kind of been my you know my game buddy over the years even on the road we, we would get into it you know play something on the bus because you got all those long rides so i was like hey man what kind of thing and it kind of reminds me of when we were kids doing this and he, get, and he goes dude that's fucking awesome i thought it was going to be whatever that looks amazing he goes um you know i got i got some ideas for music i'm like okay dude not even an hour goes by and he sends me these tracks over. I'm like, this fucking guy. Like, Mike is more than just a guitar player. If, if your audience doesn't know this, that Romeo is a legit, uh, fully, you know, encompassing, talented artist. He scored an entire orchestral piece for me and, and that it just came to his mind. And uh, I, I, I tell you, it was like a Lord of the Rings thing or something. Wow. It was like right movie. It was like whammo. And so that was cool. That inspired me. And then I was like, oh, shit, now I'm, now I'm really under pressure. I, I, now the boat's taken off and I don't have rope yet. You know, so it's like, you know, it was it was cool, you know. So, yeah, let's talk about it. You know, we, get a, we got some time. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd, I'd love to pick your brain on that side of things. But I don't want to bore your audience. With, they're like, hey, well, you, some of this audience is run. a gamer hey, audience. Yeah, so what do I hear you sing? <laughs> well, I might sing in this video game. How about that? Well, you know, there you go. You know what it put me in mind of? Or voiceover. Is... I can do some voiceover stuff. Dude, That'd be fun. Just do That'd both. Be... Uh, I uh, I just did a um, I talked to a couple of people not I think it was last month who there was a release recently of a of a video game called of Bird and Cage and uh, the whole thing was set to a symphonic metal record they had and they had guest artists yeah. from, they had Casey Grillo 
do drums. They had yeah, Lee Jolie. Okay. He's Casey's good buddy, Mike. So, uh, like so, these uh, this this uh, composer who had this idea for it, um, he he done some other scoring for games, but he he kind of called out to a bunch of musicians, and he got a really amazing. And Bumblefoot was on it. Like it's some really really great musicians. So like you kind of you and and you know your your little and enterprise here might you might be able to kind of be part of the whole package you may need some additional help here and there but like this kind of transmedia stuff's big right now well that's what i was thinking and when i was talking to mike about it i was like hey listen man this is because him and me you know he's we're big star wars guys right we always were we we loved star wars growing up and big john williams fans and and uh you know, Mike's the one that turned me on to Holst, the, the, the planets when we were young, when, when I was in my 20s, early 20s, just meeting him. And he's like, you know, do you like Star Wars? Again, like, yeah, well, you're going to love this guy. This is where Williams got a lot of his ideas from. So, you know, we always sort of like open each other's minds. And I opened him up to the whole gaming thing and said, hey, you know, this is really fun. I can I can kind of I can level at it, this stuff. And he goes, you can. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm more than just a singer, bro. Okay, you know, <laughs> I helped him build the original computers in the in his in the studio, and I actually put his place together in the very beginning. And of course, I built all the rigs in my in my place now. So my my father was a computer engineer for okay. for the for the phone company back, and so he he's the one that taught me how to. I built my first ATXT when I was you know he taught me how to do it. And then I built a piece, you know, got a PC Junior, and then kind of the gaming thing. Him and I didn't click on the gaming thing. He was more of a you know a serious engineer kind of guy, and yeah. but I was more into like the the math of the games. I mean, you you're you said you were Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, are, are, I, you have friends that do that kind of thing. I had my stuff. I've done my share of role playing, and I've got tons yeah. of friends who still. I don't have as much time to do it now, I, but. Yeah, I have friends that were in the SCA, and I've oh, I yeah. all these people many times, of course, you know, and, and I, I never really got into all that uh, because I was a professional stunt guy. I mean, this is what I was doing for a living yeah. every day, was playing this character and really just trying to stay alive because of the, 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 the work was really dangerous. Uh, and so I looked at it more, it was more of an athletic thing for me, but I, I would get, you know, I, I like the role-playing idea. One time I had like a I put together like a foam war kind of thing with the guys. And, and, and so we got together and made these foam weapons and stuff. And, but I, you know, when you role play, you're with people who are all into it and they got the same mindset. I, I have a bunch of assholes that are really football guys. I just handed them a bunch of fake swords and literally we're beating the shit out of each other. You know, who could fucking break the sword over someone's face you know, because stuntmen are just a different breed. You know, they're just they're they're out there. You know, we we're, we were a wild bunch. You know, and but you got to kind of be a little crazy to do some of that shit that yeah. we were doing. You well, know, but, uh, but your your you know. um set of hobbies and interests are I I, I find aren't um aren't the common ones. Meaning most of the musicians I I meet they're they're not into sports at all. Like they, they I know. Um, they're not athletes at all. Like they we could have never had a conversation about skiing. Or about talk about Eric Dickerson and know who that is and his rushing records, um, and that's okay. Everybody's got, but but most of the yeah. musicians I meet are. So it's really it's kind of for me. By the way, it's just kind of cool that, um, in addition to the the accomplishments in the music, like you have all like that you're like this uh, mental magpie. Like you have all this stuff that is this experience. It's really cool. It's um, well, yeah. Thanks, man. I I, I do have. Uh, a blessing and a curse, I guess, right? Jack of all trades, the master of yeah. some, I would say. But uh, I, I, I really did sort of just embrace everything that came along. I, I was willing to try 
you know, a bunch of stuff. And I never judged anybody, man. I said, you know, okay, okay, so what is this? Uh, do you guys dress up? You throw bean bags at each other? What's this RP thing all about? All right. Well, I could throw a pretty mean bean bag. All right, give me a robe. I'll be the wizard. Let's do this. You know, like, yeah. I never, I never like, uh, I was Mr. Dave, Dave Mustaine called me Mr. Congeniality. You know, when we were oh, yeah. when we were on the the Gigantor in the beginning, you know, he he was very complimentary of, of me and Symphony X and stuff. And you know, basically, I I could handle anybody, man. You know, and I I was I was cool with it because I always looked at it as a learning experience. You know, yeah. well, what 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 are these people about? What makes them click? Why why are they into this? What's so special about it? It's and a... I, never, I I in high school, dude, I was the captain of the defense on the football team. Okay, and I sang in the I sang in the choir. Okay. I was in all the plays and I was in the sport. I was, I did it all. All the things, you know, yeah. used to make my lineman guys, my lineman guys would come to the see me sing in the choir show with their jerseys on. You're going to sit in the front row, you know, That's and cool. I'll see you in practice on Monday. If you're not there, and, you know, if you want to laugh, man, I'll make you laugh. All right. So I, I was all, you know, I kind of crossed that line, that barrier in the social hierarchy of, of the school back the way it was back when we were kids, you know, the, yeah. the jocks and the cool guys and the, in the, in the band people. I, I, I love being and bringing everybody together. You know, that was kind of who I was. And so I just, that just carried on. I, I, I never really had like, um, I had a group, small group of really close guys that I, that I actually sang with. We were in a barbershop quartet together. And uh, one of the guy, Tom and I played, uh, we were pretty, pretty close. We were like best friends in school. We were both on the football team and we played volleyball together, but we did, we were, we were the uh, members of the barbershop quartet in the, high school production of the music man you know that's or so cool you know? man yeah man so and that I was want fun. a bootleg Learn, is there any bootleg learning recording harmonies. of that I, I yeah i don't know it's out there somewhere on some high school reunion thing and i'm singing sweet adeline you know with these guys and but wes reed uh, god rest his that's soul awesome. was a great musical teacher and influence in my life early on he had worked with the carpenters uh oh. back in the 70s and he had a really really uh cool uh, history in the business and as our music teacher introduced us to all sorts of stuff i was in the jazz ensemble and he was also my football coach so oh, for real this wow. man, yeah this man was one of the assistant coaches and everybody loved wes you know mr reed was a great great dude and he he could be on the football field and he he taught me that hey you know you could do you could be up here on the field with the boys and 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 you know bang some heads up there but you can also intellectually you know be there and, and be and, and let your art speak and do this too here check this out check yeah. this musical style out so in the middle of the heyday of 80s rock and metal and all this other stuff and chicks with hair out to here and tits out to here and a whole nine i have this man introducing me to a dead art form in the got music and uh I'm, I'm out there uh, learning how to do this and it was because of him. It was because yeah. of his influence. And so, you know, it was great. Uh, he was so influential in that early stages of my development as a, as a, as a singer and as a, as an artist, it was you we know, need, huge. We need more people like that. Um, uh, it's uh, we, I had similar experiences where there were mentors who helped you kind of see that you could straddle these, these different worlds. Um, and you, uh, so real quick though, I know this is a callback, but, um, so you played defense, you're a defensive guy. Yeah, I was, I played defensive end and I played a uh, middle linebacker my senior year. I, I played offensive tight end too, but usually it was on a double tight end set or something like that. We yeah. were short and goal, extra point stuff. And I, I'd go in as a blocking or a cat, a cat, a cat pass 
eligible receiver. Uh, I wanted to play offensive tight end more, but they, they you know, they, I was aggressive, uh, you know, so I, I really excelled at, at hitting people and uh, not being afraid to put my nose in, in the, yeah. in the thick of it, you know, so when you're obviously, you know, football, so when you're a defensive guy, you got a gap responsibility and, you, and that's what I did. I'd shoot that gap or, and hit whoever the hell came through that hole, you know? Yeah. So sometimes it was the runner. Other times it was just some do another Jersey on. I didn't care. You know? So I, it was, a, I had some you know, anger management issues, I think when I was a kid, you know, so. Who doesn't with their uh, teenage years? You know, there was great therapy though. I, I could get out there and just let it all hang out. And of course, even then, you know, before I got the job medieval times, I, I, I you know, I love the idea of the, of the knight, the gladiator, the warrior on the field. And, and, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to live that guy's life in the sense back in those days. And, yeah. and before I even got the job and kind of realized, kind of realized that vision of being that night, you know, like, and learning to ride a horse and joust and do all those crazy things. But without the athletic background, I could have never achieved that. You yeah. know, I, 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 it all started back there in school, learning how to play ball and being on the field. And on, we played on Friday night, you know, so Friday night lights and the crowd full high school crowd band the whole nine, you know, yeah. high school football in California is big. It's like Texas or any other big state, you know? Yeah. So it was like, you know, <sighs> you, know you pop somebody and the crowd goes wild. And, and uh, so to me, it was like a gladiator, you know, it was, it was something cool that, that, you know, that I was so excited to be a part of and let that anger out or not even the anger, really just that energy, you know, that, that, yeah. that competitiveness. Uh, it was, it was fun for me, but to your point about musicians, it, it was a bit of a, tra <laughs> it was hard for me to transition, you know, once I became a professional artist, because a lot of people in, in my world, you know, like you said, they're, they're not like that. They, they can't relate to that. So I had to really kind of, you know, I, I, I like a, like a chameleon, I guess I, I, you know, I can, can change my colors and kind of sort of fit in with anybody, but you know, it, it was times just like, you know, well, okay, these guys are really sensitive about this and maybe I shouldn't joke around about that. Whereas, I, look, I, I was getting butt naked in front of in front of guys, you know, since I was a kid in school. I yeah, mean, yeah. I kind of got over it early, my self-consciousness. That's the one thing a lot of people don't understand about sports and, and things like that. And, you know, because everyone's so, so, you're very self-conscious, right? Especially in junior high school, you know, that awkwardness, you know, you got to go to the gym for the first time, you got to change your clothes and I don't know what school's like now, but this is what we went through. For good, for good, for better or for worse, it got me out of my sort of like, you know, sort of head about being self-conscious about everything really early. Uh, we didn't really haze anybody like that or anything like that in, in football. It obviously, was school it was not allowed and things like that. But you, you know, you, 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 it broke down who you were as an individual early on. I guess this is, I know it wasn't in the military, but it's maybe akin to what they would do on a higher level, of course. And the whole idea is it's not about you, man. It's about the team. It's right. about the group. Uh, and so early on that taught me, okay, we need to be able to make fun of each other. We need to be able to handle that criticism we need to be able to own our mistakes and take responsibility for everything that we're doing or we're not going to achieve success. So that mentality I took into the band world, you know, uh, and, and I tried to be like that. And, you know, there were times that, you know, I probably was off color with the company. I should have said that whatever, because <laughs> people get, you know, I'm so used to ball busters, like, especially when I was a night at medieval times in New Jersey, that's all we did. Cause the last thing you wanted was some, 
ego rock star mentality guy with a fucking lance in his hand and a 1200 pound beast on the other side charging at you thinking that he's better than you like, like that is the last thing on earth that you want in a, in a safety situation like that right. you need that guy to love him respect you and understand that the two of you together are the reason why you're not going to go to the hospital tonight yeah okay yeah and so we would weed those type of people out of that group uh by breaking down those uh those uh those those things those those ego driven things right uh so so that's kind of what my early upbringing was getting getting rid of that ego and a lot of people of course in the music business that ego is is everything the ego is is what's getting them up there and giving them the confidence and it's a big part of their their model so when you attack that or if you break that down anyway sometimes it just destroys people you know they can't deal with that because they never went through that i had mine attacked constantly as a kid you know in sports you know nothing, nothing hurts your ego more than just you know having to you know you know get changed in front of a bunch of strangers and and go out and, and start hitting people now you know after they've seen you naked yeah you better get over yourself and you better find a way to to, to rise up and 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 then luckily for me i did and i wasn't you know that didn't stick around for long and i was just like all right well that, that I, I think looking back it probably helped me with my confidence too to get up on stage and, and do my thing because sure. i i had already been sort of like through the through the the ringer so but a lot of people in the music business like you said that hadn't had that sports background but i've also found many that did you know i found sure. guys that did they understood that and and got that and so you know uh but it did help it helped me sort of also be accepting of everybody too yeah you know like you know, around here in Jersey, when I moved out here, I, it took me a while to get used to the language, how people talk, the cursing. I, I was like, "Whoa, what, what are you saying? Fuck you for?" Because when I came up in California, that that meant we're, we're gonna about we're about to hit each other. Oh, you know, yeah. like words are a big deal out there. Out here, it's like it's all posturing a lot. You know, you know, it was back then. You know, hey, what are you gonna do? I ain't well, You know, all this sort of stuff, right? And and I just blew my mind. Like, okay, is this guy gonna hit me or? Do I, do I hit him or what's going on here? So, yeah. but it's all posture. It's, it's a way of sort of testing you, you know, testing you, testing you, see where you're at, see where you're at. So it's a psychological game, right? Yeah. Whereas out in California, it's like, uh, you walk down the street in Whittier, you know, in, in Los Angeles. And this is back, this is the, you know, this is the, just, just before the Rodney King uh, days, you look, you look at somebody, especially somebody who was rolling with the gang or something the wrong way. You looked at them the wrong way you were in a shit ton of trouble yeah just looking at them was bad here it was like oh just talk you know and i had to get used to that you know and uh so it was weird in the beginning going out but i found my niche i met my, my girlfriend back then who's now my wife i've been with her forever she she showed me the ropes out here it was awesome she, she you know she introduced me to all these great rock clubs that were still around even though you guys in seattle got they was all done we still had limelight for like seven or eight years and more in brooklyn oh wow all these great clubs that, and that's why i stayed i stayed here because the west coast had collapsed musically in, in that sense and so i stayed here and kind of cut my teeth in the business out here and clubs and stuff that would still happen but but it was weird in the beginning you know i had to get used to that i had to get used to to how people were and and then be like okay all right you know, I can deal with this if I can, if I can get hit by a horse and okay, if I can get hit by a, 
uh, a fullback. Uh, okay, I can I can do this. I can do this. You know what I mean? So it, it was interesting. And then and then I finally fell fell into the Symphonix guys and, and got my niche with those dudes and and uh, it was I was off the races. But uh, it was fun. It was interesting in the beginning. It was really strange to get used to how musicians were and how fragile they were. Uh, yeah. You know, and understanding that and being respectful of that and and I you know I learned I learned. Yeah, it's a. Uh, uh... There certainly are, are musicians who are sports fans or have sports background. I, sure. I think it's just uh, if, we, if we were able to take the poll, um, it would be very low on the list of um, things they understand or, or are passionate about. But the and there are other ways to get this. But the yeah. the thing you talked about that I think is really valuable is your high school experience became this kind of uh, proving ground for in a lot of ways and and not just as a as a as a competitor on a on the gridiron but also what you were doing and you had people sort of supporting the fact that you were also doing uh hearing that you did barbershops one of the coolest things i i mean you know i love that um that's by the way it's a that's a hard art form it's not you don't just show up and do that right Um, no no it takes a lot of practice and 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 it develops your ear and everybody you know you blow the, the thing with my group was, was fun we, we, and we did this for fun and this is the competitive nature too that, that really paid off like you were saying to your point i know a ton of guys who are big football fans that are rock metal guys and rock guys and but, but they didn't play yeah you know the big difference yeah. i found when you know being a fan is great and I, I think that's great but if you played it's it's a different you didn't like those, those locker room experiences i'm talking telling you about and things that kind of break down your inner ego and, and sort of make you gel with the team and understand yeah. a team mentality. Um, that that's the type of people I, that are rare that I find in music that have actually been through that, you know, actually played, but there are, there are some that are there and they're, they're very humble. And I, and I, I, uh, I, I really enjoy my conversations with those guys a lot because uh, we can relate to that life experience and how it's uh, benefited us in our careers, things like that, and, and how that m- mindset of being, you know, the all for one and one for all sort right. of mentality uh, helps, you know, in cohesion and keeping a band together. Uh, you know, hey, I've been with Symphony X for over 25 years now. Right. So, you know, that's that's a hard thing to do, you know, it in is. music because it is usually because people's egos get in the way you know right and and a lot of people that do my job have this thing called lsd i think you heard of that right you know lead singer disease you know (laughs) and so so uh you know i i i i have i have lsd when i'm on stage that's how i that's how i kind of think of it i mean i don't have that you know i try not to go beyond that you know I had my days when I was drinking and doing stupid shit on the tours and just being, being wild and crazy, really just to entertain people, you know, what climb on top of the bus while we're moving. I could do that. I could do that. You know, like singers, like don't really do that kind of shit. You know, usually it's the drummer or somebody who's like out there doing some crazy physical crap, but I, I, I was never afraid to do stupid shit like that. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, but, but, but when the show was over, it was like when the game was over, we're all on the bus together. I took bus rides to and from the games when I was a kid. We won some, we lost some, but on the ride home, we were all brothers, right? right. We're all together. We're a family. 
So that's the way I always looked at it. You know, the bus is a family. I always treated the crew with the utmost respect. I wanted them to feel like they were part of us, you know, yeah. and that's from, comes from my football experience, you know, like they're just as important as me, you know, singing. So, but on stage though, I had to do that thing. I have to be, I have to be that, that energy. So there is an act, an act where I, I kind of keep the ego and I try and bottle it into this, this thing. Right. You know, and I know it's there. And then the stage I can say, okay, Mr. Ego, you're on, you know, and I can, I can let it fly and sort of let it have its space where it should be in sure. that, in that context. And so let, and let people feel that energy and, and, and see that, that charisma, you know, and, and, and allow it to, to be there. Um, so that's an interesting balance. I think that a lot of people struggle with, you know, especially right. people who have, don't have those ego check moments. Uh, you know, especially, you know, you get so successful too young, a lot of them, like we were talking about the other genres, you know, a lot of them just spin out of control, you know, they end up just, you know, losing it all or, and some, and some of them are fortunate enough to, you know, make it through, you know, and maybe they're in rehab later on or whatever it is, but they make it through and God bless them. They're, they're still out there doing it and, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're living and they survived it. Um, It's a fascinating, you know, life experience to actually go through this world as a as an artist i think it's a blessing uh and it's but it's not without challenge and i think um looking at what what's happened recently i mean i joked earlier on uh, about it being non-essential but obviously people know how essential artists are sure. in, in in our culture and in our our society as a whole uh and, and the inspiration that we can provide people and the healing we can provide people and all sorts of things that music does. And music uh, can really be used, you know, uh, to, to be, bring people together. And I think more than ever, we need that more than ever. Absolutely. Know, music needs to be that common language that brings the world back together and, and, uh, and stuff. So, uh, you know, all of these experiences I've had have helped to, to shape that sort of, uh, to shape my, 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 my ideology, if you will, about, about things and how I approach uh, music as a whole but yeah I've had a lot of interesting experiences I have a lot of different hobbies um, I'm not really this probably the first time I've really talked about some of them like the gaming thing things like that I, I, I you know I'm a pretty private guy I don't really you know go out there and I, I wish I I kind of wish I was more like that I'd probably be more successful like you're talking about to have this higher level of success but well maybe I, 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 the, the, I don't know man the, if the I was social, on YouTube every day or streaming some shit every day, I don't and, think that's you know, a, the recipe. I, I, there's because there's yeah. you know the a lot of a lot of musicians who have uh, more. I, they, I, I applaud them. I really do. I sure. just don't have the capacity to do that. I, I just well, don't have the I, mental. I don't think it that translates a hundred percent to success. You know, if someone's uploading lots of videos all the time and they're on Instagram every day has you know i don't think that that's a direct translation to success in fact i i read some things recently that talked about the degree to which some of this has broken down a little bit of the mystique of the artist um you know it, it's it's okay for us not to know everything about you all the time um so so i don't i don't think the approach you're taking is is um deprecating any way your the altitude of your or potential of your career um the in fact, on the other side, it can, can create this false sense of, of in, false ego. Because um, I think, you know, I love your comments about ego and about how, how 
uh, translates because um, you definitely have a charisma when you hit the stage, right? Um, it, 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 I've seen it. Um, and anybody who's watching or wants me to go and, and watch some of Russell's performances. But the being able to kind of put that away and then be a human the rest of the time, there's, there's a sufficient amount, of, and I even talked to a bunch of these people, who they're kind of always the rock star. And some of that's cool, but sometimes it's like really hard to relate to that person. Um, um, and, and, they, and I think it creates, with not all of them, but with some of them anyway, a sense of like entitlement. And um, m- people who feel mm. entitled are not always super fun to be around. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't know because I don't surround myself with people like that. Uh, and, and when I sense that or, 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 or anything at all, I, I just, uh, move on wherever the it. door is and for it. And cause I don't have time for that shit, you know, like it's, it's, you know, and especially now after all I've been through and everything I've seen, you know, if I had disdain for that sort of attitude before, I definitely can't stand it now yeah. to the point where it's just complete turn off for me. Luckily, I've been very fortunate and most of my heroes, almost all of them that I've met have been, have been gifted the, the honor of meeting have been cor- incredibly good people, yeah, incredibly, uh, you know, awesome, like Dio, like, uh, you know, I can go through a laundry list of guys, sure. you know, that were great, uh, that I looked up to and then meeting other artists in, at the same level as me or a little higher, you know, most everybody in the metal genre I've met has been incredibly awesome, incredibly cool. You know, so what? They didn't play football, but they're totally down to earth. Yeah. And I can have a sit down conversation with them and things like that. Um, and then when the show goes on, but I've also met people that they have a persona mystique. That they're so high up on the thing or that maybe they, you know, they have the makeup thing going on and that's a big thing for them. And so they're always in it. Right. Yeah. Like you can't see them without it. And, yeah. and it's like the kiss model. You know, like you can't see without the makeup on. And that's the whole thing. So that's, you know, and I get that. And that's, that's, that's really, that's really, I, I admire that a lot because sure. that's an approach. A hundred percent commitment to be that thing 24 seven. Yeah. Uh, and, and when it's a band, you can buy that. It, it's maybe one guy in the band. That's like, you're saying that dude, he's like, but when it's the whole band constantly, that to me is a team and that's a team of people dedicated yeah. to that image. You think of Slipknot early on, you know, uh, they, it's the same, same sort of thing. Of course, Corey later, they take the mask off eventually, but the mask always comes back on when you're in that sort of thing. Yeah. I flirted with the mask once on the last tour, but I used it as a stage prop. Uh, and in a way, you know, it's, it was more of an artistic expression of, you know, we all wear these, these masks, right. you know, that we wear in life, yeah, yeah. right? So for me, it was like that kind of expression, but for them, it's a full on image. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's easy to look at that and make fun of that, but I don't, I don't, I, I look at that and go like, you know, these people are, are legit. They're, they're, they're playing the character 24 seven. It's a shame that I won't be able to get to know them, you know, uh, you know, uh, as a professional sort of like, uh, if I just, if I got to know them through a, uh, some some sort of back channel, that's great. But I, I, at a festival, for example, most of those guys are they're full on. That you're not going to see them without that shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and so it's a part of their whole thing, and they play that up to the other bands too, which is like you know, there's a whole other gladiatorial match going on back <laughs> at those festivals, which, which is so hilarious to me. Oh wow! Well, um, I like the. the... Ego. I like the analogy a lot to the, the, the team thing, especially w- with the band. Um, there's a, there is a camaraderie that gets built when you face yeah. something together. I, um, I played football and I, I had, I had an experience. I didn't get in a fight with a guy, 
and it became this huge, huge deal. And my, my football brothers came around and they said, you don't need to worry, you know? And that was th the most reassuring thing that happened to me in high school is this whole band of brothers who just said, we got your back. Um, and, yep. uh, you know, it was, I, it wasn't because I was a star on the football team. It was just because I was a member of the football team. That's it. That, and that's that. And you learn, you know, that, see, you know, that because th there is the coaches do it. If you got a great coach, you got a good coach, good coaches. They, they instill that in you, that everybody has value because what if your star gets hurt? Right. You know, you need to step in there. You got to get, you got to pick up the team. You got to make a play. You might need to make a tackle when, when, when no one else thinks that, that this, that maybe this team is beat. That belief in each other, you know, at every level, you know, of the, of the team structure is so important to the success of the group that you learn how important it is to give yourself to that group and, and, and give all you got and, and be there for each other. Yeah. And like you said, that, that backup that you, that you were getting support from and when you were getting social pressure of a, of a, of a conflict with another person, knowing that those guys were there, it, you know, it is so, so huge. You know, now we've all seen the high school movie where all the football players are a bunch of assholes because they know that they're there for each other and they're kicking the crap right. out of mouth macho and whatever, you know, <laughs> it, it karate kid and all this other bullshit. Right. Yeah. And, and then not to say that those guys don't exist because like everything else, you get a couple of bad apples in the bunch and it, and it makes a stigma and, and, it, and it creates this stereotype. Yeah. Which is, you know, the world is just being destroyed by by stereotypes. Right. Yeah. Uh, now the stereotypes are out of fashion, right? Thank God. And, you know, the stereotypes uh, that we see are just being shattered daily, which is great. So that stereotype of, of those athletes, you know, too, you, you know, I, there was a time it's like, well, you should be ashamed to be a part of that. Why? Because you saw some stupid movie where these guys were, were, were you know, giving some kid a wedgie in the hallway. Yeah. yeah, there was jerks like that, but not my school and not on my team. Right. You know, and, and that, that was the way I rolled. Nobody in my fucking school like was like that. We didn't do that shit. The football team we had honor. We looked out for kids. We we we, we were not that type of group of people. Um, everybody at the school was on our team. That's how I kind of we kind of yeah. you know everybody at Lucerne at the school was. We were all on the same team, man. And and you know, people have fights over, but we weren't you know doing stupid crap. And there weren't too many of those fights to be quite honest with you. Yeah, uh, you know. I was pretty, you know, thought of myself, I guess, as a knight back in those days, you know, trying to do the right thing, be honorable, be respectful. Of course, I made my missteps and did some stupid stuff. We all did growing up and, and you learn from those, but you're like, okay, that's not cool. Don't do that again. Uh, but I never, you know, picked on people. I didn't, I didn't like, I hated bullies, man. Hated bullies. Even before it was fashionable to hate bullies, man. Uh, you know, I was bullied in junior high school by this kid who was threatening to kick my ass and all sort of crap. And he was picking on some girl. So I stood up to him. I was like, he's two grades older than me. He's like, just, just tall. And I was like, hey, man, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? And then my my ego is like, you know, well, that's not you, dumbass. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I said it. So let's see where this goes. So I was never afraid to stand up, you know, for people, yeah. for, for, the, for the people who were not able to stand up for themselves. Yeah. So I already had that in me, man. And, and so going into sports was like, no brainer you know yeah. and i feel like we get a bad rap sometimes as football guys because you get you get all these stereotypes out there that that act like jerks and and but that's well, not and, the whole and it's not it's not terribly dissimilar from some of the stereotypes on metalheads which is well these people are a little thick in the head right right yep. um they're, they're just vice ridden 
uh, you know, they're just not, they're not contributing. And, and the funny thing is, I, I alluded to this earlier, there's plenty of studies that show that as a group, um, people in the metal community are more faithful to their companions. They're, they have better life adjustment um, with, with work. Just, uh, you know, and it doesn't make us better. It, but what it does is it shatters the stereotype. It's like, no, we're not dumb. We're not a bunch of, we're not sleeping around. We're not, you know, everybody's not out there doing drugs all the time. Um, we're not uh, tearing down society. Like, uh, as a group, the people actually have the, a very, very heightened sense of community and family. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's, you know, my experience with sports is the same. And I think that it then uh, there's other well, ways. Family is all relative, too. What's that? You know, family is relative, too. And I respect that. Like, sure. people's vision of family, I, however your family is your family, that's your family. However it operates, if you have. You know, I'm not going to tell a Mormon he can't have 10 wives. Or I, I don't, you know, whatever your family is, that's your family. But as long as you understand what family is, then we're good because yeah. that means community. That means, like you said, you know, banding together, being a part of the whole. And and I'm all about being very accepting of everybody who who understands that. And in whatever capacity they see what that vision is, I'm not here to judge anyone. Yeah. You know, only thing I'm looking for is, you know, hey, are you on the team? You know, are you cool? you know yeah. and, and and are we going to make some magic together let's do this and that's really what it's all about i could care less about anything else dude i'm a raider guy okay we we don't give a shit about what you do who you are as long as you're a, a family member you come to work and yeah. you give 100 percent, no matter who you are where you come from and this is the second chance group you know yeah we don't care what you did in the past this is your chance to show up and do the right thing right now with this group of people and, and give yourself some redemption. Big believer in redemption. I think we need more of that today in a lot of different ways. Redemption's I 100 percent agree. You yeah, know, that's... And, and I feel the metal community is really good at, at offering, you know, and we're good at like doing that. Giving, and everybody loves a comeback story. And like you said, I hope, you know, you know, for me, I maybe benefit from that narrative too where i can come out of all this darkness that i've been through and i'm getting there man but you know being on your show today is a big help for me because it kind of opens me up to the ideas of of doing a lot of things and and I'm, obviously now you're getting to know me i I'm, I'm interested in a lot of things so yeah you are uh i'm kind of coming out of that hole where i was so you know wow the world's a dangerous place and i got kids now and i need to start just thinking about that that is and, a thing that is a thing that, that you start thinking about a, as a parent. Real thing for me, yeah, and that that really hit me like a ton of bricks. And it's 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 also the biggest the reason probably decision wise I didn't want to go on with the band or any band at that time after that, um, because of that of that I'm need I'm really needed here, you know, as as a parent and 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 uh, all the parents out there know what I'm talking about. Um, you you are you are definitely it's not about if football didn't teach it to you if sports didn't teach it to you having a child will eventually teach you hopefully that it's not about you yeah and and you know your self-importance ends when that child comes into the to the to the universe and it's one of the most beautiful greatest life experiences i think i, I for sure i've ever had yeah. is, is bringing in that child into the world and i'm not advocating for whatever you do what you, you do you that's fine but for me as a human being in my journey, being able to bring bring those uh, young lives uh, up has been nothing but a great benefit to myself, to my my community. And, and it's been awesome. And 
I'm learning from them. That's what you got. You got to understand. You learn from them. You know, everyone's like, what can you learn from a kid? A lot. You can yeah. learn a lot from a kid, mostly about yourself, which is really cool. Yeah. So like, you know, kids teach you to, to learn about you and, and it's really awesome. And that's helped me out a lot, you know? So, but they both, like my daughter loves adrenaline. She listens to it all the time. She loves it. You know, she's listened to it. And so listening to it has sort of like opened me up to maybe listening to that again. Cause I hadn't listened to that music for years. And even just recently she started playing and I was like, I haven't heard this song in five, six years. Yeah. So through my children, I'm learning to kind of open up that wound and, and deal with a lot of the things through, through their interests and asking questions that you understand. They didn't know what happened to me for years. They just found out this past year during the pandemic. I told them what happened because they were too young. And I, I really, you know, we had lost AJ Pirro not too long before all this. Right. He had had a heart attack on, on the bus with us. And that was a, a traumatic experience to say the least. Uh, it was, it was up to date, the most traumatic thing I'd ever experienced on the road. Someone you know, having a heart attack and dying in front of us and, and yeah. not just someone, but, a, you know, a, a, one of the greatest rock drummers ever. Yeah, this yeah. guy was, right? uh, and he was a good man. He's a good man. And, and, and I had the honor of playing with him and, and hanging with him and getting to know him through that project. And so after that, you know, I was like, Oh God, but then everything else happened. Right. You know, I had seen, here's an anecdote for you. When, when AJ passed, his son, I think, was in his 20, was 20 or 21. He wasn't a young kid, but he wasn't a, an old man either. He was right there, you know, just coming into manhood, basically. And uh, he was really, a, really, I'm rightfully so, really, really upset. He was his father. And I started to think about, oh, my God, you know, what if my, what if I don't make it back on one of these trips? You know, like, it was, it was in my mind then. And, and that summer in 2015, I I believe so. Yeah, I was going through all this emotions, and I have a young son here now. What you met earlier in your show, yeah. And he was he was a little guy, uh, and I was dawning on me then, like, well, what if I don't come back? I mean, what's this kid gonna have to remember me by? By except for some internet videos and some records and whatever. So he was a, he loved Pirates of the Caribbean. I kind of got him into it, you know, because I I loved you know. Remember that guy Tom I mentioned earlier in the program? We yeah. were at barbershop quartet together. Yeah. Well, I ended up getting him a job many of the time in California, and he got so good at it. I trained him as a night early on on a ride, but he was behind me. He's like a class behind me in the night training school, right? So I ended up coming to New Jersey, opening up the New York show and other locations. He ended up leaving the country, going to that place that you thought it was, Excalibur in Las Vegas, and eventually became a sword master in Hollywood. And he was the guy Johnny Depp fought in all those movies. He was oh, a, wow. he was the he was in all the parts of the Caribbean movies. My best friend Tom Great. from high school and played football guy. So and so so like you know I turned my son on this hey my buddy from high school is in this movie. He went second he goes, yeah I'll watch it and the end of story. Loves pirates. So basically he had been bugging me for like a pirate ship playhouse in the backyard for a couple of years, you know you know since watching that and, and and whatever and i thought okay well he's gonna forget about that you know kids whatever but this kid doesn't forget you know so that year he asked me to do it and he goes dad i really want to play us and this is the one that aj had passed i was like and for some it was like the most ungodliest hottest summer in all of like i can remember here like all the grass was brown like it looked like in the desert i had dirt in my backyard and that's really rare for uh you know uh you know temperate climate location like we have up here you know choosing humid and stuff in the summer so I, so I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I got to build this thing for him. You know, I, I got to build this thing. 
So I did it. I built a pirate ship in my backyard, which is wow. still there now. It's uh, it's about it's, it's twenty five something feet long. You know, it's got uh, the sails, the cannons that actually shoot water out of them, and all this stuff that I built for him. I just went to town, man. Uh, and uh, so is carpentry he, another skill then of yours? Yeah, I worked for a general contractor when Symphony X was kind of you know not touring. I think we talked about that, right? That band doesn't tour very much, so that doesn't really do good to help. You know, sustain yourself. And when I left medieval times, and in that that gap there before Symphony X really started to take off, I worked for a GC for about three years or so. And uh, yeah, I learned the trade. I learned how to do carpentry. That's how I learned how to build everything out here, pretty much. You know, I was always into building as a kid, like just built built stuff for fun. And, Is that the boat? Know, that's it. Yeah, that's the boat. That's the boat back there. Yeah, you found it. That's amazing, so, man. Yeah, and that gold coin you got there is given to me by Paul O'Neill. That's a that's an actual twenty dollar gold piece, a real one from like wow. the eighteen hundred. Holy He'd cow! Given dude. That. So it's like real like it's like real gold Spanish doubloons with your pirate yeah. ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool to take a picture of that. So you can kind of see it. It's a little blurry in the background, yeah. but you can you can see the ship and everything. That's when yeah, that's when Paul had had uh, had passed, and I it, or remembered some one thing with him. So I put that up there. I took that picture and, uh, but yeah, that pirate ship, I, that was inspired by the passing of AJ and, and me wanting to get, give my son something, hey, to have a great memory of, you know, uh, from, from me. And so, uh, so I did it. And a lot of guys I looked online, you know, they'd build like just a box with a triangle on the front, you know, and that's kind of how the shape, I was like, well, I, I can't do that. I, I, it's got to look like a boat. So I actually curved, yeah, I actually curved the, the front of the, of the ship there to get those angles, you know, and things like that. And yeah. Those sails, those sails all turn with ropes and rigging and things like that. You got to be careful. You want, you want ropes that are accessible for kids that are on the low parts of the salt. It's all rigged up high so they can't like grab onto it and, and swing off of it and stuff. But yeah. So, so that's the, that's the skelly bones, man. That's the pirate ship that that's Jack. That's my son's name is Jack. So that's captain Jack's, uh, ship back there you know so <laughs> that's really cool yeah man. well you're just like a like you said earlier you're a jack of all trades um master, yeah master of some that's a, master not master of some. Of no, I did master a couple things in my life but yeah. you know yeah master of some but yeah i have a i have a wide variety of interests um and maybe that's why i'm not so like overly engaged in one aspect of my life like we were talking about earlier about I mean, I probably could just do a YouTube channel on all the shit I do, you know, and that would be enough because, like, you know, yeah. I've got a, a million things I, you know, hey, let's do one on pirate ship building in your backyard. <laughs> That's a good series, you know. So yeah, there's there's a lot there, but I'm I'm so busy doing things in life that I don't have the time really to sit down and yeah and film it, you and know, tell, and talk tell, about it. I mean, yeah. today today is a blessing as is a is a, a you know fun thing to do to actually spend this much time talking about my my life which is like you know to me it's just, just another day of it you know so yeah. but but i can see where it can be very fascinating people i've had a lot of people tell me man that's really interesting that you have had all these things and stuff like that but i'm never impressed with myself as much as i am with other people i, I always yeah. find inspiration in other stories you know because my stories it's just it's just my story you know it's kind of well we get kind of boring that, well, that's what this is for. Things like this is because yeah. um, as, as you take inspiration from someone else's story, someone's watching this and we'll see it when we post it uh, on YouTube um, and they'll take inspiration from the fact that um, 
you know, I, I think your story is unique. I know a fair number of musicians, and I love them all. Um, I, I only really ask for musicians on the show that um, I've been fortunate. You talked earlier about you've met so many. The, the ones you've met have been humble and, and authentic. That's my experience, too, with everybody I ask to come on the show. Um, but there's um, – um, I forgot. I, I lost my train of thought. Well, oh, your story. Your story is unique to me in that um, I'm hard pressed to think of somebody that I've I've talked to or even know outside of the show as as professional musicians who has these. Uh, um, even though you may not be a master of all of them, has as much sort of depth of understanding and experience in you know um, live action jousting and and that and and you know athletics and understand even some of the things you were talking about like. People who are fans don't understand what shooting the gap means. You know, they, they, they it's not just not language. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't get, yeah. and that's not bad. Shooting the gap for your fans that don't know, that just means that, you know, as a defensive player, as you know, there's these spaces between the other players, and the other team. And that then they, these are called the gaps in, in the defense. So, you know, when there's this, if you are playing a certain position, you are responsible for that gap in the right. defense. So when they try and run the attack you there with the ball, that's your spot. You need to be there. So you got to make sure that you're there. And that's, that's your responsibility for the team. You do your job. It helps the team succeed. And, and that's, you know, just to clarify that thing, no, but it is funny. Yeah. Sometimes I could, I could, I see that's the thing. You start to get around people who who know that and you start talking about it and then you know you do i do sometimes forget that not everybody has had that experience or understands what that lingo is so yeah so thanks for a, pointing that out no I, it's not a failing it. i i what did what did i love this um that you have this chameleon ability to sort of um naturally be a part of very different conversations because you have like real experience in them it's 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 super cool um, I, I've never, uh, you know, I'm sure there are some, I've never met a single other rock musician who's been a slalom skier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, me neither, man. I don't think, no, now you think about it. Yeah. I don't think I've met one. Um, I don't know. No, I, I had a really supportive, uh, you know, family too. My, my mom and dad are bluegrass musicians. Um, oh, it's wow. a passion there. They're not like career people by any stretch of imagination, but they've always gone to festivals. They got a huge, you know, community of people. They used to have a ranch out in California before my dad retired and moved out to Arizona and they had a big you know, property and they'd have like uh, 30 mobile homes park on the property and sit out back and they'd jam all night. That was one oh, of the wow. coolest things I had ever seen because I saw a, a nine-year-old kid shred on a banjo better than any metal player I had seen at the time. The kid yeah. was insanely, phenomenally talented finger tapping the whole night on a banjo and i'm like wow and my dad was like what do you think of that i was like that that blew my mind but it kind of gets back like what you're doing with the barbershop stuff right I mean, there's these things that, and they don't do it to be famous that's what's so cool they're not in it to try and you know make money at it because there's no money in bluegrass you know it's it's, it's a completely organic community-based art right. form that is really promoted within the community itself it doesn't really have a, a large reach. So when you have these talented kids coming up and doing their thing, they're just doing it because, the, the, you know, all the parents, mom, dad, brother, sister, and everybody around the circle, they're like, yeah, you play it, Joey. You yeah, go, baby. Right. Woo! And they're cheering you on. And it's, it's the immediate sort of like accolades from your immediate family and your immediate circle that are so proud of what you're doing. And they inspires the kids to do more. That is the coolest thing I've, I've 
I've I've seen, and and the talent level at that thing of those things are are impressive. Yeah. We're talking super impressive, but you never hear about them because it isn't popular. Yeah, it isn't mainstream. Yeah, the, the so, whoever the people are who hold the 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 keys to the kingdom on sort of mass exposure, because you know, I would guess that that if somehow lots of people could see that gift um, and and experience it, they might be be interested hard you know i guess there's there's sure, more possibility now with the internet but it's true it's true maybe there's a platform for it um yeah. same thing with barbershop i i was on youtube some months ago and i don't know how i got sucked down a barbershop uh, rabbit hole and i was listening to um some of the big like national barbershop competitions when i was mm -hmm. uh, watching some of these um these groups sing um, and it wasn't only that they could uh, be in perfect four-part harmony or, or multiple-part harmony beyond that, but it was the complexity of the songs and how they were, um, the, the sort of orchestration, uh, blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. Um, and it, so even I, and, and it's not like um, I wake up thinking I'm going to listen to Barbershop today, but wow. And, you know, so maybe I'll... I'm I'm sort of famous, you know, getting a few in me on the bus and playing people barbershop stuff. I'm probably, I probably, <laughs> nothing I'm embarrassed of. I'm sure I'm like, you know, you got to listen to this, man. You know, <laughs> this is the coolest shit ever. And people are looking at me thinking, oh, it's going to be some, you know, cool rock thing. And I'm breaking out some fucking barbershop thing, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know. but every time I've showed people, they're just like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, yeah, listen to that shit, you know, like. Uh, like, and it's great that you stumbled across that because those men's choirs that compete. Now, have you ever been ever been to one of those? Not live. You no. Go. Yeah, you got to go live. The coolest thing you'll ever hear. You, all the hair on your on your on your body will stand up when they start hitting these harmonies and these these sevenths, and when they shift yeah. and they move to the arrangement uh, live. It's just something crazy about it. It's it's a it's a it's a completely different animal live. When you hear it live, we used to go down to where they used to practice when I was in high school in that group. We would do that show I was telling you about. Well, we ended up becoming a side group called the the QTs. I don't even know if I have I had a picture in the studio somewhere. I think I took it in the house. Anyway, me and my friends that were in school together, we had we did barbershop stuff on the side for money. They were getting paid. Oh, really? My first gig, yeah. Yeah. And so we were doing like, you know, like um stuff around California, like dinner parties or just stupid stuff you know for like we did a country club one time it's like oh this this is so this is how the other half lives huh? okay cool <laughs> and you know i felt like the movie caddyshack if they actually asked the barbershop quartet to like sing at the ball where what's his name was wearing that red jacket and i don't know if you remember that movie but i do yeah uh, oh, wow. ted ted knight's character you know they're they're that the the, the frou-frou you know hoity-toities so we, we did some stuff like that, but we also sang the national anthem at the angel game. So we got, we got pretty good. We, we had, we had, we did the national anthem against them, the Boston Red Sox as a pennant game back uh -huh. in like 88, I think, or 89. And we, and, and we did it. We'd sing one time they asked us, they, they liked it so much. They asked us back. So oh. that, was, that was wild. That was the first time I'd sang in front of a large audience like that. Uh, it was with my buddies and uh, sorry, my batteries keeps, I'm on my laptop here. No worries. All right. So, yeah, so my uh, so the the wildest thing was so we start right, you know, it's a four part barbershop rendition of the national American national anthem. So it's like, you know, and now I'm doing the time. You know, everybody's like, "Rush, you got to do the time." I'm like, "All right, I'll I'll do the time." So we start, you know, and I'm doing all the hand stuff. I learned in choir, you know, from the from the director because sometimes when Mister Reed would be out, he'd have me maybe direct the choir that day, and 
okay so i was the most musically gifted guy at the time or whatever i didn't think that there was other kids that were i thought that were better than me but but my rhythm and singing and everything was was good for choir so i was like okay so i'm the guy so like so we start oh say oh say and there's this delay from the echo of the of the sound (laughs) system from where you're at at home plate how it comes out of the speakers and this is my first introduction to this is physics you know like (laughs) this is what engineers deal with i was like the doppler effect holy shit so the thing goes oh say oh say and then it's going oh it's bouncing and the pitches are changing as it's coming back and we're hearing all shit you know and so i see my buddies you know tom joe and Vern, look at me go i go holy shit i'm like watch my hand you know like so I had to completely lock out the delay and keep us going. Yeah. Right here, right here, right here. Just concentrate on me. I'm right here. It hit me quick, but I recognized it quick and I understood what it was. And so I was like, okay, we're going right here, boys. Right here, boys. Watch the hand. Watch the hand. And I got us through it, you know. And that was like the first, my first thing of it should be, oh, I'm just singing this thing. This is a great experience. No, it was like literally the wheels almost fell off of it immediately. You know what I'm saying? To, to be like oh shit so you know like the skiing thing maybe i don't know i i've always been sort of fortunate in that regard to where when something like that would happen i could i could get it i could save it i could get it back up get, get it back up and running again yeah. uh and that's always stuck with me man and that that's helped me a lot too in like emceeing shows like when you know when you're a front man for a band uh things go wrong you know yeah. guitar strings break you know shit fails now you got to cover so uh yeah. you know and i i i'd like to think i do a pretty good job of that you know I, i've gotten some compliments over the years on my ability to to front a band um but it's just damage control you know but i do i do enjoy the banter with the crowd you know because yeah. it's my chance to talk with them uh outside of the uh the norms and and honestly i grew to love it i actually love it i love not that i love the you know, just to, to, to be talking to the audience all the time. I just love it when things don't go according to plan sometimes and you have to improvise. I think that's where the magic is. Yeah. You know, when, when something goes down and you go, you know, you start breaking into a song you never even thought of doing, you know, or, or, or maybe you're covering a little bit, making a joke, you know. Uh, nowadays, I don't, I don't know about it. I don't think I'll be making any jokes anymore. Everyone's so woke. Uh, you know, I was never a very controversial guy anyway, but, 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 um, uh, I certainly love the interaction, and when things would go wrong, uh, like that, like it did in that my very first time on a big stage, it went wrong immediately, and I was able to gather the guys back and let's go team. You know, that goes back to that team thing. You know, hey, they're counting on me. This is my part. This is my gap. I got to get in that gap. You know, I don't, I don't keep that time going. We tank on national television, and that's not gonna, that'll stick with us forever. I was very aware <laughs> of the moment. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of how it went down. You know, I'll never forget my, my buddy, Tom sword fighter guy from the, his bottom lip was like, was like shaking. Like, it was like, uh, it was the bass, you know? So he's like trying to hold these notes and you can just see it, you know, the fear and, it, and the lip was just going uh, like that. And we, we still have that to this day. I'll, I'll never forget that lip like that. You know, it was like, it almost fucked me up, you know. I was yeah, focusing yeah. on it too much, you know. Like, I gotta stop looking at this dude's lip, you know. He's gonna, he's gonna fuck me up, you know. And the rockets, right? Uh, could you imagine? It'd been horrible. 
So, so yeah, those, the, the, again, I, I get the, that team thing, big, big deal, man, big deal in order to understand how to operate under pressure, operate, you know, in a capacity with others who might collapse under that pressure, right. Uh, which is a big thing. Um, and understanding that you've got their back and, and giving them the confidence that they need to know that you're there for them. Yeah. As a singer, I feel like that's my job. That's my main job for the band. The band is supposed to have my back, you know, technically, right? They're they're providing the backdrop for me to perform on. And, that, and I expect that. That is their job, you know? If there's any a lead singer disease moment, I guess you're allowed to have as a lead singer is that, well, your fucking band better know the song, you know? Because, yeah. you know, you're singing it. But you better know what the fuck you're doing up there and you better sing your ass off because your bandmates are playing their butts off. So you give 100%. Now, if they fail, if they fall, you got to pick them up. How do you do that? You got the microphone right here. You got it. You got the, you have the power. You're the most power on the stage. That's right. When you're the singer of a band. You are the, the, you are the focal point. Correct. And you, you hold that lightsaber of, of you know, the, you have the force, as, as I like to say. You know, the force is with you, young, young Padawan. So when you have the force, uh, you know, you 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 need to wield it when you need to wield it, and especially when there's a technical issue or something like that. Now you need to wield it. How do you wield it? You have to be honest. You have to connect with the audience in a in a new way. You yeah. can't just sing. You know, now you need to connect with them in a real way, and that is a challenge in itself when you're in your own country. Now do that around the world yeah. you know that's where it's interesting but i love it so what i would do is and this is and i started to get back and doing this again after the accident and i was telling talking earlier about all this was that i was able to go out and experience the local area talk to maybe some people see some cool sites and it was a way for me to not only love the experience of being on the road, because I'm away from my family and it sucks a lot of times, you know, yeah. you, you miss them, you miss the kids, you miss your wife, you miss your friends, miss your community, like we were talking about. And so what's the best thing? Get to know the community you're in, live in the moment, be there. And so I was doing that, absorbing the culture, meeting people, making friends, uh, doing all that stuff again. It was fun. And then something would go wrong in the show maybe that night. Well, guess what? I got something to talk about. Hey, I was uh, down by the, there's, there's, there's this castle down by the river. Oh, label, 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 label. You're like, oh, yeah, you know that. Yeah, I love that. That was really cool. So I heard the history of it. So as soon as I can touch on something that is identifiable to, to my fans in that area, it's a great experience because they know I give a fuck about where they come from. You know, yeah. they, they, they know they care about their culture. They know I care about the, the experience of being there. And I'm grateful for that. So in a way it's like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool double-edged sword. Not only do I get to enrich my, enlighten myself with the experience of being there, but I also get to connect deeper with the audience when given the opportunity, because I have a chance to, you know, to, to, uh, to interact with them and bring them even more closer to the experience because it's a unique experience to see a show, right? Something that you don't, I was Symphony X there, they're like comets, you know, they're very rare occasions that come around the, the, the solar system every five years. Here comes Symphony X. Oh, it's got to be on the record. Oh, this one's five, seven years. Oh, here they come. You know, so that's what Symphony X's career has been like, right? So, so hopefully, uh, you know, you know, not to give anything away too much, but obviously we're, we're working now to, yeah. for, for Symphony X's comet to come back through the system again. So did I, we're, did we're, I we're, see a date? in new york with hawken next year or later this year or is that am i thinking of something else 
You're talking about tour dates? Yeah. Yeah, we 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 were supposed to do this 25 year anniversary tour back back in 2020. So we're still have we still want to do that. So okay, <clears throat> we've been working on material now, but we still want to do that run. I mean, all the booking agents they they're like, there's no loss here in terms of the public interest, and the fans want to see you, dude. So so just do this run, then get your record out, whatever you want to do. But we're here. The the, the people are here. So so that's kind of like what we're thinking and. I think it's a good way to go and, and we can follow that up immediately with the material that we've been working on the new record and and everyone's going to be i think into it and stuff and that's going to be great for symphony x uh but uh i don't want to sit around and start to like you know i know mike doesn't either just trying to get a new record done and when everything opens back up again because that's when all the excitement is there like, yeah we want to be we want to be a part of the excitement you know, we had already planned to be out there, so we might as well just go out and do that. And that's what we're planning on doing. Yeah. Everybody wants to see that tour. Everybody's excited to see the the dates rescheduled. So, um, Yeah, because we're going to touch on tunes that we haven't done, you know, in so long. It's a, it's a quote-unquote 25-year thing. And, you know, I've been trying to talk with the guys, and um, we, we haven't – we've been talking a little bit about what we're going to do. You know, um, I'd like to see the band try and cover as much ground as possible. Maybe we can have different shows and different nights. That's something that the dream, the DT guys are great at. You know, they've always done that. We've been more like, let's lock into something super solid and perfect the shit out of it. So every now when people come see us, you know, we're giving, we're giving that really, really awesome sort of performance, maybe with a few variants here and there, but the core songs are there. The core experience is there. And we're offering the same core experience to our fans. That was kind of our, 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 are thinking like you know like we don't want to go to some town and have them complain that they didn't get to see those songs because we're saying uh, because there's always yeah. a downside to it, right with the fans they you're always going to disappoint somebody in that scenario yeah um and we didn't want to do that so we figure if everybody got the same you know got the same thing no one can complain right everyone would be happy with, you're still gonna get people that aren't happy that they didn't get to hear what they wanted to hear but the majority of people got to hear the, what they wanted and so everyone, you know the majority of people are happy and so we're, we're we are trying to make our fans happy and that's what we're trying to do um and not just the diehard ones that know you know oh russell allen he 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 hiccuped on this one part in oh, in yeah. minute 282 of the <laughs> there isn't even 282 minutes i hate that you know, i hate when guys do that you get my but that, I love them too. They're, they're that's great that you give fuck enough to know that kind of detail. That's yeah. great. But you have to also understand that you know you live in a space in the in the fans in the fan universe that that is a, a very small small minute space, and and you know we want to try and cater that that need and and we do sometimes throw some 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 nuggets out there to give to those di- those those diehards. But at the end of the day, we. We're kind of a victim of also the technology that's out there because we get all the data back on the streaming that you're talking about. What yeah. are people listening to? Yeah. What are the fans listening to? What's the number one song they're listening to right now? You know, what what is that? That's maybe a song we might want to play for them. You know, yeah. like like that's that's kind of how we've we've evolved to like listen not only to the we we don't the comments are great, but it's the fans' actions. So actions still speak louder than words yeah. in this world we live in, yeah. you know. It still means something. What do you do? What you do is really more important sometimes than what you say. I know that flies in the in the face of well, certain comments no, thinking these days, but like it's it's actions are important, you know. And so we we see the fans' actions, we see what sure. they're listening to, 
and we try and react to that, you know, and, and so we know that we're responding to the majority of what the fans want and not just some, some really, you know, a small niche of, of very loud voices, which are great voices. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy and, and love the fact that they're so passionate. So in, in, in not to contradict that point I just made, but I would, I do want to do something special on these shows to offer that type of experience to some of those fans that have been waiting to hear right. certain songs that we just don't do anymore or haven't done in a long time. Because in my mind, it's like, well, if it's 25 years, well, we got to cover 25 years, right? So yeah, it's still, it's still pick, for me, I got to go back through and sing shit that I haven't sang since I was like 20 something years old. You know, but not that it's you know that big a deal for me, but I still got to get ready for it. I got to get mentally prepared, physically prepared. What are we doing? So that, that's a whole thing too. The sports thing has helped me be in shape for, for singing and, and, and have to, my longevity is because I, I physically, you know, I, I get my, my abs going. I get, you know, as you know, strength is all in the core yeah. diaphragm muscles. Nothing works better than getting your sit-ups going and doing your lat exercises and stuff like, you don't have to look like the rock, but you know, you, you know, yeah. having core strength, you know, you can, you can discreetly increase your core strength with, and wear a t-shirt and no one would know you were working out yeah. really. It's That's not true. a big deal, but it is a big deal if you want to be a singer that has has, has longevity. Well, because if you force through your throat, you're going to kill yourself, and it's going to be done. Right. Well, you um, with the Symphony X stuff in particular, you were alluding to this. You um, the the fandom there, um, it's comprised uh, in large part too of musicians, like because they they're um, they're players. They're yeah. you know they're aspiring. Some of them are are in groups that are doing kind of okay. But the point is, is that like they, they know, so they, they put you under a microscope. And so, and that's okay. I think critique is all fine. Um, I was, I was yeah. just, there's a, there's a level at which that becomes, I think, counterproductive to fandom. Um, and, and, and the other side of that for me, which you were talking about earlier with live shows is there's a certain charms, the wrong word, because that makes I think that sounds too trivial, but there's, uh, there's something about the live experience with all of its imperfections that I think is kind of really cool. Um, and mm -hmm. whether that's a vocalist or uh, like, I remember I was at a, at a lynch mob show and the, it was their first record and their singer must've missed the cue because um, they came on stage. They got warmed up by Steelheart. They came on stage and the singer forgot. And so George Lynch and the band went into just a free form jam, you know, a, a, a la spinal tap, just, Freeform jam. And it was the coolest thing because Eric Smalls, he wrote this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, uh, it was so cool because it was completely unscripted. You were hearing something that they were creating on the in the moment. Um, and you you were talking about that, like you don't want things to go wrong, but when they do, creating those moments for the like I talk about that now still. Right. right? And that's my point though. That is my point. Yeah, having these those moments, uh, you know. Everybody, everybody holds the breath for a second, right? You know, it's like, oh no. And then, but when you, when you get back up on the tightrope, you know, or get back up on the ski, and you're sailing again, and or you're walking in again, everyone's like, wow, that was cool. You remember the time when? And so you're giving it a, a unique experience, like you just said. Those, it, look for me, it's it, I and I, I know this might sound like a shock to a lot of people, but I cannot specifically remember a lot of those show moments in my, I can't, I just don't, you know what I remember? 
I remember going to that castle I told you about on the river that day. I remember meeting this person in the street. I remember, I remember the interactions I had that were unique yeah. to my experience doing this job. And that was the people I've met, the places I've seen. I, I know it sounds kind of silly. It's like, well, that's just tourism. Well, yes, it's called going on tour because those are the daily things that are different in the experience. The Groundhog Day thing is sound check, pre, you know, pre-dinner, show, after, you know, whatever, pack up, go to the next town. A lot of that stuff is just wa- a lost in the sauce for me because it's a, it's a daily sort of grind that you get into. You yeah. remember certain things, certain shows, certain highlights, watermarks, whatever you want, what you call it. But for me, like yourself, as a, as a fan listening to something, I remember the different things. I remember the things that were unique, things that stood out, things that I, that, that, that moved me in a certain way. So to, it's a kind of a full circle experience. So me as the artist going out and, 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 and experiencing something in the local culture uh, and, and absorbing that, really truly absorbing that, and then, then have an opportunity to share that with the audience during a, a, a thing. Even if it's singing like a local custom, like a song or a style that, that oh, is yeah. only unique to, that, to there, you know? Like in South America, a lot of, a lot of you know, country, they'll be, oh, way, oh, way, oh, way, oh, way, oh, way, oh, way. That's something they sing at football games, right? Yeah. So it's just fun. I'll just start that chant, you know, when something breaks down, you know, uh, you know, and I'll just do like some silly river dance on stage just to, as a, as a goof, you know, but the crowd just, they, the people love that. I love being that sort of, you know, clown in the moment sometimes or bringing that sort of like energy into a, a metal show which is so like you know powerful and just uh, bombastic at times you know to have that sort of human aspect to it creates those magic moments and to me that that's that's the beauty of uh, that's the greatest part of my job as a frontman is having those interactions with the audience that are unscripted yeah that uh that makes a ton of sense and it's and it's kind of cool to hear um from you know from the artist side and the things that they they take time to do. I don't, I know the touring schedules can be really, really demanding, but um, sounds like at least sometimes you're able to get out and kind of break the script a little. Well, I, honestly, it's not sometimes it's all the time. Like okay. that, that's my lifeblood out there. If we, there's guys in the band that will, they'll stay in the hotel room all day. They'll do the show. They'll, they'll stay in the dress room all day. They'll never leave. They'll never go anywhere. That's just what their comfort zone is, you know? You know, um, luckily I can get out. There's, there's, uh, there's, you know, it's, it's really me and the drummer, me and Rulo are the ones that like to get out the most. So we'll get other guys to come with us, you know, and sometimes we get the whole band, especially like in Rome or something like that, or somewhere, somewhere big where we really want to get out and see stuff. That those are great days for the band, for the team, you know, for the team to yeah. go out and, and enjoy each other's company in a place that, you know, it's a rarity for us to visit in life. It's, it's a, that's a, that's that one of the perks of the job of course is to get to see places on the planet that you'd never really get to see i i could never have afforded to take my family to australia for example or, right. or things like that or go to japan or, or, or have these great moments in life to see to be on the acropolis you know in greece and athens and stuff and and, yeah. and share those moments with with these guys it's um you know our band is unique and i think me and Romeo are pretty close. I'm not so we're I'm not buddy buddy with everybody in the band on it. And we don't talk all the time. But when we're in that bus, it's like we never drop the beat. Hey, how's it going? How's your life? Okay, great. Boom. Let's let's do this. So 
it's kind of worked. I always think of the Song Remains the Same movie, you know, where there's Jimmy Page is off, you know, grinding the thing to summon the devil or whatever the fuck he was doing. And then, you know, plants down by the river and his, and his, you know, you know, sort of hippie lifestyle with his kids at the time. And John Paul Jones has got the family life, you know, basically, you know, his wife's cooking the dinner. And then there's John Bonham out there racing his car, you know, doing this whole hot rod stuff. So these men had totally different lifestyles, yeah. right? And like same like us, and it's the same. And I remember thinking, and John Paul Jones like Tuesday, these are tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And then they're on the plane. That's our life. That is our life. And it's hilarious. You know, I used to watch that and dream about, you know, God, maybe that could be us someday. You know, and it happened. You know, it was that. You know, we would get tour dates, and then we 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 just we all have our own symphony X's like this. Obviously, yeah, you know, all have our lives, and we come together. And then we go, and then we're a team. We're out there on the road. We're a family doing our thing, and that's how it works. And and we're so lucky that we've been able to operate in that capacity. Because I think when you're too close, sometimes right, the fighting starts and bands explode, and and all this other crap, egos clash, blah blah blah. We had our challenges over the years, but most I you know I love those guys. I, you know I, I take a bullet for them. I I don't really want to at this point in my life. Knock on wood. But if I had to, I would. You know. Uh, uh, the point is, is that, you know, they're my brothers, they're, they're my bandmates, they're my teammates, they're my family. So when I'm out there, I've got their back, and like we were saying, you know, and they've got mine and we, we're a group. And, and that's, that's held us through. I mean, you know, that's kept us going. And so, um, you know, we're all very different and, and that's just the way it is, but we're able to uh, come together, which is, which is a great thing. And, and I think most bands uh, struggle with that. You know, For most sure. bands, I think, struggle with that to keep that, to keep the longevity there. Uh, to keep the to keep the the group together based on just life changes a lot of times but it's mostly interest and ego you know you gotta go look at that we were able to kind of separate church and state if you will you know we, we kind of kept our our beliefs and all the things that we do on the side and when we come together we're we're out there on campaign and we're getting it getting it done and we're all about the fans we're all about giving the best show we can every night and that's the goal that's the focus and so and all the other stuff is just fun side side show nonsense you know we always looked at it like that we never really took ourselves too seriously obviously uh you know um we had a good time out there and so the symphony x has always been my sort of like gold standard for my touring career uh, in terms of how i like the tour being you know, everybody that we hire the crew is like friend you know we, we call it i was i was playing video games in the drum tech not too long ago i turned him on to this game i feel bad i turned him on to the game we were playing then i got into another game he's still playing out i was like oh, i see him on on discord on there he's playing that game he's busting my balls hey you play that again huh? you gotta be hooked on this shit and uh so but he's a great guy he's a great guy he's he's a part of the crew um and uh it's it's i love i i love the crew uh you know i i, I don't know how other singers feel about that and but you know i guess because of my sports background i'm a big crew guy you know yeah. i don't have to have a separate dressing room for everybody and you know, sometimes if I, if, you know, I'm six foot four, so if we're like in a cramped space, it is nice if I can have a place just to kind of put my shit. I used to have a wardrobe case that it was pretty big because I, my clothes would be just stinking and sweat, just, you know, I work really hard up there. So um, my clothes are a, a testament to that effort, you know, and so sometimes we so much salt in them. I thought they were going to walk out of the box by themselves and they're so stiff and you have to, so sometimes, you know, I'd say, hey, just put the box over in that room over there and I'll just go to it when I need to. And I spent most of the day or whatever with the guys in the, in the room. And the Symphony X is interesting. I mean, just to give some insight, I don't know if we, any of us have ever talked about it, but um, 
we uh the crew comes in and out of our room you know pretty much all the time we only ask it's like hey give us like five minutes before the gig or 10 minutes before the gig but usually those guys are setting up anyway at that time right they're not coming in the room anyway they're on the stage set everything up making sure that everything's tuned everything's good so we don't really see them there, there anyway that's like our only sort of like band rule just so we can all sort of like focus on what's coming up you know so like let's tune in to the to the goal get ready and let's hit the stage and we're, we're on it and so that's like the only thing but during the course of the day it's like oh everybody all the guys the girls whoever's working for us you know you want some food our food's your food i love that i i'm, I'm all about that because like again that's a team thing i i i'm just as important or, or excuse me i'm no more important than the guitar tech i am no more important than the driver of the bus i am no more important than the person working in catering that day i'm no more important than anybody else that's working to make that show a reality to give yeah. me the chance and my bandmates a chance to entertain people that's a huge huge part of of, of it and i think of being successful for a long period of time because promoters recognize that and they have you back and they love to see you again and you know it also helps when maybe your numbers aren't that great and maybe you're not selling out every show so vx has been fortunate we've always done very well but there's been lower times where we when we that promoter they'll book you again why because they believe in in your ethics they believe in your work effort they know things are going to come back for a good band like you so you come you do a killer show for a half empty room and that's happened to us and then boom we come back a couple years later and it's sold the fuck out you know and there's smiles all around. Why? Because if you're a dick, the band's a bunch of assholes and you go down that road, they're the first people that want to knock you off the cliff, right? Because you were asshole about it. Right. I never felt like that was a good play, you know, especially at the intermediate level when you're trying to get, you know, just, you're just making a living. That's we're working musicians. We're not rock stars. You know, I can put on the rock star magic when I have to on that stage, but I, you know, I live in a modest house, you know, and I'm, and I'm doing my, my stuff and I'm very fortunate to have what I have, but I worked my ass off for it, you know, and I'm proud of that. And I think that, yeah. you know, people know that we always show up, we do our best. We treat people with respect wherever we go, local crew uh, and, and the crew that work for us. You know, I've always been, I've always loved the crew. I really love the crew. I, I even, you know, I've had crew guys that we call them star techs, you know, star techs because yeah, like they work for the artists and they'll come down, they'll work for us little guys, you know. And it's fun. One guy, you know, he was so he was such a ball buster, but I loved it, man. But boy, he's rubbed some people the wrong way everywhere we went. Uh-huh. So it's become an issue. And I was like, look, dude, I'm fine with you know your the, what you what, what you do on the bus to the guys in the band and with us and everything. You want to be that dude, be that ball buster and be a dick and everything. I'm cool with it. Don't just don't do it to the locals where we go because it's a bad reflection on us as a, as an organization. That's my only rules, dude. And he was like, no, it's cool. I get that. Because he was really young and brash. And, you know, he's still in the business. He's gotten older now. He, he's he's uh, very he, he's very good at what he does. He's one of the best guitar techs I've ever seen in the business ever. Uh, his knowledge, the way he can, what he can do. And uh, in, in, in a pinch, what he can do. Uh, I always had an affinity for the crew because as a singer, uh, you know, as a front man, I need to make sure the band is functioning properly, right? Yeah. So, I took I took interest in it early on and understood the importance of the tech and you know as a singer um, you know understanding the confidence level of your of your of your artists around you is important. Having a great technician that supports that player raises their confidence level on stage. You know 
It really does, especially if you have an artist uh, who is a little maybe insecure about certain things. Sometimes guitar players can get caught up in that. You know, you have all this gear, and you know, you know, something goes wrong. And it's like, oh fuck, you know, they they lot the patches aren't programmed right. They, they lose where they are. You can sense that there's something wrong, you know. Yeah. And that sense of doubt spreads like a disease on stage. You know, you don't want that. So having a great tech that can really fix things quickly and keep that energy going. You break a string, hey, hey I broke a string. Guitar player laugh it off. Because everybody knows you break the guitar string. That's not the problem. When you get the guitar back and it's completely out, it's you know, there's only so many mistakes the public's going to let you slide on because they're fucking paying you to be there, right? Yeah. So, so like, I always took that seriously. I took that, you know, they're paying our hard-earned money to see the band. And I need that band behind me confident. This is the leadership, I guess, aspect of my captain of the football team experience too coming into play yeah kind of captaining the pirate ship in a way not telling the band what to do or anything like that just making sure the band is taken care of the officers on my ship are, are really really well yeah. supported and and then that is also you know supporting the crew is most is really important this is kind of like unspoken stuff i mean most metal bands i came across kind of operate in the same manner you know because uh, you're riding with the crew every day you get to know them as people you get kind of other strengths and weaknesses and what makes it tick. And I was always very acutely, uh, uh, you know, keen to those things. And I interacted with them a lot. And I kind of thought that I had the final say on who we hired and fired, but I definitely, you know, had some sway in that department. But it's always up to the artist, the the the, uh, the musician, who he wants, who or he or she wants to have 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 their back. I can only look at them and say that I think this person would be great for you because A, B, C, and D. You know, just based on my observations of what of what they can do, yeah. and because I have a little bit of a technical background with playing instruments, and I know some stuff. You know, I can play guitar, piano, drums, bass, harmonica. Ooh, hey, where's my harmonica tech? But you know, I, I do have a, a a good sort of sense. I am in no way I'm uh, you know a guitar player like any of the people I've ever played with in that sense. Uh, but I understand the instrument. And I understand how it's built. I understand the, you know some of the dynamics of it and the technical side of it. Uh, and so, like, I, I feel like I can give a pretty good opinion about sort of some of the technical things, but I'm more or less looking at the emotional side of things, I guess you could say, or the support side of things. So I, you always ask the question, hey, is this guy, you know his shit? Yeah, he knows his shit. When, so, so how do you feel? I feel like this guy's going to be there when you need that, when you need that, that's those sticks in the, in the pinch. You need that stick. You need a symbol goes down. I think he's, I think he's, this is our guy. And, he, and then, by the way, I, he manages the stage really well because I was in medieval times, right? So I, I went through the ranks of that. I was a show director at one point in time. Mm. I was the head of sound and lighting for a while. Uh, I, I had a lot of experience, in, 15 years experience in the show business doing the dinner theater circuits and understanding how those shows operate. I had 75 people working for me at one point in time. So I have a little bit of management you know, experience in that regard too on how to you know, make a show work. So I can kind of kind of gauge people's experience, you know, levels based on that. And I've always been really proud of the fact that we've always had really great crews with the band, um, you know, uh, really good people, you know, uh, and 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 some some really great people that sometimes put up with my shit. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not perfect. I had my nights where I was just fucking, why did I drink that black tooth? You know, is you know just acting like a complete lunatic, uh, you know, um, you know. And but at the next day, it's all hugs all around. It's like, yeah, thank you for saving my ass last night. I was a complete idiot. Uh, you know, but they'll do that because they, they on a daily you respect and love them. You know, yeah. when you that's the whole thing that you said. 
they got your back, you know, when you fall, you know, yeah. if I was just, douche, you know, some douchebag guy that just, just pissed on everybody. Of course, when I fall, what do they do? They, they applaud. They're like, yeah, let him fucking drown. You know, they don't help you, you know, they, cause they want to see you fall, you know, and they don't want to see you get back up. But everybody, when you treat people with love and respect and you fall, it breaks their heart and they want to see you stand up again. Luckily for me, uh, I, it hasn't broken me completely, but that's kind of all brings it all full circle to what you were saying before about where I am in my, my life, where I am in my career. You know, I have fallen in a sense because I had these terrible things happen to me, my friends, and I lost, you know, these. So I know that there's a lot of love and support out there for me. And then, then it's really up to me now. And I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm getting up, you know, inch by inch. I'm stepping back up. And, uh, and this is this today is obviously a part of that process. So, but I'm really happy that I did it. I'm, I'm, I've enjoyed our conversation. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on your show. I think it's been a great experience so far. Very fun for me. No, me too. <laughs> me too. I, uh, I'm sorry I, I talked so much, but I had a lot to say, my friends. No, so. don't, don't apologize for that. I, 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 um, your, your audience. That. I, don't, I think the people who are with us love this and the people who that will see it and hear it later. Because my, I don't really fashion myself a journalist. I kind of, to be honest with you, I got into doing this whole show and, and Amazon. I, I, when we got put in touch, I, I, um, I said, look, I'm, I'm not a journalist and not a radio personality. I, I, what I want to do is I want to talk to musicians that I respect because I'm a musician first. And I just want to have mm-hmm. like real conversations um, to try and dimensionalize these people um, to, because I think their music's important. I know that sounds super maudlin, and I, I don't want any um, any blowback from you know about the thrill and the metal and all the stuff. Um, yes, that's all great, but I also think that there's uh, there's a a level with the music that that satisfies other really important needs, and I think and even just as entertainment, it should not be marginalized. And um, so I wanted to do this show to talk to people like yourself in order to try and and bring more audience to your music um, right. um well i appreciate it we de- we definitely appreciate what you're doing and like i said it's this is the new frontier right i mean this is where you know people like you and and, and getting this this uh in, in this engagement out there with with the world is, is where it's at and you know the the, the label sold us down the river a long time ago. Yeah. you know they, they they did and and I, in my heart of hearts i, I gotta imagine nobody nobody does anything in this in this world really with bad intention i i don't believe that i think most people anyway even like a business they're trying to survive they're trying to keep their employees employed they have competitors record companies trying to survive this whole streaming thing comes on you know this thing called napster hit and then this guy named lars is out there and everybody shit shit on this dude because he was trying to tell everybody this is going to be a fucking problem someday oh you're just rich and then and it's like oh man I knew that was a mistake that when people were starting to say shit like that to him, yeah, they successfully got it down, but no laws are really passed. And what happened? Another one sprung up and another one and another one. So here we are. And the labels were like, well, if we can't beat them, join them, you know? So that's what they did. So they turned around and took all the monetization out of, of intellectual property being sold in the physical sense. It's pretty much gone, but even in the digital realms, you know, that's disappearing. And that's really sad because, People like me, you know, who, who uh, we're, we're not the Lars guys, but I'm proud that Lars tried to stand up for us. And I, I would encourage and, and ask, oops, sorry. 
I would encourage and ask, you know, my fellow, my colleagues at the higher levels today, just to open up, open their their mouths and say something because I know it might be a little too late. Probably is too late, but at some point it would be nice to get to get our our industry back. You know, and yeah. it'll never be what it was. It can't it'll never go back. be like what it was. It can't go back to what it was before. No, digitalization changed um, availability. Um, One second. No worries. It's a podcast. What's up? Oh, I was just trying to tell. I was just trying to tell you. I went to Evans. I didn't get the call you because I got there. My phone was dead, so I plugged it in. Forgot about my phone, and I guess someone unplugged it. So when I went to get it, it was also dead. Yeah, well, I was wondering, but I figured maybe you talked to mom. Mom's home now. Yeah. All right. All right, I'll be done in a bit. All right. Well, thanks for telling me, Jack. Tie your shoes. Well, just tie your shoes anyway. It's a good, it's a good habit. Keep you from tripping on the pirate ship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just, I'm going back to talk to you. Okay, all right. <laughs> Got to do dad duty. <laughs> oh, dude, it never ends. Tie your shoes. It's a good habit. <laughs> That's a great time. So it's great. I love it. He, he's, he's a really, really good kid. I'm yeah. really, really to have such a such a good kid he came in here to tell me that hey dad i couldn't text you because i was i was looking at my phone before in the interview i was like waiting to hear from him um but i figured you know he got a hold of my wife but he's like he came to tell me hey i didn't get to do it because this this and this he's really good like that very responsible yeah that's good he's very he's responsible you know and and that's the best i can hope for us is that he's growing up he's responsible for his actions and you know taking taking ownership of things that he does wrong and that's that's you know that's a big deal you know that's trying to teach everyone yeah, I, not to... Aaron one on one, but yeah, I I agree with you. It's never going to go back the way it was, but it, it would be nice if we could find a new way to monetize our digital li- licenses uh, in a in a meaningful way, and that all starts with laws. You know, yeah. if the if the law of the land changed tomorrow and you couldn't stream people's music for free anymore, as the, like they do now, or the rates drastically changed, yeah. then it would be better for musicians. You know, uh. But the, but the rates we get, and to have these streaming companies turn around and brag about it, you know, about how money, about their profits, that really that really smacks us in the face, you know. Like it's a it problem. Really, it, it's a it, like know, where, where I was going there is is the um with the with the the shift to digitalization and away from physical media, even though there is a nice niche market for vinyl and CDs. The the piracy, you're right. The the labels said, well, look, um, and and digital streaming platforms cropped up to say, if people are going to go get free music, let's find a way to monetize it. But then what what? Like, like I said, good intentions. Best uh, everybody starts out with good intentions. But but it is true what you say. The the um the labels who were suffering so badly are now in this new heyday of revenue. Um, because they own all the publishing rights and they're getting this this significant streaming money, but the artist is the one that's suffering it's even less than like uh, even worse than in some ways than when people were just pirating because there is money, but the artist is not getting any. I I um I watched something online not too long ago. I think I mentioned this the other day. Mike Mike Portnoy, um, he, he came out with some statement because the, the head of one of these streaming platforms says, well, the problem is, is musicians need to make more music. And Mike said, I'm going to make eight records this year and make pennies from my streaming royalties. So it's not about like being active and making music. It's about 
the the formulation of whatever however they decide to pay out revenue on these streams yeah. is is criminal i mean it's um yeah you know that guy might as well have said to portnoy work harder slave yeah make more you know yeah. the problem is you're not offering enough for us to consume and that's that's really a a, a terrible authoritarian you know a position that we've given these these companies and yeah. when you're on your own it's great our if you could sail the high seas and get out there in digital world and be your own your own person uh that's a good thing um but the problem is when you don't have a established base like somebody like mike does and myself or other guys you're you're struggling yeah uh and, and to even get heard period um and so there's all these algorithms that are programming these things that filter music to certain people, you know, and, and it's not like terrestrial radio where the radio, it's on the radio. You, you like the song, you turn it up, you, turn, you don't like it, you turn it off and millions of people hear it. Now it's all catered, you know. Yeah. So you have a really tough time getting out of your stereotype. That's right. And. And, and your genre label box, which is the worst fucking thing humanity's ever created. Well, the uh, it stifles creativity. It stifles discovery of, of, exactly of art, right. and and it makes the world predictable and unfun, in my opinion. It, it homogenizes like, things. That's like that's like for, if every show went perfect for me and nothing went wrong, and I could never improvise as an MC. That sucks. Yeah. And that's what boxes do. It labels everything. So nothing's a surprise. Well, it's it's you know? um the discovery thing I think is a really Terrible. important point because it what it does is the algorithm yeah, comes I back mean and that says the discovery process that we're I'm talking about the where the label boxing is a problem is in the discovery process. Yeah. That's where it really sucks. I'm not saying you can't organize your all your stuff into really neat little boxes. No, no, no. Yeah. Or your house is a mess. Hey, go for it. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes it's nice when you find a $20 bill and a pair of pants you forgot about. You know, sometimes that's a good feeling, right? That's what it's like to discover a new band I, that you didn't know about before because, because of, of an algorithm that you didn't know it or whatever. You just found it. Isn't that a great feeling? What happened to that? It's very rare. That's because the, if you don't, yeah. That's the problem with the algorithms is that um, someone who, who listens to um, let's say they listen to um, symphonic metal. All of a sudden, the algorithm says, that's all I'm going to show you because we think that that's what you'll buy. So the next time a really good progressive metal comes out, uh, band comes out or something, we don't, they don't ever see it. It used to be nope. that at the very least, there was like a set, a set of editors who at least like humans who'd say, here's some cool stuff that came out, really diverse. Like I, I talked to someone who said that they, they compared it to New York um uh, radio in or in earlier days where you'd hear like you could hear everything and so and so it was truly like sampling you didn't like everything but um it wasn't like having to listen to the exact same style all the time and the algorithm tries to feed you feed that back to you um in order to sell you something um so you know right but and what you know and i agree and that's the problem because it's it's a machine it's a machine yeah it, you know we did a whole album on this you know you know, called Iconoclast and the, the rise of the machines and all this, other, all this other stuff. It's like, you know, you know, you're thinking, oh, maybe we watched one too many Terminator movies. No, it was really about the rise of this, this computer science uh, as, as being the main, you know, right. the main 
uh, driving force of, of life on, on of human life, dictating patterns. And we've got these supercomputers now that are smarter than we are. You know, it's a big problem. Uh, science doesn't get doesn't doesn't get to talk about it much because it's not a hot button topic. You know, and that kind of shit always kind of floats around the background of of, of the world's attention because it does it's something that's it's not fathomable to people yet. Like UFOs used to be. Oh, I don't know. Those aren't real. People oh, drink a little too much, you know, moonshine out in the boonies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what, everybody? The military's come out and said that they that they're there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, 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 it's swamp gas still. Those pilots can't be. These guys are trained professional observers that see yeah. and know the size of objects of other things in the sky that try to kill them. All, and and the and the things that they yeah. do defy physical law as we know it, right? Correct. So, so yeah. now the paradigm has shifted and the public has to come to terms with this reality, you know, yeah. and it's like, it, it's just, it's, it harkens back to all that, that stuff. You know, we are programmed to a certain extent, but like you said, it used to be by humans yeah. and now we're getting programmed by computers. Well, and so what's the future look like now? What does the absolute future look like? Because a computer, they're trying to program in empathy and emotional stuff, but you're, you're counting on a processes that you don't know how it will respond. You know, yeah. you, you know, we're, we're messing with nature on an unprecedented level now. You know, I know we're getting way off topic. Stuff, oh, this but is, I love for this. all you songwriters out here, this is, this is the cool stuff because you got to be paying attention to the world around you in order to draw inspiration to, to make music that's relevant to your time, right? Yep. So like, this is what we're all dealing with. And so obviously good writers will mask these topics, you know, in very artistic ways and speak about them. Other guys that are more of like, you know, the, the social justice warrior type, they will punch you right in the face with reality. And those are cool too. I'm, one of my favorite bands of all time is Rage Against the Machine. Love, oh, yeah. I love those guys. When they came out, when the CL thing was all going on, I'm like, okay, yeah, Nirvana's cool. That's great. These guys over here though, these guys right here, this is this is the shit. This is what the this is what's happening. This is what's going on. These guys are on it. This is rap and rock and and it's political. This is it. This is what's happening. Yeah, they ended up getting their day, but they were never never as big as Pearl Jam and those, those other bands from that time. Right. You know, you know. Yeah, they were they were big and stuff. But and I love you know I loved uh, you know the collaboration with with Cornell after that. Yeah. audio slate but but anyway that that's that that's just to my point you know like music uh needs to you know is is really potent when it reflects the times and stuff like that and there's a lot of stuff going on obviously now there's a lot of controversy about it. anything and everything there's plenty of inspiration out there but there's also a lot of a lot of stifling of of, of creativity because a lot of people are afraid to do anything i i comedians are starting to kind of come around i don't saw john stewart the other day was on you know you know Over. on the late show yeah you know make, talking about a very an unpopular you know idea and but you know i'm hoping that in our world right musicians are pretty powerful we, we we can we can do a lot of a lot of influencing stuff that's really not what i like to do i'm more of i guess an escapist if you will i I want to. I want people to come and enjoy music and like forget about all these problems, you know, and, and just enjoy yeah. the experience of like a fantasy thing, like you were saying. And Symphony X does a lot of the you know classical literature stuff, but there are melodramas within those pieces that that can relate to to a, a, a myriad of topics that are that are in the in the public circle today, the public arena. 
but like um, comedians to me are, are the ultimate um, Plato's of our time, Socrates. Uh, they are the ones that, that uh, I hope that they, that they come out in droves and become uh, comedians again, because without that ability to objectively make, make the jokes about things and, and get us to see the silliness of certain ideologies, uh, when, when they are in check, like, you know, and they're not allowed to think freely and speak freely, we have no objective balance to anything, in my, yeah. my opinion. I, I, I'm a big fan of comedians. I, I you know, the Dave Chappelle's and, and, and all these types of guys who they're just, they're just masters at what they do. Yeah. And as a writer, I, I listen to them a lot and, and, and try and pick apart, you know, kind of their process and, and how they do it. Cause it's fascinates me. You know, I'm, I, I get to MC my band for like a half, half a minute up there and it's an exhilarating experience for me, but to, but to do what they do yeah, and to do an hour of that to me is amazing. You know, I, I, agree. I, I really admire them. Yeah. You, you, and I think, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say guys like, um, I've even seen lately guys like Jerry Seinfeld just, lamenting yeah. a little bit uh the way things are that there's just things you can't tell jokes about um and the the comedian was was precisely the person who whose job it was to make fun of everybody indiscriminately and help right. us and that was a form of um diffusing things and 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 finding sort of common ground you know in laughter and um so I think some of the there there are a number of comedians who've started to talk about that and just say it, we are on the front line of sort of you know commentary about things, and um, mm -hmm. once they once certain things become off limits, um, it's just something to think about really really hard. And uh, I I saw I can't remember what I saw him on, but I I think in in somewhat the same way. Um, Music can do that, and and here's here's an analogy from from what you were talking about. Even if you're not making an overtly political statement in the way the Rage Against the Machine might do, you can create mm -hmm. some sort of narrative inside a, a, a concept record or something that you're writing, sure. where you're where the the fictional people inside the construct are are dealing with issues, and it's really I I say this because of my fiction side. People are willing to sort of if it's not the real world and the real things that we're, we're arguing about, but it's some, a, a separate world. Um, somehow people are able to stipulate to like looking at it without all the passion and division. And so then all of a sudden mm -hmm. they can like to, you know, yeah. see another side and they can kind of understand the journey and the conflict and look at it in a new way. And I don't, I, I'm not suggesting that musicians all go out and do this, but I think, um, I think having a re reflections of this and the kind of stories you tell in your music is really powerful stuff. And, um, and by the way, the interesting thing about that, and you guys have done this in some of your work, is it's also escapism because you're kind of in mm -hmm. going through another story. Um, uh, Everybody's more comfortable watching the car wreck when they're not in it. So, yeah. so you yeah. know, so That's so well when said. you can create a, a, a world like we have done in certain things, like the Five album was a, a huge conflict uh, based on an Atlantean Egyptian mythology that oh, we yeah. created. Uh, you know, um, it allowed us to explore certain geopolitical uh, things that that I think you're right. You nailed it right on the head. And it's, and it's really a really good thing when it's done well. You know, and I think uh, I hope I'm hoping that, you know, we can do something like that. That's not our goal, really. But like sure. you said, to take a story 
and make it make it to where people can see it and and and, and um, relate to it without having all the trappings of the social constructs of the, of the world we're living in now. Like you said, with these knee jerk reactions or hyper passionate about something, they can't see. When you're so deep in your own in your own world, you, you can't objectively see it. Right. You're just living in it. So right. if you have a chance to see that experience through another character's eyes, eventually, hopefully, you you you, you know, people can see that and watch that because it's not directly them, right? That's exactly. But right. they can relate to it, and yeah. some people will cynically do that, and other people will will intellectually look at it and go, "Hmm, I never thought of that." That that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. That's interesting, that character choice there. You know, I, I wouldn't have never thought of that. I didn't even know that was possible yeah. based on the way I've been thinking about things. I think music and comedy in movies and things like that should be opening the human mind and to experience new thought, new ideas, looking at things, offering a, a bunch of different ways to solve a problem, not just one. Yeah. And and when we stop doing that, I think it's, uh, it's, it's dangerous. And it's sad because... We start to, you know, we start to get to that. Everybody gets a McDonald's cheeseburger and that's all there is. Yeah. That's it. You're going to get another hamburger, another hamburger. You're getting a hamburger. What do you want to eat? Uh, you're getting a hamburger, hamburger, you know. Oh, well, what happened to the chicken? We don't do chicken. Yeah. We do hamburger. Yeah. And we don't want to start to fall down that rabbit hole of living in a world where only the accepted uh norm of the whole is is good enough for everybody yeah. like that goes against my pirate goes against the pirate. You know, well and, and know, I, I like the freedom baby i want to i want to sail the sea the high seas of heavy metal and enjoy <laughs> life and and uh you know be a good person and do my best to be a good person and treat everybody with respect and love well, but really? at the same time you know i i don't mind uh you know hitting into that choppy water maybe you know seeing if i could ski on that you know what i'm saying that's like but nowadays it's like everyone's, you know, it's just, a, it's a, it's a really weird world. I'm coming back into, I'm starting to, I, I'm coming back into this too, you know, yeah, cause yeah. I've been out of it for a while and everything like in four years, four or five years has completely gone crazy and changed. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking for inspiration uh, and I'm finding it everywhere, Yeah, you know, with what's going on. And to your point, you know, addressing it, not in the way that maybe that rage, rage was able to do to the, uh, the problems of their day. Uh, but more or less looking at it from, you know, the perspective of as a storyteller and try and maybe see if I can bring some of those things into characters and stuff like that, uh, through, through these works. And that would be really cool. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about, but right now I'm more or less focused on my personal journey and and more things that I've gone, gone through, you know, to get to where I am now, you know? Yeah. So, no, but it's, it's, um, in talking to you, like the the gut feel I get is that, um, as you start to get round to, um, more, more of the the writing of your, as you're coming through this journey and aware as you are of, um, some of the challenges for people to kind of just remain open to, um, dialogue and how that, and how that could be built into the things you do. I think it's really encouraging. Um, you know, it is, it's sort of, it, it is something that progressive metal, I think, does sometimes better than uh, than other genres because it 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 lends itself to, to storytelling. There's so much dynamics in the music, um, but you're you're reminding well, you can you can think outside of the box a little bit because the music already is outside of the box. Yeah. So it's not much of a big stretch to say, okay, well let's let's t- let's put this on there. I mean, uh, progressive music is great like that because because the music is is not bound by any real yeah you know boundary. You can just do what it's you need to convey. Yeah. 
You could paint, you could, you could put on that canvas any color paint you want because that's encouraged. Whereas when you're working within the constraints of a strict, uh, a strict genre, you know, category, you, you can't do that. Yeah. So you can, you can only vary a little tiny bit and it's and it going to be a little bit of a very, it's like if somebody just loves vanilla ice cream, but there's a little, little line of chocolate in there. Oh, I, oh more vanilla. Okay, great. <laughs> that works for everybody yeah. in, in the mainstream world, you know? And what makes your ice cream stand out is that if you got a little bit of something in there that makes it a little tiny bit different, but it's still mostly vanilla, then we're going to love it. Yeah. You know, yeah, let's then... put a gumball. Oh my God, a gumball in vanilla. Oh my <laughs> God, this is the greatest thing. They have gum in vanilla ice cream. You know? And so then everybody licks it and they love it and they love it. And all of a sudden. And then there's the a whole flavor, a whole oh, gum my... flavor line. Yeah. Yeah. This sucks. I, gumballs and ice cream. Who thought this was cool? I don't like this. Like, oh, I don't know. I'm back to vanilla. Back to vanilla. Then all of a sudden, there's chocolate chip cookie dough in this vanilla. Oh my god, raw cookie dough, uncooked in vanilla. Oh, oh, and everybody sucks on that for however long that trend sticks around. So that's kind of how that world works. So you're always kind of constrained creatively within the boundaries of what defines that genre right but with Prague, you can do whatever the fuck you want man yeah. there's no limits that's why you got, you got like a porcupine tree and you got like this one and that one and bands that have kind of just pushed it from prog rock to prog metal to prog pop whatever the fuck you want to call it you yeah. know there's, there's, there's a lot no, of there's no limit just be creative that's what's cool about it that you, is you don't have cool to about it well and that's you know, why it's a it's a fun genre to explore. And the, you know, yeah. I love, I love a lot of what you're saying around, um, you know, being able to deal with, uh, things and write creatively, um, in order to convey story. It could be in a fantasy setting. You remind me when you get on that, that riff, you remind me a lot of John Petrucci. He, um, he did that astonishing record, which was, uh, the whole thing was about music that is completely synthetic. And, and, and not just like with synthetic instruments, but made by the machines. Um, and he told a whole story about that. And the whole purpose was, was it's a cool dystopian world. But the purpose was to say music and, and music creations actually humanly important, you know. And so, um, and I think progressive rock and progressive metal uniquely positioned to be able to like tell that cool story. And by the way, if you never double clicked and understood what was underneath it, it'd still be fun as hell. But then all of a sudden, if you go a little deeper, it's like, oh, there's some interesting shit down there. I always love it when prog, prog artists go into the mainstream world because the, the music they make completely completely blows everything that's out, out of the water. Yeah. When you think of Peter Gabriel, when he came out, you know, with uh, Sledgehammer and all that stuff, one of my yeah. favorite records. Uh, Phil Collins, another one, you know, when I sing, both guys from the same freaking band, you know, and then yeah. they go out how these massive silicers why these are two prog dudes man mon monuments in the prog world and, and go out and say like this is how we think you know modern you know pop music could be really cool and they inject all of this new direction all of these cool sounds that you never heard before like you could well, a peter gabriel record when you break down what's going on in there you know uh you could see the prog influence this the way the, the instrumentation is using the, the tonalities of things how he's Yes, it's okay. So it's a straight four on the floor, most of the song. But are you listening to what's going on? Do you see the art? Yeah, of course you do, right? Because you know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. We're not the normal person. They just hear like, God's oh, a really cool song. But they're absorbing way more. There's a song, there's a song like that you can listen to for years and then like, like listen to it again. As I'm talking about, you know, just a person who listens to a common person, not a musician. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, they hadn't heard it while they hear it again. And they hear a little bit of a, of a flute part or something that they never heard before. Yeah. Or they hear a piece of the instrumentation that, ne that, never, that never caught their attention before. That's all purposefully done to layer within the harmonic uh, structure of those songs. Yeah. You know, to yeah. give that nuance. Well, you, you, know? you, I read something you said um, yesterday. It that was to me is inspiring. Well, you, you, you said something similar in an interview. It may have been a, a, about a kind of iconoclast, but you basically said in, in some respects, until you've listened to the record multiple times, you're not going to start to really understand it or get it. Um, and uh, I think that's a big credit to Romeo for, for doing that. Cause he was, he was infusing a lot of, of, of uh, he, he was injecting, excuse me, and in, uh, infused in, in, in instrumentation in, in, in a lot of different harmonic spectrum, in a lot of different harmonic capacities. Like, there's so many things going on behind the scenes of that of that music, you know, that you would almost, I mean, the best way to kind of listen to some of it is on reference monitors, yeah. you know, to really hear the clarity, to hear like what's going on with different pulses that are going on that that he was using to. Uh, mechanize the the music subliminal like not subliminally really but you know yeah. there's no subliminal messaging in there but 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 subliminal uh, consciousness you know like the subconscious sort of like picking up on certain rhythms that are hidden in this in this in the music and you don't really hear all that on its face so that's what's really cool about that album is that Michael uh, really dove into that industrial sound a little bit, so but but in his in his own way, in the prog way, sort of buried it in certain subtle 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 ways that you don't really hear it right away. You got to yeah. oh oh where's that? Oh my god, I never heard that before. Because it takes your brain, it takes your conscious brain a while to kind of pick up on those things. You know, the subconscious is like it feels something is there, yeah. But it takes a while for your conscious to pick it up. So that, I always love music like that. You know, I'm sure it's happened to you. you listen to the song, oh. you, heard, you go back. Oh, I never heard that before. Well, and there's also weird, this right? whole weird. thing about like maybe where you are in your life. There's there's mm -hmm. um, songs that are written that may be about grief and the death of someone, and and intellectually you can kind of get that as a younger person. But once someone close to you dies, there's a whole family oh. of songs that suddenly mean something different. Yep, it hits you like a ton of bricks. Uh, you know, pardon the pardon the uh, the, the the pun, but it, it really does. It's just like whack. Yeah. You know, uh, and and it, it hits you on a, at such a deep level, um, but that's the power of music, man. So, yeah. you know, like you're saying, mm -hmm. I, I could I could address a lot of these deeper deeper painful issues that I've I've been dealing with and put them in a way that a, a, a young person who hasn't experienced it, young or old, really doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. Yeah. Can, like man, I can I can empathize with that. Yeah. And then it happens. That song all of a sudden becomes maybe an anthem for that person exactly to, right. to recover from them. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I, I really want to, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not into this, you know, it's hard for me to get that football mentality out. Right. Feel bad for me. That's uh, <laughs> just not me, man. You know, I, I, I don't mind burying my soul and stuff like that, but I really want the message to be, you know, I want to lift people up. You know, I want to try and say, yeah, this hurt, this sucks. This is, this is what it is, but, there is there is resolution there is redemption there is all yeah. these things that you can get to to continue your journey and that's really what i'm doing so i'm continuing my journey for me to be able to express that in a way that relates to people without having the experience is is a, is a, a true challenge right yeah because people who have had the experience you, they're there already they're with you they get it um then that's that's the the 
that's the challenge from an artistic point of view is trying to write mu music and I, you know, we were touching on my career, you know, throughout this interview and, and I've been, again, blessed to work with so many people. I'm going to start doing that again. I, it just really helps me. You know, I, I can't express enough how the interactions with other artists and doing different types of music. I, I did a really cool album with a guy from, from the Middle East um, and it had all that Middle Eastern instrumentation and different tunings and just, you What's know, it called? Like, wow, this, this, huh? Is it something you can share? Is it, is it, is it out? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, oh man, I can't, you gotta forgive we'll, me. We'll now. find I mean, it later, no worries. The name of the record. Uh, but he reached out to me not too long ago. He's looking to do something again. And, and okay. that was a fun experience for him because it was completely, uh, you know, something I had never even heard before. I'm like, this is this is really cool. I mean, everyone's heard Kashmir from Zeppelin. And it's kind of like, you know, your introduction to Eastern influence in rock, right? Because great song, classic. Yeah, yeah. And they were all into that whole sound that, you know, at the time and, and the Beatles too, bringing in all that sort of sitars and Romeo even, Romeo even brought sitar stuff in and we were fooling around with that and Symphony X. Things like that are just so cool and, and they're just really cool. But we always sort of, we bring that instrumentation in, in the same sort of 12 note, you know, bar that we have in, in our Western musical uh, um, paradigm. So we, they have a completely different scale you know there's all these half steps and we would consider half steps you know that aren't even tuned there's like between a note there's like there's all this different stuff so even the singing touches on that too you know and and you're hearing this kind of wacky stuff going on to our ear it sounds so foreign you know uh but to them it's completely natural it's it's a different you know different scale so that always interests me and fascinates me. Am I going to go off the deep end and start doing, you know, you know, Tibetan, you know, monk music? No, but you know, I I can't I can't deny that it, it intrigues me, deeply intrigues me. Yeah. Uh, other styles of music beyond our Western culture, and I uh, I'm kind of on the hunt for for different sounds. I'm I'm talking to some friends of mine in Brazil and working with some some of those. Um, thinking about working with some of those guys again on. I'm doing some collaborations in in uh, in in different, maybe more of an acoustic realm and and, and doing things of that nature oh, with yeah. acoustic instrumentation, not just acoustic guitars, mind you, but like acoustic instrumentation, acoustic drums, like like taking this phrase from from Peter Gabriel on how he had so much world music kind of infused into his in his solo career, yeah, uh, you know things like that. I'm, that that really is intriguing to me and and. Because it, it, to me, it's like when you can bring in more uh, instrumentation and more, more patterns and, and things from, from a world sort of place, from, from a, a larger cultural view, like you said, it gives people an opportunity to see the world from an external position. You know, you're not looking at it directly through the eyes of your local, you know, reality. You can, you know, music used to be great like that. You know, yeah. it, it would be, we are the world, we right. are the children, you know there was a sense that music could bring the world together. And I think we need that again. So hundred you know, percent. Yeah. If there's some way that we as artists, myself and using some of my experiences can bring in, you know, sounds and things from around the planet that, and some of the beautiful places I've been to and the wonderful people I've met and try and get that message out and, and not and have people think, ah, he's just an old man. He does. What does he know? You know, well, old people know a lot, you know, Old people know a lot more than young people in a lot of ways. 
Yeah. Young people are a lot better than old people in a lot of things, you know. Sure. I deal in reality, man. I, <laughs> I can't hit a golf ball like I used to. I play golf too. But, oh, there you, you go. Know, and, I, and I can't get on a football field like I used to, but I can coach. And so, you know, we all have a place. We all have a purpose. We all have, uh, we all have something to contribute. And I think when we start recognizing that about each other uh, and we start stop marginalizing everybody and classifying everything, we can get back to that again. I, I, the summer of love and all that stuff that in the generations before us, yeah, I miss it. I, I wasn't a part of it, but the, the nostalgia of it is yeah. needed. It is 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 there, and and, and that energy's needed again. You know, love the music from that 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 time, like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, oh, and yeah. those type of bands. You know, like uh, that people would never associate me with on the face because I'm a metal guy. Yeah, but. You know, that stuff I mentioned Wes Reed earlier, you know, he introduced us to all that stuff. Carpenters, CSN, uh, Jazz Ensembles, we learned all those songs. And I'm learning all this, this stuff. I'm like, God, this is really cool. What is this 60s stuff all about? And of course, you, you, you learn about the cultural revolution. You learn all this cool stuff. But the music was there. Yeah. The music was there. The music was so there. That it was it really... I had older huh? brothers and sisters who were listening to that. Uh, and they, that's back when they sold the 45s. And so they had huge stacks of 45s and I sneaked down into the, their basement rooms and listened. Like I fell in as a, just a boy, like I was a boy and I fell in love with the band bread. Have you ever heard bread? Oh yeah. If a picture paints a thousand, yeah. you? That guy's voice, David something, right? I'm blanking yeah. on his full name. The words will never show that you have come to know. So those that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Those half steps he uses, that bar, that's all barbershop stuff. Not a lot of people know that. And he goes yeah. into the pop stuff, but there's so many cool things. Freddie Mercury, another one. He used a lot of barbershop, you know, movement in his in his songs too. A lot of sevens. But yeah, tell me about it. I want to hear about this bread experience. David Gates is his name. David Gates. Do you remember? So you you nailed the um, you nailed the line there in that tune. But he wrote a song about the death of. I was a kid and I was just starting to learn about mortality. I remember like one night I couldn't go to sleep because I realized my dad was going to die someday. And I've had that issue. My son just hysterically crying and, and at night. And had we've had that conversation. It's yeah, I know what you're talking about, dude. You know. I, and I, it, that hit me and I don't, I don't know why. And so I was just, I was weeping and my mom called me in and uh, I can't remember what my dad said. He said something to sort of um, assuage me, you know, and, and comfort me. Didn't, didn't lie to me about it, of course. I mean, um, but didn't, I didn't need all the harsh reality of it either. And so I got my comfort and I, I grew through it, but I remember it wasn't very many years later. I was, I went down my, my, one older brother was a huge, huge Chicago fan, uh, Peter Cetera, and and like so I Great I grew up listening to all the you know with all the horns and stuff, and so a yeah. lot of the like cool um, music I was listening to was wasn't always sort of the metal stuff. Um, there was a lot of this stuff that almost had big band flavoring, and um, from there I went into uh, began a love for Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and Nat King Cole and all those guys, but. Um, they had these huge, huge stacks of 45s. And remember, you had they put the little clip thing down on the spindle so that it fit. Yes, that's right. Yeah, uh, the little, the little, I know what you're talking about. Whatever that thing was. They used to have 
tell them sometimes the plastic thing would be already be in the 45. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. It started to do that. So, but it used to be this like a disc and you put the disc on and you put the, that in there. Then they started selling the little, like a flexible spindle thing that you could just put on the, that, the record yeah, player. Right? That's the one I remember. remember. That, um, but he, he, so I went down and, and um, there's a 45. Did you ever, I hate to interrupt you. Did you ever do this? So I used to love, like, turn the record on, like, it's, it's a 45, but you put it on 70 and you make it spin faster, right, or, or slower or whatever. And I used to try and get my finger to put the record right in the middle so yeah. it wouldn't, so it would play. And then I put the needle on it, and it was a little obvious, like, yeah, you get that, you get that. You ever do that, man? <laughs> Absolutely. I used, to love, I used to love trying to get the record to play without the spindle. And then listening to it go weird, and me and my friends would just laugh because it would sound all, all funky or just skip off the record completely. You know, it was just like the needle, which you go, and then yeah. just, you know, God, I used to do that all the time. I don't, I don't know why that just turntable. Oh yeah. Huh? I, rem- I remember my first big investment in like a, in a high end stylus for my turntable because I, I just had to have music sound better. Um, you know, cause I started playing all my, my older brothers and sisters records. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, somewhere those still exist. I should go find them just for nostalgia's sake. Um, but anyway, so there were a bunch of Boston, they were big Boston fans and, um, but bread, I remember, and the, he wrote this song called everything I own, um, bread did where that David Gates sings. And it's about, it's about losing his father. And it just tore me up. I don't know if you've ever heard that tune. Um, it, I think, yeah, it was, I, anyway, I, that, I haven't heard it in a long time. So I'm just covering my keyboard here, my keyboard up because. When this when this AC that starts to get condensation, I always worry it's gonna. Oh you yeah, know, mess up your rig. Yeah, your yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just cover it, just make sure. But that's um, you know, I, that's just to to underscore your point around like all that music back then, and then you know, for their time, there were sections in those songs that were heavy, you know, um, it was rock, but they they those songs would just go on these these journeys, and he would just sing. He had a voice that was just so almost sweet, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. piercing. Um, yeah. And so that's, I started, I cut my real teeth. That was probably the first quote unquote rock band I ever fell in love with was bread. Um, yeah. They're not bandied around as much anymore as a, you know, I thought someday I should do. Yeah. A yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they do those, those seventies bands though. They, they they had that sensibility about them and they had that sort of like vulnerability i think and and he was you know one of those people that could bring out uh you know that, that emotion because his voice was so pure i guess you could yeah. say vulnerable and there's just there's a sense of you could relate uh the other guy dan fogelberg is another oh, yeah. one you know who's really good and of course you you, you know people probably know him from christmas he sings this song about you know I met her at the grocery store, you know, you know whatever. Yeah, I think that's the guy, right, Dan Fulbert? So, so you know about about an old high school flame that you ain't with anymore, and you bump into her later, and you're, and yet there's that one line, and we sat in the car and drank some beers, and we laughed until we cried, you know, and 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 it's like, wow, yeah, you know, that's life. You move on, and and then when you bump into that person from the past that you were connected with, you get a sense of where you are on your journey, yeah. and and there is this sort of like you know epiphany that you have in life when you're fortunate enough to kind of go back we we call them high school reunions now but, <laughs> no but you, you know how it is i yeah. mean I, I never went for any of mine to be honest with you because i was always out here i was on the i was on the road 
I never was one for really looking back too much yeah. uh, because that California life that I, I left behind is like another life for me. But I still contact my friends and I still speak with them. And that gives me that reflection that, that uh, I think we all need at yeah. time at times. But that song, you know, it's one of those types of tunes. Uh, anything like, that's what I'm talking about. Any, any song, it can even be a heavy song. I think the the cool thing about about it's very rare, and I, it's hard for me even to think of a song off the top of my head that has the bombastic aspect of 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 a of a, of a classic sort of metal sound. I mean, Symphony X has done this for sure, uh, but it's really hard to mix that sound with a really deep, meaningful message. You know, one that really strikes a chord because I think the music. A lot of times, you know, I wouldn't say it gets in the way of the message, but the music already gives you a perceived idea of what's about to be said, right? Yeah. So it, it creates a backdrop. So, but I, I always find it fascinating. You know, it's easier, like the, we talked about rage and things like that. When you when you want to get that political angst message out there, heavy music is great for that. When you're talking about anything with aggression, the music just leans itself to that. Right. But when you want to talk about life and death, you want to talk about, you know, uh, different, deeper stuff. Uh, it's, it's difficult. I, I don't know if I've ever quite heard it done, you know, really at all. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it. Yeah. I don't know. I have to, I have to put some thought in that one. Like you got me thinking too, cause you can, the, you know, you certainly would lend that. itself to the grief, right? You could, you can imagine like really screaming through oh, and yeah. getting the it, pain. Taking the grief and the pain. The but there's a right. part I, of the. Of course, I've heard, heard plenty of songs about that. Exactly. But but there's something. I think I know what you mean. There's something in the um in the life and death conversation that you treat lyrically and musically, that um can't it, it, the music can't be so um brutal, because I think it it um your your message just would get lost in it. You know, there's it. I, I don't know what the word for it is. It's a it's a not softer, but it's a it's um more poignant feeling you're trying to convey right and obviously it doesn't it doesn't necessarily work but i am not above or not but i should say i am not uh like i said I, i'm not afraid to to ponder that you know i like, think like that's an interesting that's an interesting thought just be delivered how, how could that be done how can you not be in the box imagine trying to trying to fucking label that song yeah you know and that would be that's that to me that gets me excited because i can't stand that so so it's like yeah. ooh, what can i create that get people can label? i'm i you know i have yet to do it I, you know i think symphony x is probably the closest thing we, i've ever come you know to, to say oh okay are these a, is this a power metal band is this a prog band well what are they so we, we get we get that a lot you know because uh. we're like a crossover band between metal and and rock and prog or power rock prog metal i love it i love when people stumble on us early on yeah. because when you go through the different albums yeah you can hear the baroque stuff early on the neoclassic they can hear more of like a heavier uh hard you know like a you know you know heavier influences later on and then somewhere in the middle there's there's always songs that kind of but that does people are always so like oh well, they they're this now and even though we'll put a song on like a record like on the last album like a lot of my singing on on uh, underworld is very reminiscent to what i did early on you know it's way cleaner i don't have as much girth in in the and throatiness in the vocal because that's not what it was needed but on iconoclast it definitely needed that right i wanted to sound as unhuman as i could you know as as this 
beast of a, of a machine. And then, so that was the inspiration to change the vocal approach for that. But yeah. they're like, oh, they lost, they're not this, not that. Because people, if you put one song on there that like has a different thing, then they're going to try and put you in that box. But, you know, again, I don't care. I, I, my goal is to create the best songs with those guys as I can. And, and that's always been our goal. Uh, and their challenges, they never cease. So there's then now there's the, the next challenge is, you know, how do we make a relevant album now? You know, how do we do that? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot to chew on right now. And you touched on some really cool ideas. And obviously these are things we've been talking about with, with, uh, you know, you know, trying to have same things that are relevant. How are you going to be relevant? You have to, you don't have to have direct commentary on the day's events. But you can touch on human experience, like you said. You can touch on things that mean something to people. You can even touch on stories that you, that might be relatable today, but put them in a classical context. And and that, those are the type of things I think that are that are really cool to do. Uh, that that really at uh, help the listener explore something that they might be uncomfortable listening to in another in another light when it directly relates to their to their reality, and it helps helps open open their mind. Uh, look, I, I, at the end of the day. That means the world to me if people can relate to the music and feel something in the music. But it's not like, you know, I'm not running for office here. I'm not a politician. I, I don't want to get involved in any of that bullshit because I'm a pirate and you don't want a pirate running for me. So, you know, I want to I want to be free. I want to sail. And I, I want to I want to live love and 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 do my thing. Uh, and, and so that's not, you know, I'm not I'm never really wanting to do that kind of stuff. We in Adrenaline Mob, we touched on a lot of that crap. You know, because I was really more or less getting that inspiration from Radiance Machine and things like that and all the angst that was in the public. So like we did We the People, right. you know, we had this whole but that was the theme. It wasn't like we were trying to send out, you know, hey, this is our message. That, that's that was a theme. Just like the, the whole mafia thing was a theme on the Men of Honor record. And, uh, you know, and, and so that band was fun because it was like we used old school heavy metal art for the art artwork you know stuff like like the yeah. old eddie's pictures from you know that was where that came from the old iron maiden i'm a big iron maiden fan so it's yeah. like oh so we're just drawing that you know i you know since the accident the world has really spun completely you know i don't even know if a general mock could, could survive what, what what had what has become the world the, the, the country we live in today yeah um but at the time it was um you know it was like kind of what was going on you know like uh and so, you know, I, I already dipped my, my toes into that water and had some had some fun with that, you know. Uh, but but now it's like, uh, and after all that, it's like, well, who the, you know, what what's really important? I can give a fuck about all that shit now, you know, because people ask, well, you know, I don't give. What, what am I gonna say that? You know, I, I this, I, I you know, I have real things that happen now. Not that that other things aren't important for other people, but. I've experienced these really huge life-changing experiences. Th that doesn't sound like it's a, a medium for me to speak, right. speak truth through, you know, yeah. like, um, but not to say that there's no chance for redemption. Like I said, I, I, I think that that could be uh, a great exercise uh, in, in, with, with something with that particular project. But um, Well, you got different I, I got, things to write about. Um, the, the matter yeah, I got you. other things write about it. someone else so. can if, if they want to tackle uh, more politically motivated things or yeah uh, t current events but, god bless you and good luck and good, and good, and good luck yeah. the um the thing you said a couple I'll of take, times I though the folk need a path on that you know what i love 
uh, uh, Creed's Clearwater, you know. Oh, yeah. I ain't no Senator Sarno. No. <laughs> it ain't me. It ain't me. I ain't no fortunate one. No. You know, that's, that's a great one. That, yeah. That song. Where's that song? That's me. That's my. I'm that guy. Yeah. You know, no, don't point the cannon at me, man. Point this guy over here. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing you, you said, know, one thing I want to be sure you, uh, before we start to wrap up, because I'd want to take your whole day. Um, but I, just a couple things I want to hit. But you said something a couple of sure. times that I think is really, really important. You talked about second chances. And mm-hmm. um, we, um, it doesn't feel to me like um, we, broadly speaking, are not as enamored of second chances as we used to be. Um, people are sort of convicted and things are done. Um, but there's everybody's going to fall in all kinds of ways and do dumb things. And I think we should be just generally more enamored of giving people another shot. And um, I, I agree with you. And, and I, the reason why I say that is because, you know, we've been watching this dumpster fire go on for a while now. So how long can that happen? You can only you, a fire only burns as long as there's fuel in it. And, and, and once you run out of fuel, the fire loses its strength and it dies. So that's the kind of what happens with everything. It's just, it's kind of a law of nature, right? It's a yeah. law of physics. You can only go through this whole burn it all down until it's all burnt down. Yeah. And then what? You know, what? so I think there's going to be a, a, a major shift coming. You know, that's that's my gut feeling on it. I don't know where, don't know how, but you can only burn everything for so long and burn everyone and, and just trying to, to, you know, before before you know you've, you've destroyed everything including you, you, when you burn all your enemies houses down all of a sudden the fire is in your neighborhood and you burnt your house down too right. so what 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 happens then you know where are we then so i hope you know we don't get down to that far of a of a traumatic uh, you know level uh but it's feeling like it's going to start changing again and then I think you're going to, we're going to still go through a, a, a terrible time of uh, persecution, like you said, of people uh, and, and, and uh, we're not nailing them to crosses, but, you know, you know, we're, we're nailing them to other, or, you know, removing their existence. It's like the matrix, you know, you're gone. Yeah. You know, the, well, the and, agent and sometimes for, puts for... his glasses on and, you know, you know, <laughs> you just disappear from the matrix yeah. and erased. It's only going to last. It's only going to, continue for so long you know i'm, I'm hoping and uh that people start to uh that the, the, that's just the, the 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 fuel that's firing them, the generational gap we talked about gaps right yep we did and that gap will start to close somebody will step up into that gap and and you know play some good defense and start to defend people's rights to exist yeah and and when that happens uh you're going to start to see these things start to curtail down and and hopefully good-hearted, good soul, good conscious people will be there to give those people who even were guilty of these uh, these these uh, these atrocities against their fellow human beings will be given a chance for redemption and, and be and have a chance a second chance. I, I'm I, I'm endless, endlessly optimistic about the human experience, you know, and I don't think we have much of a choice to be. There's nothing to say we shouldn't look back on our history and recognize the 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 all the crap that's happened. Uh, the one thing I can't stand, I, I probably should have been a history teacher. My wife tells me all the time, you should have been. A history teacher. Uh, you know, this whole singing thing fucked my whole my whole world up. <laughs> but uh, 
But, you know, I, I really don't, I'm not a big fan of, of trying to, 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 to uh, bury the past or destroy the past, even if it's not a past that you like. Yeah. And, I, and I mean that in a way that, you know, we've been we obviously been going through this culture of, de- of destruction of, of our, our, our heritage and, and certain things that don't politically align with certain certain groups or whatever. There's this also, you know, I, you know, I, I'm no fan of anybody who is, uh, you know, an oppressor of any any way. You know, right. I'm not a, I'm not, a, you know, the, the, the R word. And I'm not talking about the pirate R, R <laughs> but the, the big R word now. Yeah. You know, never been one, never going to be one, never even want to talk about it, say it, nothing. No, I love everyone. Everybody on my ship is is my, my family. I don't care who you are. Yeah. I've said that already. That being said, you know, I don't like when the real assholes are out there waving their flags and all sort of crap and, and you're trying to take it away. What do they do? What do, what do bad people do? They hide. They go underground. Yeah. You know, you've seen what happened when people go underground, right? What happened? You know, you know. Okay, it's obvious. You, yeah, you see yeah. them; they bubble up. Yeah. They bubble up in big ways. Why? Because you tried to you tried to bury them. I always say that, and, and you know, this is just me. You know, something right for everybody. But you know what? I I want wave your flag as high as you can, man. You know why? Because I want to know where the assholes are at all times. <laughs> I do not want to be surprised, man. <laughs> I want to know where the enemy is. Show me where the enemy is. That's why football was great because they had a uniform on. Yeah. I knew that the guy on the team who wanted to take my head off, I knew exactly where he was. You know, I, I don't, I, you know, that's always the thing that just kills me. I, I think that, you know, keeping the history alive and, and understanding what the bad things were that people did and where they are and who they are help us to, re- to keep from repeating it. But yeah, that's yeah. an old history head saying, you know, past repeats itself. And if you try and bury it, it just, it just returns again in a different form and you don't see it coming. Yeah, that's right. the thing. We never seem to learn that, that lesson as a, as a society, as a civilization. I don't know if it's because we don't live long enough, mm. you know, like our, our lives are kind of in, in the grand scheme of things in the universe, not to get too deep here at the end of all this, but it doesn't seem like, it doesn't feel like we just kind of, get it all right and we kind of learn life and all of a sudden you're old and it's over and it's done you know the movie's over you're out you know pick up your popcorn on the way out don't leave a mess you know but you're out you're done it's over and i feel like that's kind of like our our condition sometimes we only have it you know of course when you're young in this life you don't you don't understand that yet it doesn't hit you but your mortality like you're talking about with your dad and that experience and then we become a parent talking to your son about these issues you start to realize that but you know, you, you start to realize it. It's like, dang. But I feel like because we don't live that long as a, as a society, we, we look back at the history books and, you know, we try and ch- change history to fit our current ideology and how we, how we see the world. But it's like, no, no, no. We, we've got to see the way it was then so yeah. you know what, what, what to do different. You know, you don't just try and, you know, get rid of it. To get rid of it and suppress it only makes it more... It, it's like a cancer. It comes back and it's worse. It's right. bigger. It's bad. That's it's, right. it's way worse. Well, and je- that's just my philosophy. I mean, I'm not a, like I said, I'm not, a, I just feel like it's a common sense thing. I just want to know where the bad people are. I don't like it when they, when they go underground. Cause I don't know what's, I don't, I don't know where the shots come from. Nobody likes to suck a punch. You know? uh, yes. Well, uh, I agree with what you're saying because, um, 
there, like, to, to, if I was to distill some of what we've talked about, there's, um, what's, what's always going to be true is there's going to be people who want power. And in, in service of getting that power, they're going to, to do bad things. Um, and I think that's unfortunately part of the human experience. And um, as far as back as I know history, that's not been rooted out. So that's still a part of what we live through. People want to get power. Yeah. And in, in the pursuit of that power, they're willing to um, um, trounce upon the rest of us. That's one thing. But the other side of the human experience that we've talked so about about is um, the, the, the side that reaches out, the side that, that um, wants to lend a hand, helping hand. And I think that's uh, every bit as strong. And uh, it's why, where those two, two things, I think, unfortunately clash is where, uh, and, and that I see a lot right now and that I think is the most dispiriting to me is when the one, in, as people seek power, they are um, they are foreclosing the opportunity for other people to once they have made a mistake to be uh, redeemed, and um, that's awful because they're like because to, to to use your analogy of when the fire is burning, when your home is burning, you really want people to help you burn it out. You don't want a, your home to burn down. Like you want to have a home. You don't want to. So you want to. You want. So the the where this when this comes home to roost that that's the condition where you're like, Oh, I kind of want a second chance. Like that bad thing I did is not the all of me. It's the outlier. So, mm -hmm. and, and then people get like metaphorically crucified um, uh, and sometimes can't come back from it. We're back to, you know, I always talk about America's like the new Rome, you know, and I was saying this for a long time. Like, obviously when, you know, we're at the height of Western civilization, the height of Western civilization before us really was the Roman Empire. You know, you can argue the, the British, of course, had the colonialist time and things like that. But the, the last super time up to 2000, what, what were they? They're on about a thousand years, right? I'd say the Romans were, were pretty much the, the big game in town. Yeah. Okay. They were they were beaten up in the Peloponnesian Wars and they were, they were beaten up in, in, you know, the Greeks and they 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 had defeated Carthage and Carthage had rose to a huge power in in the Aegean because they are they were a, a merchant power they 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 didn't really have their own standing army they would had enough money to pay everybody else to fight for them you know yeah. they had elite elite groups that the rich the rich aristocracy like you were talking about that's never left us whatever happened to people used to you know and we're metal guys so we get this right we're we're always on the fucking we're wearing the black t-shirts man you know we're all we're all in this together why just like pirates you don't you don't it doesn't give a fuck who you are once you took the oath of being a pirate that's it when they caught you they hung you yeah you're dead you're a dead man walking join or die that's the old pirate saying right why do they say that well because when you were when you were captured by a pirate ship and they needed a doctor on the ship they put a gun to your head and say you either join us or we're going to stick you in, in the water so it's your choice so what do you do most people, they don't take the bullet right there. But the government at the time, who was oppressing everybody, you know, when they would say, well, the pirates forced me to do into service with them or they were going to they were going to kill me. Well, back in those days, there wasn't like, oh, yeah, you know, we feel you. We feel your story. No, they're like, well, you should have taken the bullet thing because you're going to hang now. Yeah. And that's that was law and order back then. Right. Cut and dry. So you knew what your fate was so when you decided to join these guys who were who had everything from you know every race color color and creed on those ships even women were on pirate ships they 
they pretty much were the precursor to American democracy. And they finally started to give them some credence. And I've seen a couple documentaries like on the History Channel. And finally, there's a new uh, series out on Netflix, I think, called The Lost Pirate Kingdom. Just oh, check it out. I will, yeah. You guys are, it's got some, it's got, it's not for kids, by the way. There's some sexual content in there and things like that that you got to be aware of. But, uh, but it talks about Nassau and how Nassau was sort of the old, the first democratically run sort of city in the Western you know, hemisphere since the fall of, of the, uh, of the old, of the ancient world. So since the time of really the Greeks, you know, cause they're real democratic sort of thing, not a representative form of government. They, they chose the captains, you know, the point I'm getting to is that, you know, when, when did we lose sight of the fact that the, the rich rule the world and we're all trying to just get by and instead of us fighting their battles for them taking sides on each side of the coin or the, the, the red flag and the blue flag or whatever flag you're flying what happened to like hey those guys at the country club they they, they don't give a shit about us when, when was it yeah. i you know what your house is burned down i am gonna help you man i i, I don't care you know what football team you like or who you who this or what your policies are I, I you're a fellow you're a neighbor you're a friend you're someone who who needs who needs who needs help i'm gonna help that's right whatever happened to that i i i really pray that we can get back to that and i'm hoping that music can do that to my i'm really really i guess i'm just maybe naively optimistic but i i would like to see music be a healing source in the world and you know, look for us metal guys, as you know, we've watched the the, the best, the pop star. They they get all of, they get everything, man. Yeah. We we just get together when we you know get some cool metal festivals going with all our friends, camp out in the freaking woods, and 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 rock and roll, drink some beer, and realize you know what? Maybe we don't want really, we really don't want to be those people. You know, we're really happy with who we are, and I really wish that everyone would just take a cue from the metal community, you know, and, and be like, yeah, why can't we just live like that? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying everybody's got to wear black black shirts and, you know, wear makeup and grow their hair out and all this other kind of stuff. It's not about conformity, man. It's just yeah. about community. And I just really wish we could get back to that. Dude. Yeah, I I 100% agree with what you're saying. And I, um, uh, I think that I'm optimistic the way you are because I think um, when you get to people, like when they look each other in the eyes, I think that a lot of the narrative that 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 is used to drive clicks and viewership um break yeah. down because you're talking to a, a, another human and um there's more in common than i think that there is dissimilar and yeah, yeah certainly celebrate you know I, but my, that's taking it out that's taking it out out of the computer realm like we were talking about before yeah. the algorithm now all of a sudden isn't in charge it's the human interaction that's actually happening yeah yeah, yeah. it makes that's a, it it Your makes point. a difference it makes a difference um I think that that's why I'm optimistic is because I think once you turn off the, the screen and the people who are, who are interestingly, like they're, they're just trying to sort of drive their own business with sensationalized or polarizing people in order to, to, to create furor. You have people like you or me or out in our communities talking to people of all strokes. Um, and there's, and most of us are trying to make sure we pay our mortgage we want our kids to, to be Good happy point. and healthy. Um, we want to, we want to go jam and rock out when we do that, or we want to go watch Garth Brooks or whoever it is. But like you start to see, like there's a ton of stuff that we have in common that we have these shared, these shared like goals in life. 
Um, and uh, I've had friends who've just said they finally had to kind of just turn off the, f- the spew of information and news in order to just connect to being human again. I know that sounds really sappy, but like, I think that there's some value in that, like showing up. This is why it's sad that we don't have the festivals and the tours because being present yeah. at those things to connect with people, I think is like, it's a necessary for the soul. Right. I mean, it is. And we've been we've been living in the dark ages for the past couple of years now, but being yeah. being trapped within these black boxes of, of technology that are all only that are dark until we turn them on and then they show us what they show us. And the problem is you can go down these rabbit holes on these things. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to not really get too sucked into stuff. I, I I watch things. I'm, you know, mostly from an entertainment point of view. But as an artist, I'm just an observer. You know, I'm trying to observe. I, I'm not a, I don't aside, you know, I have no political party. I don't, I'm not registered to vote with anyone. I, when I mean I'm a pirate, I, I, I don't mean I steal people's shit, but I, I actually <laughs> am a fiercely independent person. Yeah. Like I, I don't like the Kool-Aid uh, of either side because they both taste like shit to me half the time. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, you know, I have friends who are very, very strongly opinionated in their, in their beliefs. And I respect that. You know, they don't respect each other, each side. They won't even talk. Yeah. I've seen people not even, you know, communicate anymore because of the environment that we're in. I've stayed clear of all that stuff. You know, I don't go on social media, don't talk about it because it's, um, it saddens me. You know, it saddens, it hurts my soul to see people, family members of my own family, you know, yeah. they don't talk to each other because yeah. of differences of opinion. Isn't that crazy? About these things. Just, a, yeah, isn't that nuts? And, and so, you know, you know, and that just makes me hate the Kool-Aid even more, you know, but I, I will get their goat sometimes and kind of make them both. I pitch them both off for like a half second and then they, they'd understand my point. And they're like, well, what do you know? You don't even vote. You don't even give a shit about nothing. You're, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have a whatever. No, no, I do. I do. I just don't. You know. It's like your party doesn't care about me. I'm like, well, what do you mean they don't care about me? They don't care about me more than I'm like, no, no, you don't. No, they don't, man. Well, what the figure man? They get all heated, man. You know. Yeah. And so I maybe I'm a little guilty of having some pleasure of pushing that button, <laughs> but I got to my point. My point was, well, they already have your vote, man. Yeah. You're going to do whatever they want you to. Cause you drank the Kool-Aid. I'm the guy they got to convince that yeah. that's, that's the person I'm supposed to choose. You see, it's the independence that actually make the difference of, of how the pendulum swings, my brothers and sisters. Right. Yeah. It is. It, it's, a of, it's a lot and, of. It's a lot of. And and when they when they kind of, they digested that, they're like, oh, oh shit. Well, so and then the conversation changed from being so negative to it's like, so so don't you think that this then then they were they turned into salesmen all of a sudden. <laughs> so I was dealing with the salesmen again. So like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I listen, and you know, I used to laugh and make jokes because, well, I like both. How could you like both? Because I like to shoot guns and smoke weed. I was just kidding. But, you know, the point was, you know, this is before all the, you know, all this drama and everything with all these issues. But I do like, you know, I, I, I am open to anybody's got a good idea, you know, and, and that's the, my opinion about it. That's good for people, good for people, good for working people, good for everybody, you know, like uh, not just the, the one percenters, but all the percenters and everybody in between. I am uh, maybe a fool, but I'll be happy in my foolishness to believe that we are, we can do better. Yeah, we I, can do better. There's, a, I, I mean, anybody who would debate that we, we've got to do better, I think, is um, too too far into their own stuff. Uh, there's too much. Yeah, it's it's too and it's too polarizing. Um, I mean, I know there's always been 
um, politics and ideology. But for, for you know, for some reason, uh, we are in a very different place now. And um, well, that's the thing. And coming out of this sort of like, you know, hey, you know, I don't even want to bring my pirate ship back into port at this point. Maybe I'll just stay out there in the independent world and sail. Why do I need a why do I need a label? Why do I need this? Why do I need that? What do I, you know, what, what, what just, just be, be my own person, you know, be yeah. my own individual. Like I, very enticing idea, right? Very, yeah. very cool idea. Uh, the, the other, the thing is that too, is that music's on, on a larger scale, aside from the award show stuff and things that us metal people weren't ever part of anyway. Yeah. I mean, ever since they gave Jethro Tull the best ah. metal album of Metallica, you lost all of us. We're gone. Yeah. We're out. You already lost us. We were gone then. Yeah. So, so like, uh, you know, um, so that's not, a, that's not in our, we, we don't care about all that shit, you know, you know, but, but the thing is, is, is that music hasn't really answered this yet because music hasn't been able to. Yeah. In a sense that, you know, we've been left out of the conversation because we're not really relevant right now. We're not essential. So I'm hoping that you're going to see some sort of resurgence uh, in the industry because people are so tired of, of being, like you said, not going to the festivals, not sharing time with each other, not sharing the experience of music that I hope and pray to God that there's more value given to to what we what we do as a community and what we can offer the world in terms of a positive message and a, yeah. and a, and a healing message, uh, even if the message seems violent to outsiders, it doesn't understand that doesn't understand the metal genre, yeah. that that can understand that you know we're a very tight knit group of people out there that really care about each other and very genuine, um, and I'm hoping that music can kind of help to kind of you know, give that message and you know uh, you know do, through through my own struggles right now trying to come to terms with my own uh you know uh, uh challenges i faced to the ptsd experience that i've had you know it's a it's it's also you know this this thing with the world and so i'm just trying to find uh something in there that a message that i can give to people of hope that that i've found uh through my through my challenges and 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 hopefully that can resonate with people like you said that have had that experience or maybe if they're young they could they at least listen just listen for a second you know yeah just listen with your heart and, and, and stuff and not, I believe that young people are amazing. I mean, my daughter who's on the autistic spectrum, it will just blow your mind of how much uh, knowledge she has acquired uh, through, through, you know, this, the technology that is given to these young people. You and I have no, dude, there's no way I could even pass, you know, her, her middle, mid, middle school exam yeah. At, at, at her age back what we were taught with the, the level of the and of course with her with her heightened intellect due to the the, the spectrum of being on the spectrum and the issues that come with that you know she's amazing and and my son is is a is a good-hearted kid kids are really really cool and they yeah. are the they are the future and we say that and it's and it's a cliche but Cliches are cliches for a reason, especially one like that. It's because they're so undeniably true that you can't avoid it. It's yeah. just unavoidable. So children are the future. Yes, everybody says that. Nice little catchphrase. But it's the truth. And so, you know, you got to stop belittling the reality that they are and embracing the fact that they are. And then letting, you know, it's about empowering. Yes, we've used that word a lot. But it's really about touching the soul, man. It's about touching the soul. Yeah. And, and letting and telling young people, hey, you could be anything in this world you want to be. And, and, and don't don't 
buy into all this stuff that you hear that they're trying to sell you. You know, you, yeah. you follow your heart. Where's that message? Don't follow the crowd. Yeah. Follow your heart. That was always the rock and roll attitude, right? Yep. You know, yep. nobody was ever cool in our business when they followed the crowd. You were always cooler when you broke the mold, when you were something different, when you were something yeah. out there that people were like inspired by. That's the messaging we've lost for our young people. And I feel like hopefully we can bring that back. That's what artists like, like, you know, like rock artists and all that's like us do. We, we can bring that back and somebody, you know, I mean, I even give it, you know, to, um, there's some pop stars too, occasionally that do it, you know, like uh, you can argue um, Gaga has won, you know, she came out and just blew the doors off everything. So different. So out there, she's obviously, she's metal. She's really a metal, metal, yeah. metal head underneath it all. Right. So, you know, that, that's probably, that's probably why, right. Yeah. She's really a metal. Head. And so boom, metalhead breaks the freaking doors wide open. Why? Because she knows it's got to be different. It's got to be cool. It's got to be out there. It's got to be something, you know. Uh, I'm not a big fan of of high of like you know uh, what do you call uh, stunts, right. so to speak. Like you know, like uh, but yeah, I get, just, yeah, you know, I get. You got to do these stunts to get clicks, like we were saying before, get attention. You know, yeah, that's a get but, a lot of. You know, she she proved that she's way she's more than the gimmick way, yeah she's more than she's the way gimmick. more than the gimmick, man and 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 i i'm proud that she came from our community really yeah. being a metalhead she that that that's that's what i'm talking about. yeah you know if, if i ever had a chance of success like she did it's it's because i i would never i would i would always embrace my metal past and be like this is but this is why yeah because, because this is where i come from and i'm, I'm really proud of her but but it's very rare, and I'm, but I'm hoping that rocket rock and metal can can do that again and bring forth some artists that that can that can bring a, a really good a binding message a communal message that that people can young people can attach on to because this is really going to come from <clears throat> I mean the message come from people like me but it's you know it's always more effective when it comes to their from their peers from people that are young that, that can relate to them yeah. you know so you're hoping that it's, uh, an, an artist will rise and artists in general I'm just scared because artists just don't they're just not important right now you know they're not they're not important in the way that they were when we were growing up and and i'm talking about music mostly you know yeah. actors of course are always going to have their their influence on society but music right now because of the fact we talked about there's really no there's do you realize this is the saddest thing ever kids don't even care like the guitar centers are closing down everywhere nobody even cares to pick up an instrument right now yeah because there's no there's no career in it. The kids are start stupid. They're seeing that. Well, there's there's no money in this for me. Like, how am I gonna live? If, you know, yeah, I love jamming out. And I the, the amount of talent that we're that we're losing yep. because of this. Just I don't, dude. It's not even measurable right now. It's it's really frightening. You know, it's like I I, I can't I can't even fathom how many how many great awesome people are not gonna pursue a career in this in this business because it's been so destroyed you know yeah. like well like, it's become uh, it's become content um for platforms right and so um it's not important um the 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 creation aspect of it isn't important at all to the platforms they just want the content in order to drive their platform adoption mm -hmm. and you've got what you've got um that i think is really sad here is there's a whole what you think you're talking about the act of of creating music, being a player, whether you become a, a rock star or not, 
that the act of creating music is important by itself. And kids are abdicating that. And some school systems are, are walking away from their arts programs. And so... Um, yes, I, I actually... Um, uh, David's brother, Paulie, is actually, he, he had started a... a uh, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, like a grant. It's kind of like a, a program that, that helps to bring it music education to people, okay. young people, because it's, 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 it's disappearing in schools. So, you know, I, I, I love doing stuff like that for him. And, 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 and we do it for Dave's um, memorial, which is coming up uh, next month. And he's always doing stuff like that. And it helps the David Z Fund, you know, right. which helps to further music education for young people. And we need more stuff like that, man. You know, we, we need more stuff like that because obviously like you just said the academia is is moving away from it yep moving away from the arts and and uh oh man i don't even want to think of a world without the arts could you imagine well i mean they can program and i've seen this on online they've got programs writing symphonies but the point the point is not whether or not it can write a cool symphony um i think they may have already demonstrated that the point is the act of writing the symphony a human doing that and humans playing it for other humans that's an important thing I, my, we fortunately still have it in our schools, and my son plays the saxophone in the jazz band. Oh, and cool, it's, it's, cool. It's funny how, how people react differently to stuff, but he's, his, his room is right next to my office here. And when he gets rolling, or anytime he's practicing, that is not, there's not one note, however wrong or right, that is not music to my ears. The fact that he's in there yeah. playing that thing, uh, he could play as long and as loud as he wants, and it is awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you, that's something to be proud of, Bob. You know, you, you're doing a good thing over there. You know, yeah. I my son likes to drum. I got him like a little rolling kit, but he's all over the map. So right now, it's really I don't want to stifle anything for him. If he wants to do music, fine. If, and, I, and I love it when I hear him doing his music, and you know, he's he's banging away on on, on the kit. If if he's into, uh, he just tried lacrosse this year, so oh, nice. you know, he loves sports. So. Obviously, you know, I've, I've told my story to you and your and your and your audience of, about how sports was a real positive for me in my music career. Yeah, uh, it helped me a lot. So, you know, I I encourage you know him and all young people to to go out there and, and try it all. You try everything. See, see what see what really really gets you moving. You know, because yep. the one thing that science is really struggling with right now, in my honest opinion, is consciousness. This is the big topic. They're trying to nail it down. What is consciousness, man? And a lot of scientists are kind of coming to the realization that it's, it's, it's something that is, you know, it's where the soul resides, right? It's where the human interaction, the human experience is all based on consciousness now. Yeah. And so we're kind of coming to this, like, you know, this utopian sort of, I wouldn't say we're not in a utopian society by any stretch of imagination, but we're coming to an, a utopian level of thought we're kind of getting almost getting there and the big obstacle or the big challenge for us right now as a species is artificial intelligence and how that plays into the conscious experience can ai have consciousness and this is a huge question that this should be the biggest thing in news right now that and ufos i mean come on <laughs> you know hello yeah we're we That's might right. not be alone in the universe. Hello? Is anybody paying attention? No. Okay. Yeah. Don't, you know, never mind the the man in the green suit in the room. Never mind the green little guy in the room. Just keep on hating each other. That's what we want. I just it hate it. just blows my mind. Yeah, it's just like these are the biggest questions of our of of, of all time. It should and be they're they're happening in real time and nobody cares. I know it should be not, it should be capturing the national the attention. 
that oh uh, they've disclosed. Are we alone this, in the universe? Yeah, yeah. There's this footage that shows Hello? there's clearly something, and the mental gymnastics that people have to do to try and explain it, which always I fail. Know. It's like it's not that we're saying we know exactly what it what it is, but like no, no it, but it's there. But it's 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 exactly what the 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 contra- the and uh, uh, the acronym has become like a dirty word. But if you just say it out, it's an unidentified flying object. We don't know what it right. is. We're not saying anything weird about aliens or, or invasion. We're just saying there's a yeah. thing there that we know is real, but well, we don't no, know no, what you, it is. You can't call it that anymore. You can't call it. Here's oh. where I, I give the media credit because they're still calling it that. It's like, come on, man. I mean, even you can't pull What's... the wool over our <laughs> eyes. You know, this we even know that everybody knows the UFOs, but they're a whatever, you know, aerial phenomenon. Oh, is AP, that what they're saying? APXYZs, yeah, they're they're on a you know an, an, an aerial phenomenon, okay, uh, and, and that's the new acronym. And they and look, it's a really convenient way, you know, for you yeah. for for them to not take responsibility for denying it for freaking fifty years or whatever. Yeah. No, we never said UFOs, but these unidentified aerial phenomena. Now this is something, <laughs> but UFOs are still. And like, and it's like the media is even like, come on, man, you, you guys, it's your folks. It's, you know, yeah. This isn't going to work anymore. This, this, that, that trick of changing the wording. So, you know, we don't have to, to, to admit anything. That's yeah. all, that's all gone. But the, the funny, the, the, the funniest part of the story is that no one cares. Yeah. No one's paying attention to it yeah. because it's just not, like you said, it's not clickbait or it's not in the thing. Well, and there's no, the there's media. no way to create power around it. Like, right. you know, so, so who cares? The people who drive the narrative, you know, if anyway, yeah. we said enough, but, but the other thing that you talked about there yeah. around consciousness, like it, uh, that's fascinating because to when me, I those, left to me, those two things are, 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 are linked, you know, I'm, and I don't think that's a, that's a large stretch, you know, this isn't some conspiracy, but intellectually speaking, I feel like that uh, if we were to achieve this level of consciousness where we in fact can realize and accept that, there are other entities in the universe around us that are up there too. Then it's kind of like almost them putting the hand out saying, we're, we're ready for you now. Right. You know, like that's, that's maybe my optimistic look at things uh, to say that, you know, Hey, humanity, you've almost destroyed yourself so many billions of times. Now you're starting to realize that, you know, that there's something more that there's, is a, there is a, a consciousness that that is really what you are. And it's, you're, you're a, you know, uh, you're not just this, you know, temporary moment in time on this planet. You're part of a bigger picture and we are here to welcome you into that reality. That is really what you're hoping for, right? You know, we're not just what bug food for some other planet. You know, you're hoping that that's not the case, right? Yeah. That, you know, like we're all, we're all, we're just two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl year after year being waiting to be eaten by a bigger fish. I mean, we're hoping that that's not the reality, right? But yeah, the fact that the conversation is even being had right now and the fact that consciousness and this uh, possibility of, a, of that we are not alone being a part of, of uh, mainstream consciousness, if you will, yeah. uh, that is the most exciting thing. Could you imagine that ever would have happened in our lifetime to yeah. have these sort of like breakthroughs in science to see the quantum physics and how things are interconnected and multi-dimensional beings perhaps being a reality in our lifetime this is all star trek shit man like you know we i don't think we ever i never thought that this was going to be be real in the back of my mind somehow i I always felt like something where it was there but it's so exciting and god man you know 
I, I love it. It's great to sit around the campfire and chat with some folks about this stuff. Cause that's really the only form it really has a place in. Right. I yeah. mean, you and I are, we're way off topic talking about all this <laughs> shit, but the cool thing about it is, is that, and I hope your listeners are getting too, like what the fuck is wrong with these guys? <laughs> but this is what metalheads do, man. That's we right. just shoot the shit about everything. But honestly, this is cool stuff. If you're, if you're a writer, these yeah. are some cool things, man. These are some cool topics. Of course, you talked about Aryan and his love for Star One was all based on his love of uh, science fiction shows and movies yeah. and stuff. So he made a whole record on it that I was proud to be a part of. So there is something here to bring it all full circle for for for, for the for the audiences. You know, ob- observing the world around us and drawing inspiration from that that we can put into our music that will help to uh, uh, help us all grow to the next level. Because I think that's what we're all trying to do is just get the next level, get our kids to that level. And, and, and what we want them to have a better life than we had. And we, we had a pretty damn good life compared to uh, generations that grew up, let's say, in the Middle Ages, for example. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we've been the beneficiaries of modern, uh, of modern technology. Um, we've also been the beneficiaries of, of bad social injustices over the years. And we have to, we have to come to terms with all of those things at once and that's why i think right now it's a it's a it's a crazy time it's a, it's a but it's also a, an exciting time we have to look at it from a perspective of you know this is a really pivotal point in, in human evolution and we're living it and so yeah. what can we do to, to uh influence that how can we be a positive force and i feel as artists we we have a, a you know a really good not necessarily a responsibility but an opportunity yeah. to to be to be a good force in the in the growth of uh, of human consciousness, and that's that's what I would like to do through my experiences, and that's my goal. That's that's what I'm I'm hoping to achieve. Yeah, you know, it would be nice. I want to touch people, uh, their hearts. I want them to feel something. I want them to feel feel a connection, and I want them to feel love for each other. That that's that's not there right now. That that that's a really powerful thing. And I I'm listening like we talk about those '60s artists and bread. And like, yeah, I'm listening to all that shit. I'm trying to pull on some of that stuff. It's like these guys connected, you know, these guys connected, you know, in a way, how can I bring that to, to my metal world? How can I bring that? How can I make that connection happen and make it real and, and, and visceral? And, you know, cause metal has that, that beauty of being visceral. How can I make the, the raw visceral experience of, of what of death and everything I've saw, but also, you know, bring it to a place where you know, people can, 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 you know, cope with that to cope with that and, yeah. and, and see it and be able to move on with that and experience the anger and feel the pain but also feel the, the loss and the, and the emotion that's what i've struggled with is not bottling up the the negative feelings but letting the negative feelings out so that the positive can come back into your life you know i found that if I, you know bottling up the negative is like the you know the the, the scales of justice right yeah. it just goes to a point where all of a sudden it just you can't take it anymore and then boom you blow up you know, yeah. and, and your whole life starts to just, just all dissolve around you. And, and um, that's something that I was so blessed that I've, I've been on the verge of almost, you know, being there and I've had a great support system. Luckily with my family and my kids now know what I was going through because they didn't know at the time. I didn't tell them until later. Um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, it, it's a, it's a really destructive thing uh, to, to have to go through. Uh, and I, I just would like to get people to understand that. And, Music's the best thing. I, we could talk all we've uh, what we've been doing all afternoon yeah. and talking about it's one thing, but music has that thing where you know you can really touch people. So I encourage other artists, other singers out there, and other people who watch your program to to uh, don't be afraid. 
don't be don't be afraid to challenge yourself challenge the norms challenge uh anything that you know even may, may be taboo because in there is 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 the magic that that's where it's the uncharted territory that always you know raises the human uh experience because it's uh it's it's something that people at first aren't comfortable with because they don't know but it's the unknown that that we all strive to to want to try and conquer and that's really what what we're trying to do that's the only thing that really excites people especially old bastards like me <laughs> now i i want to try and figure out you know what you know what's going on with consciousness I'm, I'm i'm interested in all this stuff you know yeah because it's a new frontier it's it's, it's a new frontier for us you know it's something it's something fascinating, you know. It's like, and 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 uh, I'm not. Young people are also, you know, kind of getting on it too. But they're so, like this, this they bury their faces in these things. My own kids are doing it, and this is all I do, right? Now, as artists, it's great. We have a correct, direct contact to the brain through these through these devices, right? Yeah. But the, the the truth of it is, you know, you know, you worry about the development, right? Like, well, what are they doing? Yeah. Your son's out there playing that saxophone. That's a good thing. Yeah. I need my son out there doing, doing, playing his drums or, or throwing the football around or lately, you know, riding his bike, just riding his bike with his friends in the neighborhood. Yeah. Even that a few years ago was like, oh, he's a horrible parent. That, that child was riding a bike by himself. And just, there was all this judge. When I was a kid, dude, we had one rule. My father, my, when the, when the street lights come on, you better be home or it's your ass. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so I would, where we, home before we dark. Phones back. That's what I was. Huh? Told. I was always told home before dark. That was my only rule. Yeah, it was the streetlights for me because I was just before it got dark. So yeah. when the streetlights came on, I'm like, shit, I got to get home. Why? Because I only got X amount of time to get home. And 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 I, I the whole thing was you look back on it and you realize because they don't want you to get hit by a car, you dumbass. You know, like you're riding around in the dark on a bike would have what one tiny piece of shit reflector on it yeah. you didn't have lights on, you, know, yeah. you know or helmets I mean, if you had a light on your bike you were rich i mean that was like a luxury to have like a now you get these led lights you could put on but you know, we're talking you had to have like a flashlight thing yeah. you know i mean I remember, didn't, didn't make, but they were they're kind of pricey back in the day right anyway long story short you know you got to be home so you know i'm happy to see my children i'm sure you're you know your son too it's get out there do stuff you know don't sit on the phones all day yeah i want you to check out my new song you know but don't but don't be living on the phone i if, as an artist i definitely want you you know to listen to music that you like and however you absorb it but but, but for the love of god you know maybe listen to the to the music while you're walking to an art museum that'd be a good thing to do right yeah, or maybe you know check out the you know let have the have the thing going on while you're just walking around the cities you know checking out some new things man and just i just you know I don't, I don't want music ever to be something that stifles people from experiencing the real world, you know? So, no, I, I think my, it's the opposite. I think like, the music is, is opens people up and uh, yeah, I mean, I, they, the, what we talked about earlier goes with this and the more time you spend on the device, the more you feed the algorithm. I mean, how many times have you just had a, I've had this happen where I'm just having a conversation with my wife and then I open up my phone and it's advertising the thing we were talking about. Because it's listening to yes, me. Yes, I've had that phenomenon Have happen you? too. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and and it's it's that's it's a frightening reality that that they're monitoring us in that to that degree, uh, you know. And then it's also kind of like, don't, do you guys got anything better to do? Really, yeah. this is what 
this is this is what you've tasked the computer power of the world to do yeah is 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 record human behavior patterns so you can monetize that and sell them a product this is this is the extent of the technology you've developed and this is what you've used it for i how about curing cancer i know it's so hey there's another cliche but why the fuck not how about right. ending homelessness how about everything else that's wrong with the world and taking that powerful technology and maybe applying it to all us you know you know yeah lame and metalhead people who yeah. are who are just struggling to freaking have a deep you know put food on the table and keep our families going yeah. never mind all the other communities that are that are living in in, in, in poverty and challenge that's the kind of crap that you know i can never swallow the, the freaking kool-aid we talked about earlier either yeah. side because i think they're both freaking guilty of it yeah. yeah you know they're 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 all about making the money and, and, and you know i need to make the money like you do like everybody to survive in this world but you know it's like, come on, man. You know, we, we could do better. We could yeah. just do better. You yeah. Know? I, I think we can do better. And after losing my friends and stuff, it's like, you know, I know we can. Yeah. And I we, and we, we, we need to. I mean, uh, along that line, the, the, there's a film that came out called The Social Dilemma that talks about mm. how the, um, the, the major platforms, it, especially if it's free, but the point is, is that you're the commodity. They're selling you, they're selling every mm. bit of data about you. Um, so, you know, going offline more and it's being with people, music is a huge part of that. I mean, if you think about it, music, music is was came before language. It came before all of these things. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, um, it, it should be a unifying experience. We know that in the metal community because we, it, and it doesn't mean that there aren't, there, there aren't still, you know, you know, tensions and stuff sometimes, but at large, sure. it's not like that. Um, and music has that power. And I love, I love the music you make to kind of really make it salient to our conversation because my personal opinion is so much, not all, but so much of what dominates the airwaves and the playlists now seems so incredibly narcissistic um, and, um, and nihilistic. And I, you know, writing music that, even if it's, if it's escapist, has a different kind of value than something that's always just so um, self-aggrandizing. Um, and, uh, you've always made music like that and you certainly sing with a certain authenticity. Um, you bring that by the way, um, Russ, even when it's, you know, not a song you wrote or lyrics you wrote. Um, you know, I did a bunch of like watching of, of things that I, I hadn't heard you or seen you sing before, before we, we had this conversation. Uh, and it's a gift you have. Um, and I think, I think that experience is a healing one. Um, so I, I, all of which is to say, I'm really excited about, um, the music that you're making, the, the passion you have for telling the kind of stories and, uh, taking the kinds of themes that you've talked about taking. I think it's a hundred percent needed out there right now. Um, uh, and I'm sure it will still be, like, we'll also raise our horns when you do it. Uh, but there'll be this, you know, this other power in it and I'm, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm doing some projects now. Like, you know, again, the, the, is there stuff you can tell up. us about, um, that, that hasn't come out? Is there anything unannounced? Um, if you well, can't talk about it, it's cool. I don't know if other artists are talk. I don't like to speak about projects that I do with my friends, other artists, without them saying it first, because I'm not the kind of guy like, Oh, I'm going to beat them to the punch. Cause I'm, I'm, sure. I need to be the one telling everybody what I'm doing. I, I always respect the people I work with. 
So off, I will tell you that I'm I'm doing um, I'm in negotiations with Frontiers. We talked about that for another uh, record with a net. Okay, good. We're talking about doing that this year, and uh, maybe changing up the format a little bit how we do it. Um, you know, with the duets and the solos, and kind of maybe just changing up a little bit. Uh, we're thinking about that. I'm, again, I'm just in, in negotiations with them to figure out what what the time frame is. When when Magnus can can get on the on the writing aspect, but that's all that's all looking like it's going to happen uh, right now. That's where we're at. And of course, I've I've got another guest. I've got a guest, you know, uh, a spot on a record uh, from an artist that I've done something with, and we mentioned him already on the show. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. So uh, so we're, I'm excited to be a part of that again, and he's obviously one of my favorite artists out there. Uh, that i've ever worked with or just in general i just think he's great um and then uh of course we talked a little bit about the solo stuff i'm looking at doing some stuff uh, with some friends down in brazil uh with a a different type of music altogether yeah uh just as a like we talked about an expansion and extension of my knowledge uh and like you said you just never know where these things go uh you know i i'm i'm uh I'm just right now. I'm just concentrating on making the music that feels like it should be made right now. Um, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm doing. When I'm doing stuff with other people, it's their work, but I try, like you said, to bring a, a sense of real, real, a real emotional sense to what I'm doing. And because of my my experiences in the past few years with with dealing with all this stuff, uh, it's interesting journey for me to see how I react to different topics now. And see how I approach it in the studio and what I'm feeling and, and how I can. It seems to be the things that I'm singing now seem to have a little more. Uh, uh, they're, they're a little more emotionally charged, uh, not even though that's an intentional thing. I'm just able to connect a little better with uh, certain topics based on, on the fact that I've, I've had this sort of like really crazy experience, life experience. So, yeah. so that's uh, interesting to navigate. The other thing I, I would say is. Um, you know, on the solo side, it's my, I, I got some songs that I, I wrote, you know, that I was working on um, before Adrenaline Mob. I'd love to try and maybe get that stuff out at some point. It's really cool. It's, it's nothing to do with uh, anything other than I was kind of, you know, my history stuff, you know, my, my still love of history is like in yeah. there in those songs. And they're just kind of, they're just kind of laying around doing nothing because, um, you know, I was thinking about maybe touching that and re-releasing that, and, or not, or not re-releasing, but releasing some of that material that I've had for years, just sitting around. Uh, and but right now, I'm kind of focused on working on music that I was working on uh, that uh, that is right, really close to the chest. You know, I feel like I need to get that done first before I can really move on to anything else. But I, I will gladly do these other projects because sure. it's like I said, it's kind of therapeutic for me. I can kind of work through things and. And see where I feel, how I feel. So, so that's about three or four things you're probably going to see from me yeah. coming out within the next. I, I hope within the next year or so. Um, I'm always open. I get approached a lot. I get asked to do a lot of things. So, yeah. um, I'm a little bit of a creature of habit. I like working with the same artists that I've known for years. But I'm also open to working in collaboration with new people. Like you mentioned, I love working with singers, and you know, um, I wouldn't, you know. I talked to Lizzie Hale not too long ago because we had done a song together on Adrenaline. We did a Duran Duran cover. And she had mentioned, you know, I really love that. I was going to do something like that again. I'm like, yeah, we, we should. So so um, I'm thinking we're probably going to do stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I'm going to interview you. That's all right, Chris. I'm going to get you. 
Oh, is she in town? She was by Sammy's all day. So I'm oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, everything's fine. Jack's home, you know. He's been here. He is home. Yeah, he came and told me why he couldn't. He couldn't, you know. He didn't text me or whatever when he was out riding oh, his yeah, bike. Yeah. My wife doesn't want to. Doesn't want to be on camera. She's like, uh, she just seen her face. She's like, oh, an interview? No. I'm like, yeah, you can go ahead. I was gonna say come on in, but I knew she would. So yeah. anyway, uh, she's amazing. I. That's another one. You know, without her, yeah, I got the rock star way before ever, way before I ever became a rock star. She's she's a saint for even sticking with me because you know. Uh, you know, I can be I can be a difficult idiot sometimes, and and uh, luckily, you know, she's there. She's she's like been a great friend to me, and and uh, and so you know, having that support structure has been really instrumental in me recovering from yeah. from this accident. You know, uh, um, and her patience with me has been epic, and uh, I can't thank her enough. And you know, we we got a great relationship. She's she's uh you know she busts my chops all the time you know busts my balls keeps me grounded at the same time she's like you know she can't wait till i leave sometimes because i drive her crazy she's like go out there and go on your tour and get out of here and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you'll be a rock star already and you know it's, cool. it's just she, she knows what the touring thing what the touring thing is so yeah. you know we we have a good uh um we're lucky because we have a good understanding of it and and we we both accept what it is and and you know uh i've always loved the fact that she's always been a very outgoing person so she likes to go out and she's you know, all this stuff and i'm 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 more of a homebody when i'm home you know i don't want to go anywhere do nothing and when i'm on the tour i kind of like yeah i have my you know moment of time and it's kind of been like that my whole life you know but but even that's sort of like kind of hey, hey. Uh, but now I'm starting to get back into it again. As I told you, we had that good experience in 2019, and I really yeah. had a good time out there. And uh, uh, so, so yeah, so that's where I'm at. And so, you know, this is an interesting, this is a great, great time to talk. Uh, you know, really, thank you for having me on today. Yeah, man. Um, because uh, you know, it's it's um, it's a it's a great opportunity, and I, I seen I knew I could kind of just have an open forum with you, which was nice, and it wasn't going to be like you know, question A in section <laughs> one of the yeah. You know, this is like a like a, a legit, you know, you know, kind of exp- uh, cash. You want to get this time in. You, know, you want to get the yeah. hours, two, three hours. You can go in. Uh, you, do you like Joe Rogan? Do you watch him? Oh, uh, yeah. Or? Yeah, I watch him a lot. Yeah. 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 You know, he's really cool, man. And and I, I, I love the format. And so, like, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I don't think, I don't want people to think I've been living under a rock for, the, for years, whatever. I, I do pay attention. Sure. Uh, but I, I do this. I do, like, kind of stay out of the public eye when i'm just home doing my thing but i am paying attention to the to this and i i think these formats are killer and it gives me a chance to really kind of say everything i need to say uh and and you can ask me whatever you want and it's, it's really cool you know like uh i was looking forward to this. this is the first thing i've done like this really you know so so this is a great great thing from from me so i again i thank you peter for having me on and i'm going to take you up on your game uh yeah offer thing when we pop off that. we'll talk We're, real quick yeah, we got to talk sure about that because I, I really would love to make that a reality because that's like a pipe dream of mine, dude. Yeah. I, 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 I have, I was, you know, here, yeah, I know the wacky football guy slash medieval swordman slash rock star dude. slash PC game designer. I know it's crazy. It's crazy the life I live. It's a hell of a resume. The, 
super one of my dreams was to actually do the game thing i i I, I always said if I couldn't be a rock star, I want to be a game designer. And I, I know that sounds really dorky to say, but I do not care. Geeky chic. It is sexy. And I, I just love the idea of creating a world where you can put all this music into. Think about it. Like, yeah. you know, I, I was told I kind of sold Romeo on the idea, too. Like, you know, it's like, hey, dude, think about all the music we could put into a game if it was you doing the music, dude. And, or you, you and me both, whatever you want to do. Yeah you know, create this story. Let's write a story together of this universe. And like, let's just, it's been our little, like a star Wars thing. And he got, yeah, I could see it, man. And then that's why I told you like an hour later, I've got dun, 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 all this shit. <laughs> so yeah, brother, we are going to talk about that. Cause I think that would be so cool uh, to, to make that too. reality. Yeah. And you... bring I mean, him and I have, have avenues. I'm not going to no idea, but, uh, but I would stub, I'd so much love to do it through the metal community. I think it's so cool. We've met some of the coolest people like that. Um, like our art, our artwork, uh, Warren, who does the artwork for us. He's a big movie guy, but he's a metal guy. Yeah. We met him through the metal community. So it's really kind of cool to meet people in our, in our neck of the woods that, that are artistic and, and stuff. And, you know, had a big fan who worked, uh, on Warcraft. He worked for, oh, is that Blizzard right? With, yeah. Yeah. Well, high level guys up over a Blizzard, big Sydney fan. He's come to, come to shows. He'd bring me like box sets of like, you know, like the latest releases, like these are like three, four, five hundred dollar things with like stuff, uh, figures, you name it. And again, I'd be like, wow, this is this is awesome. You know, like and I and the whole time he's there, I'm a fucking fanboying out on him. <laughs> and he, you know, and he wants to know about my life. But yeah, but dude, you're a rock star. Go, what, are you, what is it like to design the AI for 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 the game when you're having to deal with input? And he's like why do you care about all this? You're Russell fucking Allen. I'm like, then he got me and it was, it was great. And we, we, you know, so it was a conversation, but at that time in my career, I had no time for any of that stuff. Right. I was too busy boring singing. And you know, so, so during this break, I kind of had this time. So that's kind of what I put my energy toward. Well, yeah. And it, we're I don't gonna... want to tease all your fans, but yeah, this, this would be something really cool. And it would involve Romeo and it would involve other artists to, to do voiceover and music. And it would be awesome. It would be awesome. And there's, I mean, like I said, there's, there's now a few, real significant precedence for exactly what you're talking about. So I, I wouldn't be, it's not, um, you know, it's not crazy. Like, uh, and I think there's an audience for it. Uh, and you guys, of course, because you're established musicians and you've got some uh, name recognition um, and we all, and we know you can write and perform music. I think it's, I think it's cool. We'll, we'll, we'll chat a little bit when we drop here so that we can, we can, uh, all right. see if we can Sounds advance good. that for you. Um, the last thing I would I would ask is then so you we've kind of got a sense of the musical future at least near term for you. Um, do you know on the TSO front if that if is that still a thing or do is it too early to know because of COVID? Well, we're very optimistic about it. I had uh, conversations with uh, with management that you know, obviously we're paying attention to what the industry is doing. Right now, there are concerts being sold. There's concerts being booked. I just heard the Eagles being announced at the Garden. Uh, at our, in August here, uh, so you know we're watching uh, and seeing how those shows, you know, do and how they progress, what their protocols are, how their sales structures are. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm um, I'm very knowledgeable of the business, but obviously I, when it comes to TSO, these are very very experienced management, and and this band's amazing. So I'm very happy to just be a soldier in the king's army, they used to say. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time I'll sail my pirate ship along with the fleet, right? You know, <laughs> I, I, Captain, I love and respect Paul O'Neill so much. And, uh, and he taught me a lot. 
Um, and I was really, really proud, pr very proud to be a part of that group. So, so I, I, I just like most everybody else, I just, um, wait and see, I'm yeah. waiting to see for them to give me my, my, my sailing orders, you know, and, uh, right now it's looking, it's looking really good that we're going to do it. And, um, uh, I hope it stays that way. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, there's always some sort of scare in, in the, in the news about a new variant or this, that, you know, yeah. thing, but, you know, supposedly, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I think the vaccine, obviously the vaccines are doing its job and, and I hope they're going to continue to do their job. You know, if you haven't, if you don't, if you haven't had it yet and, and I, you know, and stuff, I would get the vaccination. I, I'm, I don't really know. It would be great if they had an exemption for people because you're supposed to wait the month, three months, then turn to six months. Now they don't even know how long it's supposed to be for you to get the vaccine after, you know, there's all these different, it's so hard these days that we talked about to get the right information on your health it is. because it's become politicized very frustrating but um but uh, anyway um you know if you've never had it though i would encourage you know you should get it because it's going to allow us to get back out and do these shows you know i mean yeah. um, but I, I understand the risk I, I understand that people might not be comfortable with that it's not fda approved there's a lot, a lot of things going on with it and we have to kind of wait and see i'm really really hoping that things go go well and, and we get through this time but it's uh it's still uncertain so we're kind of waiting but i was i was going to say if you had it would be nice if we had an exemption for people with antibodies because you know, I mean, if it is a natural thing and, it, you know, everything we've ever gotten, the body kind of learns to, to kill, you know, and, right. and it's like, well, then those those vaccine numbers, all of a sudden they shoot from 60 per whatever they are to people with immunities. We've got to be yeah. up there now if people already have had the, the, the disease and survived. I mean, there's way more people that got and survived than it died. Yeah. So if we can factor in those numbers with vaccination. I, I don't know. To me, it's a, I don't just don't, I don't understand why the red team and the blue team hasn't put that in the Kool-Aid punch bowl yet, you know, cause that's a win, right? I mean, I, I don't know. That's just, yeah. it's like, what? Well, think about who, if somebody ran on that with those kind of numbers, you're like, you know, this is my plan and look at the numbers we have. Cause that's all they care about. Right. Yeah, that's right. You know, but to me, it would, it would bring back our industry and bring back everybody in heartbeat, you well, know, without having to have this, this debate about, whether or not these we should have vaccines or not because when you're talking about that question with TSA you're talking about big conscious that we are directly affected by that so I'm I'm encouraging people to do whatever they feel is the best thing to get us back but vaccine would be great you know yeah I think if that's the path forward that's the path forward uh you know um but I just I, you know my optimistic side again I'm, I'm guilty of being too optimistic in this world I know but uh it would be great if people who already had the antibodies and aren't going to get anybody sick and they can't carry enough of a viral load to infect anybody else. If that truly is the case, then the science is what science is saying. And you have the vaccine, which does pretty much the same thing, gives you the infection, then your, you know, your antibodies fight it. Then that's more people that are good, right? So we can open up more things. To me, it just seems like a common sense thing. Yeah. And it'd be nice if they would, they would move in that direction, but I don't, I don't see that anytime soon. I think, you know, we could talk about our conspiracy theories and all this big pharma and all this other garbage, but I, I don't really know the motive, motivation other than that, you know, the vaccine push is going to be the only thing that kind of gets us back, yeah. back. So we're going to wait and see, right? Um, fingers crossed. I, I think it's a good chance. I think people are positive about the vaccination, vaccinations. I mean, there's been some negative press here and there. I, I like I said, I already offered my solution to the world. No one will listen to me anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but, you know, hey, include all the people that didn't, who had it and didn't die. Uh oh, I think we lost Russell. 
he'll probably join us back here shortly. I hope he does so that we can um, we can continue. Uh, I was about to close anyway. Um, while he hopefully uh, joins back on, let me just uh, recap what we heard from Russell in terms of um, where he's at with his future projects. Uh, there's conversation that he's in right now, um, sounds like with Frontiers for another Annette Ozone um, collaboration. And that record, by the way, uh, Worlds Apart, I think is, is the title, is a great record. Um, so that's one thing. He's doing, sounds like one of the most meaningful and near-term projects he's working on is the um, a bunch of this personal music that is um, working from a lot of the tragedy that he's suffered over the past few years. Um, so I'm really excited about that work. So and it sounds like that he feels like he needs to do that before he gets into some other bigger things. Oh, here he is. Let's bring him back in um, so we can pull him on. Must have had a battery thing happen. Hey, man. Hey, can, my 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 PC died. That was great. Ah, uh, so, so funny. I'm, can you hear me? See me? Hear me? Anything? I can hear you, and I see a picture of you. I don't see video. All right, hold on a second. There you there are. There you go. I'm back. Um, that was it, man. They're, they're conspiracy guys were getting. They, that's it. They said, All right, we got to shut this guy off." You know. Yeah, he's, he's, speaking... he's talking common sense. That that that, that, that CM talk is no. That CS talk is no good. Yeah, the, the truth. There's too much truth. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say there. There's. Um, I've seen several domestic tours getting booked, and I know, of course, everything can always turn. Um, we know of that. Of course, but. But between the, the vaccinations and between um, you know, nat natural antibody immunities that have grown, how how much better they know just how to treat it. Like, um, yeah. if you if you end up with it, like all of these factors um, feel like they sh you know are going in the right direction. I think that there's um, tours being booked with that same kind of optimism, and so obviously there's a lot of fans that are hoping TSO is back on the road this holiday. Um, yeah, I mean, well, and I'm 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 obviously one of them. I I I have, uh, you know, I have a lot of love for 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 doing that show. And when when we had lost, you know, Dave, of course, was a big part of that band. He was yeah. there from the beginning, Dave Z. And so, you know, losing him was a big blow to to everybody, especially in that organization. So I always felt, you know, very connected with them because we had kind of had that shared loss together beyond just adrenaline mob. So for me, it was a double a double whammy yeah you know and lost the I, it's like it was like losing two bass players it's like losing two friends it was really strange yeah and so um have i had had an opportunity to sing a song one year uh that the year that he had passed because my therapist had said i should go on that tour you know and and suggested i go my wife supported it i was really in a bad place and so but i i got through it and i had a lot of stuff going on um with my with my health and my mental health at the time um, and so I went, I went and, and did it and I had sang this song of the come all ye faithful, which is in a, in a song called for the sake of our brother. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, I, but I know it well, you know, and I've heard you sing you it. Know, yeah. That, that was a moment where I was, that I, that the, I just let it out. You know, it yeah. wasn't meant to be, Oh, everybody loved me right now. You know, we talk, you know, that ego thing that, you know, I can't stand uh, it, well, it, it lives up there, but for that moment, it was gone, and I, and I, I didn't want it there at all. 
So, and it was, it was like, it, it, it was a standing ovation to stop the show, all this craziness. And it was because I was so grateful for the audience for taking that pain off me for a while. Cause I had been carrying it the whole tour and everybody, I noticed that if I had had a, a mental breakdown or an emotional moment, the whole band was kind of just really go down. You know what I mean? Like they would start, the girls would start to get emotional. The guys would start to get emotional. I'm like, Oh man, Oh man. And you know, even Chris Capper is like, you know, you're, you're the rock here, dude, you're the rock, you know? And so it was a lot to hold on to. And so in that, when I finally got that moment, um, you know, it was probably one of the best moments I've ever had on stage ever, you know, to a, a real moment, you yeah. know, a real emotional moment. And yeah. so, you know, I'm always going to love TSO for that, you know, like yeah. I, that, that experience, you know, was, has helped me heal and uh, helped a lot of us heal. And so uh, I want to get back to that. I, I miss them. I miss, I miss the, uh, that group of people that 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 talent there is great we could talk for days about that but yeah yeah i'm a big i'm a people person man and i and i really think that there's a lot of good folks in that organization so i want to get back to them i miss them i miss being on the on the bus with the guys you know and that i'd sing with and talk about barbershop i'm i've every i've teach them barbershop stuff you laugh (laughs) oh my god it's just such a fun thing to be there with a bunch of singers and and i've never really done anything like that before since i was in high school so it was a it was kind of a cool cool thing to do and so i'm, I'm happy to be a part of that group yeah well we'll we'll definitely watch for the the announcements um you know eventually it'll get back on the road hopefully it'll be this year um well i was telling folks while while you were reconnecting i was kind of recapping your uh, forthcoming hope the, in negotiations but hopefully forthcoming um second sophomore effort with Annette. Um, you've mm-hmm. got the, the personal stuff that you're writing. Um, there is, um, there's obviously potentially the TSO tour, depending on things. And then, and then at some point going back out with Symphony X, um, when, you know, I guess when things open up so that they can feel confident rebooking that tour. Uh, we've already started to be honest with you of actually confirming some shows for next year, but it's all next year. Uh, it's, everything's on the schedule for next year. And, you know, we've, we've got South America run that we did late that, you know, just postponed twice now. Uh, and it it doesn't look like things are really getting better down there anytime soon, obviously. So we're hoping by next year, things get better. The States, you know, uh, is, is things are looking good here, but you know, as long as, as long as all the States are, 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 are cool, you know, cause we, we, can't, we can't just, you know, play in this state, not in that state. Right. Cause this one wants to do something. That one doesn't want to do something that doesn't work for musicians, man, especially yeah. for musicians like us that we, we can't just cherry pick whatever town we want to play because we can afford to have these really nobody can, even the big bands, even like, TSO, we, you know, we, we, a tour works because you go to each place and you play and to get to that place, you, as you, you well know, you've got uh, uh, vehicles that got to get the talent there. You got to get the stage yeah. stuff there. You got to get the lights there. You got to get all the stuff there. You got to pay all the people. You got to feed all the people. You got, you, you miss a couple of shows on a tour. It could be devastating to the, to the success of the, of the tour. Yeah. And so uh, really hoping that things, you know, everybody opens up and gives us a chance to get out there. Cause without that, we're, there's just no way. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. And there's, you know? there's, you know, that what you're talking about is tour routing. Uh, you, if, if there's only yeah. 10 States that say you can play a show, you can't just crisscross the country trying to put that together. Like that's an art form of get, doing tour routing. So you can be in one place and then another place and get things right. set up. You know, people aren't having to drive for 24 hours and, you know, crash. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, 
dude, it looks like it's dark outside where you are. It's late. No, it's just I had to put you on my phone because my, oh, okay. you know, I'm on my oh, that's my right. iPhone. My, I can see my now. lighting all in here is is different, so okay. I can come back into the light. No, 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 it's okay. I was thinking, uh, I was thinking, oh man, he had to walk outside and get cell reception or something. No, no, no. I, I got my Wi-Fi. It's my stupid thing died. You know, I I never talked on it this long before. So you, we've <laughs> we've set a personal set record. A record. So we should be proud, Peter. We should so, be proud. I wanna I wanna do a couple of quick nods. Um. Okay. Uh, folks can find this stuff on that Wikipedia page, which we'll um, link to. There's too many to name. Uh, Russ has done so much. Too many. Too many. Too but many. <laughs> um, some, in addition to Arian, um, has worked with, um, and maybe these just reflect some of my favorites, but you worked with Avantasia, uh, Revamp. Uh, um, I'll probably be pop- talking to Flora here soon. Um, and I know. Cool. Tell her I said hello. She's great. Yeah. So happy for her. Um, DGM, which is great band. Um, Great I, guy, not I, a bunch of friends of mine. Yeah, I um, Ice Earth, like the 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 list of like really significant um, acts that um, have wanted Russell to participate is is um, I think is another hallmark of of his stature inside the rock and metal community yeah. as a vocalist. So I just wanted to be sure and make yeah, that was mentions. that was fun. They're doing that song with uh, Michael Polson. Uh, he was on that song I did with with uh, the Ice Earth guys. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we did a cover of uh, Johnny Cash, uh, the the Journeyman uh, st- uh, tune. Oh, and, I um, heard that. I'm gonna have to go listen. Back. To that. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. And and Polson's performance is great on there. He's got such a cool voice, Michael. Uh, you know, had had the pleasure of spending time with him too over, over the years, and, and getting to hook up with him at some festivals and hang out and stuff. And uh, but yeah, uh, you know, the collaborations I've had with were with some amazing, amazing artists, you know, and I'm looking forward to doing more. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun for me. I, like I said, like I, I am, I, we had Lizzie Hale come up one time in Tennessee and, and, uh, and sing with us. And, uh, you know, she's such a, she's probably one of the best female voices, you know, I've heard in rock and since whatever, Ann Wilson, you, yeah. you know, for sure. And she's just, just a powerhouse, really sweet, sweet, sweet lady. And, uh, you know woman whatever you know she was she was very young back then you know to compared to my old ass right uh but you're not uh, that old I man could, I, was, I was so honored I, well you're, you're kind you're kind i was so honored to have her up there and i was like yeah this is lizzie yeah let, let her sing a song she, she sang her, a, a, a song i think with the band and then we did the duet together uh you know she's great and then she she had us out on tour with them down in south america we had a good time down there she she's the headliner and she'd come out and sing with me as an opener on there and i just thought man that's a stand-up thing this this woman is the shit she's the real deal yeah. uh and so a lot of love for her and, and um i don't know man i mean i should reach out to her and see if she wants to do something yeah, that, that 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 was a fun time you know uh again i love working with with artists and and, and creating something with them and harmonizing with them goes back to my barbershop roots of how fun it is to harmonize with yeah. other singers. Uh, so there's just some magic in there, you know, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. So yeah, well, look, 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 looking forward to all that stuff. It translates. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a musician, but I'm also a fan and I can tell you that uh, all the things that we've talked about, the life experience, um, all that stuff translates when you perform. Um, and I, it's um, just to be really honest with you, it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. Um, I have vocal heroes and you're one of them. So it was, um, it, it served the audience, but it was a little bit, it was a little bit selfish, Russ. <laughs> a little self-serving. Yeah. Uh, there might be a pirate in you after all. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of a uh, little bit of that. 
Um, self-serving pirate independence <laughs> there. I like it. I like it. So the, the last question I always ask, um, and maybe we've kind of already hit this. I think we already have, but I usually like to ask in, in addition to the music, if there's a mount or like a, a mountain you want to climb metaphorically, maybe it's literally. Climb that, any mountain. <laughs> you know, it, it could, yeah. it doesn't have to be creative. It could be like, I've always wanted to be a welder and you know, what's the, is there something that's like back there huh. that. Well, it's it's funny you say that. I mean, I built. I always wanted to build my own boat, right? You know, I, but I kind of built a pirate ship in my backyard. But that's not really like a real boat, right? I always like carpentry is a cool thing. I I, I enjoy that woodworking things like that. And um, I just built my own, like a really cool uh, flower box, you know, elevated uh, bed stuff like that. And I I do a lot of a lot of stuff around the house. Um, that would be something I'd love to do. And, and of course, we already touched on it. My pipe dream of, of getting producing a, a video game, and that—that's what I was going to say. Be yeah. Awesome, man. That's like that's like my it's my secret, you know, dream. You know, it's like uh, you know, it's it's just something I've always been passionate about. And uh, you know, I, to to me too, it's really cool if you can take a, a hobby or an interest like that. That you know, people can argue, oh, you know, you're wasting all your time with those stupid games. I mean, I've, I've put plenty of hours in some of these games. Let me tell you, you know, it's a, I, I got into that more than in, you know, watching movies at a time, you know, like my media entertainment became that, you know, like uh, interactive media, which is really gaming. Right. But I always like games with good stories, like the Witcher three was really cool oh, yeah. and, and things like that, where you've got these really great sort of like, uh, you know, oblivion of the elder school stuff. Um, that you know that was kind of like get my wheels turning with with romeo to say like hey we could we could do something really cool here you know we've already written backstories basically on the five album of this atlantean thing we could do all sorts of cool stuff and i just thought it would be a great medium to 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 kind of use all this knowledge i've acquired but what some people would consider useless like my wife is not obviously a big fan of me you know, play, playing games and stuff like that. Sometimes I should be doing other things, but I make up for it. I do a like, you know, a lot around the house and I coach football with my, with, with the kids and, but it would be cool. And I, I always, you know, like the idea of taking a knowledge that you might have and, and turning it into something uh, creative, productive, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I even contemplated teaching, uh, which is something I still might do. I've, I've never really given, formal like vocal lessons i've done some clinic tours things like that in my career but um i thought that would be something interesting too and maybe to tackle at some point i have to you tell know, you to, if you did that like and i'm not i'm not blowing sunshine up here but um some of the some of my my friends in my local metal community when i told them that i was going to have you on the show they like they just wanted me to spend the whole time asking all, all the vocal tips because they love the way you sing so much Right. Uh, and I can guarantee you, I can send you students that would take your class. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's, it's something I think about, but, but the thing is, you know, yeah, I can give you exercises and I can teach you the, these sorts of things, but a lot of the, a lot of what I'm even speaking to you about is that is really at the core of what makes it work for me. And, and, uh, and I think it have, have helping people, I would like to help people develop that within themselves you know yeah. because singing really is is just a an extension think of like a knight right and the sword is an extension of the arm right so your voice is an extension of your brain of your thought of your feelings the voices so your speaking voice is really the starting point 
You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I totally do. So nobody, no one's ever really taught like that. And so I, I think that's something I could offer to people. And again, it's using that we talked about these analogies like the water skiing and, and life experiences and how we can find that water skier in, in, in you, you yeah. know, and, and get you to understand what that's all about. So when you're up there performing, whether it's in front of a mic in a studio or in front of a mic in a stadium, you're able to get up on that ski and you're able to cut outside the wake whenever you want. You're feeling good about it because that's yeah. really what it boils down to. Singing is a lot about confidence. Um, yes, you know, some people have to train harder than others in technical aspects. That's a given. But that's it. That's that would say those two things. I love to produce a game and I, I love to, again, share that kind of knowledge with people. So it's, it's something that's on my radar. I was thinking about doing it during the pandemic. Um, but, um, I just wasn't really re- up for it. I wasn't up to it at the time. So yeah. cause I, you know, I don't do anything less than, than, than I don't even be half-assed. It's hundred percent with me. I, I, I'll invest, invest myself in the people that I work with, uh, completely. And I would do that with students as well. So it's, it's more than just a, Hey, you know, whatever, take my course. It's like, okay. I think for me, I, I would probably do it in more of, um, a style or a format that's more of a, I don't want to use the word elite, but, you know, an advanced, you know, sort of thing. I, I really feel like I could help people who already kind of know the basics uh, to achieve a higher, a higher level for them. Yeah. Not to say I wouldn't, you know, take all comers, but that, like you said, I think opening the floodgates would be too overwhelming for me. Uh, you know, I would just yeah. be like bombarded because I, this is something I've been asked about my whole career, you know, Hey, can you give me some tips? Hey, can you do it? And t- yeah, the tips are great, but understanding that the deeper, you know, the deeper, the deeper mechanics of not just the physical stuff that you need to do to practice on, but the, the deeper understanding of what you're doing yeah. will help to translate into, into a scene. Well, a lot of comments I get compliments, I should say, is that my longevity, I've, I've seen YouTube videos and guys like study my longevity and how I've been able to sing you know, like this for so long and they're pretty, they're pretty close to spot on. I would say they're very, these are intelligent guys. They, they get it. They can break down. You can look at anything from an analytical point of view and break it down and, and, and apply basic, you know, science, if you will, to, to figure out what's going on. But, yeah. you know, the, the, one of the things I've, I've shared over the years is the ability to make my lines as natural as possible, uh, as much as close to the spoken words, uh, you know, meter as possible. And that makes it really easy to sing uh, uh, over time. Uh, because um, if you can speak it, it's it's better. If you can't speak your lines in singing, you know, then it's, it's a problem. And that's a huge tip. There's a freebie for everybody. There but go. it goes more than that. It's, it's, yeah. it's developing, you know, how you do that, what, and what you're looking for. And so... Um, there's some cool things I'd love to share with people about, about that. So that'd be probably the other, the, those two things, teaching and, and singing and, and doing uh and making a video game with, uh, with my, with doing voiceovers and even having some friends come on and do some cool stuff. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, yeah. that's it. Well, um, we'll see if we can't help you with that one. And I, I think on the, oh, that'd be cool. on the other, on the other, um, I think there's a, that would uh, meet an un, met need uh what you're talking about because there i've seen um i've looked around i i studied voice with a guy by the name of david kyle he taught ann wilson and lane staley and jeff tate and a bunch of those cats and so i learned a a technique and all of that 
but he he taught and he taught the sort of remedial stuff or the or the 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 block and tackle stuff. But then he would go to a mm -hmm. different place, like you're you're describing. I, and when I look around YouTube, I see plenty of really good vocal instructors who are kind of teaching a lot of different avenues to get at some of the same basic techniques. And that's critical stuff for people who don't do it naturally. But this this mm -hmm. added layer you're talking about is not something. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist somewhere, but I've not seen that. So um, that sort of approach at taking like maybe students who've already sort of um, put that other stuff into their voice and then taking them to another level, coupled with the fact that you, you have the credentials to do it. I mean, you, like you, the bona fides, as they say, you've been doing it for how you know decades. I think that's a real yeah. thing, man. I think um, that's something for you. To, it's obviously time takes, you know, but... Uh, that would I, I know I know singers who are already wanting to kind of graduate into something that's like that. Um, so I think, you know, if you decide you're going to do that, I think there's people out there who love it. Uh, well, thank you. I, I, I really feel like uh, you nailed it already. There is the, the hesitancy was time. So, yeah. you know, there's obviously I really wasn't prepared mentally to be kind of doing that yet. But uh but it's crossed my mind before the pandemic, of course, I was really busy, you know, and, and, and then with the pandemic, I was like, Oh, you know, but I was having some, some issues at the, during that time. Uh, Cause I was kind of depressed. I was falling into depression again. Cause I had just started, we talked about it, got over that sort of yeah. that, that sphere of touring with Tiffany X and then the, and then the, and then the, you know, having that whole thing happen really sucked. And, you know, um, I had gotten injured on the TSO tour during rehearsals. It took me out of that, yeah. out of that right at that time so i was pretty pretty banged up in a bad place um you know just wasn't really able to do it but it crossed my mind but now i'm sort of like we talked about you know i'm looking at the everything's opening up again i you know before i get too crazy busy i don't know i might i i might even start doing this right away now that we're talking about it because i just feel positive about everything i i feel like the momentum's going to pick up and all of a sudden i'm just going to be singing my butt off and having more work than ever in terms of like being i have an opportunity to get out and and, and sing again so that's gonna that's gonna hurt my ability to teach because um you know it's an like you said it's a huge investment in time so yeah. that's something that that um you know if i can if i can work on getting that going in my breaks it would be cool because then i could do that when i'm home I need to do it when I'm home. I can't do that on the road. It's just impossible. Yeah. I just, it'd be cool to do like a special session on the road and, and, you know, and, and do something cool like that, which is like an, an interactive Q and a kind thing with, with uh, students or yeah, having man. them walking them through my day, which would be pretty cool, which could be its own kind of thing. I know, you know that, that a lot of people like to see that, not just singers, but, but everybody wants to see that kind of thing. Right. But for singers, I can walk them through this specifically what I do on my on my show days and, and i've never things like i've never cool. seen that that like uh you could like um if you were like not to manage you, what you're trying to do but if you did if you put together a series of videos that spoke to this thing that could be available you know maybe for purchase or or whatever no matter when people come to it so that you you know it's not only when you're personally available you could then open up those moments for that where you can whether you're home or on the road to talk to students directly. And if one of those was this thing you're describing, which I think is really exciting of a, here's a day in the life of a touring metal musician who's having to sort of do, you know, vocalize at a really high level. Um, that would be, uh, vocalists would love it, but everybody would love that peek behind the curtain to go through that day. Um, I've never seen that before. 
that's a cool idea. So yeah, it's, hopefully someone will steal it from me, you know, because there's a lot of pirates <laughs> out there. But yeah. uh, you know, I, I, it's all good. I, I I'll get on it, but I, I don't have an opportunity to do that yet. No one can steal it yet for me because no one's out no there, one's right? Out. So yeah. once once we get all out there. You know, I, that's easy for me to do. I can just use my own phone and film that right. stuff and just have a crew guy film my shows yeah. and then, uh, you know, have a, edit it myself or have a buddy edit it for me and then stick it out to, like you said, I, I think that's really what, you know, needs to be shown. Like, I agree with you. I have not yet seen that. I've studied a lot of other guys and, 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 and their curriculum and how they're approaching it. My wife being a teacher has been helpful and, and for me kind of trying to organize my own, you know, curriculum, how I would teach. And, and I, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I was, I hated, I, I didn't, I shouldn't say I hated school, but I wasn't the best student. I was great on the field. I was great in the theater. I aced a lot of my tests, but homework just sucks. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so how did I do it? How did I make it work? Well, I found things that, that excited me and I used that as inspiration to get better. Right. Musical genres like barbershop, thinking yeah. outside the genre that I, that I was, doing that I like so much, but opening my mind and opening my, my consciousness to these other forms. And then eventually it, it helped me to be better at metal. You know, yeah. uh, I think that's the big thing. And a lot of people will talk about that, not, you know, it's not, it's not, not that it's not cool, but it's like, you know, what is that? What is that? How's that going to help me with my guttural singing? How's that going to help me? Well, it, you know, you gotta, I can, I, I don't never saw that. And I think it's important for people to see that what, what could be achieved is, 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 is uh is completely uh there's no limit is if you open yourself up hey you might be the next person to discover how uh how you you can meld a couple different things and create a whole new subgenre just because you were brave enough to go out there and take a chance on things uh that's from the that's from the creative side on the practical side yeah from the day-to-day how i operate i wouldn't say that i made the best example all the time you know i I, i've I've had my my rum bottles uh, on stage as many people have seen me over the years but there is a method to my madness and i've never really shared any of those things with anybody so that that, i think that'd be kind of cool it would be be cool for for singers to see that and what what the pros and cons are living that lifestyle and is and how you can uh you can get through it and still have have your gift you know yeah uh you know, I've been, I've been called old leather lungs and I got a lot of nicknames from guys. Cause that's a cool you know, one. Cause my, yeah. Let old leather lungs, you know, cause I was, I'm in, I'm able to like, you know, a lot of years I was able to, to do my gig whale and, and kill it every night and, and also kill about a bottle of rum, you know, sometimes too, I was, you know, not necessarily, I'm really proud of that, but uh, the, everything in moderation, right. You know, yeah, that's yeah. kind of like the key to, to everything in life. And it kind of applies with, with that too. I, I'm only, I mean, I'm human. I can only do so much before, yeah, it's going to affect me. But just having the strength of will is a big deal. Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing, you know. And I, I got certain methods I've, I've developed. You know, I wouldn't say method methodologies or methods, but there's things that I've experienced and, and taken on that uh, just anecdotally could help because uh, people can always find a similarity in their life based on a story that I could tell them, and how I've been able to use that to increase my willpower you know and um anyway i don't want to get too deep in all this but you know those are there's a lot of things that singers have to be aware of and and focus on not just the actual singing of the notes because that's not what that's that that's important you don't want to fucking you know be off key and all this other crap but it's all about your your it's all about your ability to to translate 
the message. I mean, yeah. that's really what it boils down to. And, and understanding the nuances of how to do that and the style in a cool way that you're comfortable with, that's real because people can smell phony, you know? Yeah. And that, that's really the, the things that uh, if I was to give like sort of, a, that would be more of like a stagecraft, I think, uh, you know, portion of what I would teach people. Uh, like you were talking about day in the life, a stagecraft acting. And then, and then the other side of it, I was thinking is would be more in, if the, in, in the, uh, in the realm of creative writing and, and, uh, and vocalization of, uh, of lyrical content and, and making sure that you, you fully understand and you are present in, in the material. Yeah. That's a big deal. And yeah. how to become present in the material. Those, these are all things that I, I think would be very beneficial and i don't see like you said too much talked about i don't really see too much talked about no it's i so. I, I i don't think um it's also something I, I think is hard to teach if you've not actually done it um uh, so there's some vocal coaches who are um about pedagogy you know they've they've studied the way the throat works and uh, they can make a note there's a great old quote from um, mash where guy says you know i can play the notes i can't make music and you're talking, some of the things you're describing is our intent, like in football parlance or intangibles, things you can't coach. Um, right. Or, 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 or at least they're not, they're not like, well, I can make you faster. I can make you, I can teach you the, the, where to cut. I can, I can teach you where, what your assignment is. But football intelligence, like that's a, that's a different kind of skill. And um, you're talking about a family of things you do that um, I, um, even if someone, by the way, even if someone else is doing this kind of training, um, what you would do would be really unique. I think this interview is a well, testimony of that because of all of the experience you would bring to bear on it. Right. And, and, and I, and I would be very, the, the, the lessons would be very similar to this, this exchange we're having here because the, uh, the honesty of it is what you're going for. Right. So the honesty of the, well, the lesson is to is for the, the student to absorb the the meaning of the lesson. You know, yeah. it's not just like you said. I, 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 I think being a coach is probably the best angle for me. Oh, I, yeah. Being a vocal coach is better than being a vocal instructor. Right. You know, I, I think you know, uh, you know, you can go go to the instructor to learn what you want to learn in terms of physical achievement. You know, but if you want to learn how to transcend that and go to the next level and become a you know, from learning the moves and, 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 you know, actually started in the game, you know, that's, that's where I can get you, I can get you to start in the game, yeah. you know, like, and that's, that, that's the thing to be a starter and, and, uh, and be on the stage and be in command of that stage and, and be in command in the studio and be in command of the song, you know, and that's probably the thing uh, that would be what I would focus on and where my knowledge would be, uh, be very useful for, for, for artists because, uh, that's the real trick. That's the million dollar question. How do I get there? How do I get to that level yeah. and be able to sustain that on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the trick, you know, um, that's Absolutely. the real trick for the trade, in my opinion. You know? uh, hundred, like those two things, um, especially not especially, but you adding the second one is really key, which is um, doing that on a tour, um, especially, and I've talked about this with other vocalists, but like a lot of the conditions of a tour conspire against the vocalist, you know, amount of sleep, diet. Um, you have a biological instrument in a way that the other members of the band don't. Um, so being able to like old leather lungs, if you're able to sustain that over time, especially singing music, by the way, that's pretty athletic to sing. Um, yeah. When you combine all of that, like you, 
talking about the ways in which you accomplish that. That's also something I've not seen in, in uh, vocal coach. So um, I'm not, and I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm sure someone will send me an email. Oh, do you know about this guy? That's um, sure. I actually know most of the vocal online vocal coaches. Cause I, I always go back and compare them to David and see if I feel like mm -hmm. they pass mustard. Um, but what you're talking about is not something I've seen. So, uh, you know, I, I don't need to try and burden your time on it, but boy, if, if you find the, the wherewithal to, to do this thing for vo for vocal students and even just musicians, I think you have uh, I think that's a home run. I really do. So uh, I, well, thank you. I, I think, it, I think it's needed and, and it's missing, you know, um, the, the thing is trying to, like you said, I, I'm not knocking anybody and I, I'm very, very happy that there are people out there on, on the internet that are, that are offering these things and teaching, you know, because we talked about music education, lack, lack thereof. And yeah. so this is great. These, these people are out there doing this. And so my, my question is, well, what can I bring to the table? What, what can I, and that, that's what I can offer. I, I can offer those type of things that are a little more advanced in terms of um, it's almost like a psychological thing more than anything. It's, it's a, it's psychological training and, and uh, mental toughness and, and, and bringing my football experience into my music career has helped, you know, how do I, how do I get the mental, mental toughness to do this? Um, how do I, like you said, uh, 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 avoid landmines, if you will, out there on the road of, uh, you know, excessive, uh, you know, living and, uh, and living under, under duress, uh, you know, constantly being under pressure uh, to stay healthy. How do you, how do you do that? These, these are all like, you know, there's always tech, everybody's different. So you got to find what works for you in a lot of cases, but there are some, some common, some common things that, that are, that are, that are common as human beings that, 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 that work, you know, that yeah. you can, that I can, that can show people, but, but yeah, I think um, it's needed and, and it's, I haven't really seen it talked about much and, you know, maybe like you said, I'm, I'm the right person to do that. And I can, I can uh, really, really bring out that inner rock star in everybody that to have to go up there every night and know that even if they're not feeling hundred percent, they're going to be at their, their best, you yeah. know, that's, that's really what I do. Uh, even if I'm not feeling at my best, I, I go out there and, and, uh, and I'm able to push myself just like a professional athlete or anybody else that is on, on a, on a big stage and has a lot of eyes on them and people listening. Uh, and, um, you gotta, you know, there's the ways you get to learn to love that pressure you know, you learn to love the challenge of getting out there, like the funnest, the best shows, man, I've ever had has been when I'm fucking wiped out, wiped the fuck out yeah. and not thinking I can even get through the night, you know, and all of a sudden there's this, there's a place you can find, you know, I found it. I find it all the time, yeah. you know, knock on, knock on wood. Right. And I find that place. And, and the, those are the nights where I'm just, God, I'm a God up there. It's yeah. like, you know, not, it, you know, the ego is just jerking off up there because it's so happy. Right. My, my ego's like, yo, you're killing it, dude. I'm like, I know this is crazy. Right. <laughs> but it's because it's because I figured out how to, how to, to pull deep down and, and get that thing from, from the depths. I mean, that's really where it comes from. It's not, it's not here, man. It's not here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not here. Any good vocal coach would tell you it's never here. It's, it's down here, yeah. right? Down in, in the bowels and the abdomen. But it's deeper than that. It's below the abdominal area. It's in the gut. You know, it's, it's, it's all the way down to your, to your freaking crotch, you know? <laughs> and it's not a masculine, feminine thing. It's just, it's, you know, 
I, I think, you know, you know, I'm not a big, you know, follower of the Eastern, you know, religions and stuff, but you talk about chakras and these energy points in the body. And I'm, I'm pretty, pretty convinced, you know, from my experience that this, these are real things. Yeah. And when you can bring that energy up through you, you know, then singing becomes, you know, really easy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a powerful thing. Uh, so there's definitely things you can do to, to, to encourage that reality, you know, to, to be there for you when you need it. Yeah. Uh, and that I've, 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 I've had it happen to me, you know, it's, it's not, it's not some sort of hokey bullshit out of body experience. That's not what I'm talking about. It's about inner strength, you know, and it, it, that you don't even probably realize you have. Yeah. And, and, and everybody has access to it. It's just a matter of how do I tap into that? You know? Yeah, I I 100% agree with your talk. What you're talking about. I mean, there's a lot of colloquial phrases that describe this, like uh, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and all this stuff. And they, th these kinds of things mm -hmm. get sort of shunted aside in, in modern day. Um, I I feel like when people have conversations, like, oh, well, you're not acknowledging, you know, um, this or that. It's like, well, maybe. But the idea that you have um, some sort of inner strength that you could tap. Um, and that is yours and available to you and teaching you how to get to that, man, that's a, that's, that's more than a vocal skill. That's a life skill. Um, I mean, I know you exactly, but you, that's what, that's what coaches do. Right, dude. Yeah. I mean, come on, think about your, your football coaches. I, I, the best, the best compliment I could ever get from, um, from anybody that I've coached, I'll see these kids in town or something, you know, like, like, you know, I had a one kid I was coaching. He, uh, he, he was a lineman. He never played football before. And he was 25 pounds over the weight limit. Okay. And so I was encouraging this kid every day. You can, you can do this. You have the strength in you to make this change, this body change. If you, and, and, and we need you, we need you. And you started instilling that sense of like, Hey, this family needs you out there. You are a big part of this. He lost, he lost 25 something pounds before within the, before the weigh-in. It was such an inspiration to the entire team. It was yeah. great. Years later, I see him. He's working at the restaurant in town, and he's and I'm going on. He, I, you know, didn't even know he was there. He goes, "Hey, coach, coach, how's it going? How you doing?" I'm like, "Johnny, that's that you?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah." I goes, "How's it going, man? Great. I'm playing in school. I, I I'm, I'm doing really well, and and blah blah blah." And that just that that the the eyes brighten up and the the just the feeling of how grateful they are that you were there for them to coach them, not only just in the sport, but bring something out inside of them that they didn't know that they had. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing because that's why the, the, they, they, it's such a good feeling for me, you know, as a, as, as to be a coach. And so that's kind of coaching football kind of led me to thinking, well, maybe I can coach people how to, how to do what I do, you know, on this level. Cause yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's really where kind of that came from, but yeah, you, I, I think it would be uh, a great experience, but you know, like you said, you've got a lot of people out there that get, they get, they get so hung up on the technique. Right. And I've even done vocal clinics for the kids guys, notebook out. And he's like, I'm like, you know, well, what, so what are you, what are you writing there? He goes, Oh, I, I'm writing. I want to know how you hit this certain note and where the tongue is in your mouth. I'm all right. And I'm sitting there going, okay, you, you're not listening to anything I'm saying, you know, you're, yeah. you're not writing down anything that I'm really telling you right now. And he, unfortunately for that particular individual, he couldn't grasp the concept. You know, he couldn't grasp what I was saying. He was there to, like you said, learn some tricks, 
Yeah. Well, listen, man, there's no tricks. There's no tricks. You, you know, and it's not an either you got it or you don't think. It's it's really about how deep are you willing to dig to get there? Yeah. That's what we tell our players in sports, right? How deep are you willing to dig? How hard are you willing to work to get yourself mentally and physically prepared to do this? And that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. The techniques, that's, you know, I leave that to the position coach. You go, you know, that's where you have football, right? <laughs> that's you know? right. That's right. Hey, you want to learn how to, you want to learn how to be a running back? Well, the position coach is right over there. Yeah. When, when you're ready to learn how to, how to, you know, win the game, you know, then we're going to talk. Yeah. Now, now you understand how your position operates. Now we, I can teach you how to, how to, how to see the field, yep. you know, and how to make your decisions. That's out a really there. good analogy. And that's, yeah. And that's kind of what I'd like to bring to it, you know, because, um, um, like I said, I, it feels like that's the knowledge that, that that's, has value of share to share. Yeah. Cause I think you can go to any of these fine teachers out there, yeah. like you were, you mentioned and, and get that kind of, you know, information yeah. from them and get those. I'm not them. trying to yeah, run I them can down do exercises, breathing exercises and, and stuff, but I'd rather get you, I'd rather get you, you know, thinking about, thinking about the bigger picture, you know? Yeah. You know, I, so, so yeah, I want to be clear. That's what I, I am with it. I'm not trying to run down any, any, um, vocal training um, or vocal trainer that's online or, or in person. There's, there's more than, and the other true thing I think is that um, sometimes it's about how you connect with the coach or with the trainer. Um, they might be mm -hmm. a fine trainer and you guys just, that's don't, everything, right? That's everything. So, so if these guys are, are doing good and I, I'm, they've got, you know, lots of success. Um, but I think, I think we just are kind of emphasizing the point that, um, there's guys that can teach that what you're talking about is, is an, an, what I call intangibles. And, um, yeah. my vocal coach did that. Like, in fact, that's where we spent most of our time in our vocal sessions. It wasn't how high can I sing or did I get the scale right or that stuff? Like that was just, you know, that was part of it. It was the other stuff. Like he would spend a good half of our lesson, um, telling stories. Uh, like I called him my own personal Yoda. And all of my confidence and everything <laughs> came from that. And um, you, you, you're in a unique position to share, not just because you have the ability, but because you have the experience. You're road tested. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I like that. Could be a, could be the Yoda, or, or should I be? <laughs> yeah, Yoda's good. Yoda's good. I, you know, I don't want to be Vader. No, <laughs> even though I sound like Vader. Personal Vader. Vader. You know, the dark yeah. side, of course. I, I know the dark side. That too, would go so. more with metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be it here. probably would. I'm the Darth Vader of heavy metal now, Greg. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, Emperor Palpatine at your service. Uh, yeah. the, the thing, the thing that that you know, like you said though, that 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 to me is a great teacher, a great coach in terms of what uh, you know you're taking away from it. It's yeah, there's some anecdotal stuff I can dig into stories. People, people will just there's people out there will, that would just take courses for me just to hear that. Now, I sure. know that. Yeah. You know, but I really want to kind of. I don't know. I, I, you know, been thinking about, about this and trying to put some thought into, you know, if I did pursue this for real, there would have to be a process, you know, of selection. Uh, this would be a selection process for me uh, yeah. to select people that I think I could, I could work with and, and help, you know, cause it's like, um, you know, if, if it's just a, you know, if it's just a thing where I'm trying to 
make a profession out of it, then there wouldn't be any of that. I would just take open the doors and start, you know, the Russell Allen school of vocalization. Right. I mean, yeah. that's not what I'm trying to do here. I, you know, I, I think it'd be better to make it more, like I said, in, 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 you know, an advanced or an elite sort of a thing where, you, you know, you're dealing with people kind of like, well, you know, if, if Tiger Woods is going to go get a golf coach, for example, you know, he's going to get a guy who can train a professional. So not to say that I, I'm only looking to train, teach professionals, that's not what I'm saying, but people who are wanting to perform at that, at the level that I'm at, that's you right. know, yeah. and, and want to want to be at this point where they're touring and they're, and they're really, you know, under the gun, you know, trying to get that job done every night Then you know, yeah. But it all starts in the studio, man. And yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say too much, you know, so I'm giving all my, all my tricks. Don't, yeah, say, there's, say, there's, there's no tricks. There's just, there's methods, you know, yeah. there, there's methods and everyone's method is a little different, but I said, there's, there's some common things that I find that that can work for everybody. And then, you know, then working with the individual as how they want to apply that is really the trick, right. To get them to understand the concept and then apply the concept and have actual progression, yeah. which is the most satisfying thing to me as a coach. So I think, you know, vocal instructor, teacher, that's not my title. I, I like coach, man. I, I think yeah. being a, a coach is a good thing. Yeah. It, Cause the, you're, yeah, it goes with you. It, I mean, you're, you're, um, like I I haven't seen you coach, but hearing you talk about the way you work with the kids, um, uh, you know I think you I think that that's a by the way I think that's also a, a gift. I don't think because I don't know about you, but I certainly had coaches in high school because I played multiple sports who weren't good coached yeah. weren't good coaches. Like they knew the sport and they could tell me how the, yeah. how the rules work. But then I had coaches, and the coaches got more from me, you know, more from my ability because they knew how to coach. And, uh, my, my gut tells me that's you. So I, um, yeah, man, uh, you think hard about that, that that'd be a service for a lot of folks. I will. This has been an enlightening conversation to <laughs> say the least. My friend. So I, I, again, I, I appreciate you having me on the show and, uh, and, and having a chance to kind of re just reconnect with everybody again. You know, yeah. it's been a long time since I've been, uh, been able to do something like this. And this is, a, and, and again, uh, when I, when my management had approached me about ha being on your show, um, I was really, I was really looking forward to it because it, it gives, this gave me an opportunity to just kind of speak openly with, with you in this, in this format and be able to go deep on a lot of things and, and just to, to be able to speak. I love this new thing that, that you guys do now because it's so much cooler than the old, um, you know, when we used to put an album out, I'd have, I'd have about, I'd have, a, a, you know, 20 interviews in a day, each of them are 30 minutes. And the journalists, you know, I feel, feel for the guys. Oh, hey, Mr. Alex, okay, so first question is A, B, C, okay. And, and, you know, and you don't really get a chance to really get in anything. Yeah. And then you're hanging up the phone and you're on to the next one. And I mean, for me, this is like, this is great. I can do a couple of these and then boom, you know, that everyone's got a real good sense of, of where I'm at and how I'm feeling. And, and, you know, and stuff like that and 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 it's because of this 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 format that, that i i really like this so so open conversation format in these podcasts it's, it gives it gives the listeners a chance to really get to know yeah. get to know the the person being interviewed which is really cool so so dude i'm really happy that, that i did it and i hope your audience uh you know is is entertained by this if, if nothing else yeah and uh well, look forward to, to bringing back out there and singing for them again yeah well we'll 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 all be watching for that and we'll we'll provide some uh, links so people can stay abreast of you and that's exactly like you hit on it exactly um 
I don't, I'm not really interested in, in the kinds of interviews or conversations. I call them conversations that you get when people are doing a press cycle. Um, you know, the, yeah, that was the word, that was the word that escaped me. Yes. The press cycle. Thank press you. Thank cycle. you. No, I, I, in fact, I, when I talked to, to Dan managers and stuff, I said, look, that's not what this is. I, of course, it's all sort of trying to create exposure for the artist, but it's not, Hey, here's the 10 questions that, they've answered so many times that it, it's got to just bore the hell out of the artist to me. Um, but let's, let's do something to where um, people start to really get interested in who they are and can connect with their art in, in new ways. And that's what excites me about these conversations. Um, and that's, it's why I don't do them with everybody because um, it, it takes to do this. It, you know, you do a little preparation and you try and have some thought. You don't just show up with the 10 questions that everybody else asks. At least that's not the goal. <laughs> right, right. Well, you're you're like a coach of a podcast in a way. So see, you you <laughs> you coax your 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 the person you're interviewing and to open up and to speak and and uh, that's why I was excited to do this because it's um it's uh, something I'm feeling I'm very comfortable doing. So for, yeah. for me, it's been a lot of fun and uh, you know having open conversation and uh, about everything from we touched on so many great things, uh, so many cool you know, points, not just, you know, but it all revolves around the art, right? It all revolves sure. around music in a way. And uh, everything that we touch in our lives, uh, in a sense, uh, is what we bring, what we, we bring to the art that we produce. So that's, that's relevant. So absolutely, um, it's important that, uh, you know, your listeners understand that it's, it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a given everybody kind of knows that but not a lot of people spend a lot of time actually talking about it you know yeah. like you know um you know you can delve people delve deep into the again the technical side of writing songs okay well how do i do this am i going to do a a b b or are we going to do a b a b and then c we're going to drop the bridge here and is that is that the format is that a successful format you know the answer is there is no magic formula that's right there are there are like i said common threads to to structure of a song uh but there's ways i found within a very complex structure to bring accessible lines that are memorable and and relatable because of the approach that i take in creating them so that's a whole other lesson in itself right yeah, um and 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 that's that's like again it's, it really draws from from this whole idea of of what influences you you know you got to find what moves you and that's the only way you're going to be able to move others is to be able to, to translate those things into song or into art in some way shape or form and that's what that's what's all about and that's what everyone's striving to do and i i get caught up too in my in my own traps i mean we all sure. fall into you know you you get i've been overcritical at times of my work and it, it stifled my creativity because I get to a point where we all hit the wall, right? The writer's block, or we get to that point where we're really not happy with something. And how do you overcome that? You know, uh, it, 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 sometimes you got to step away from something for a while. You got to let it simmer. I like yeah, to say, you know, yeah. just like cooking, cooking a good sauce, right? You got to let it simmer. You can't, you can't turn the heat up on it. It's just going to make, it's just going to ruin the dish. Right. You're going to ruin the meal. Right. Just let it simmer for a little while. You know, yeah. it'll come. Flavor's going to come out of it. Just give it some time. Yeah. And sometimes that's the, that's the best solution. It's almost always the best solution is to let that idea simmer for a bit, come back to it later and then take a big bite of it and see how it tastes. 
And if you that. like the way it tastes, you're like, hey, you're onto something. But if you're like, whoa, you know what? It's like this, but it needs a little bit more spice here. And then boom, there it is. And you add it in there. And all of a sudden that idea you had, that song you had, that inspiration you had gets to that next level just because you let it simmer for a little while. You know, these are things that, 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 that are, that are hard mental. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're, 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 they're easy for some people, you know, to have that mental capacity in order to be that patient with something. But some people, you know, you, you got, they need some training. They, they need to understand that that's, it's okay. You, you don't have to get it done today. You know, you don't got to get it done right now. You're not going to lose it. You know, the fear of losing it, I think is what, what forces people to write things that aren't their best. Yeah. You know, you're not going to lose that. It's going to be there. You know, it's going to be there when it needs to be there. And understanding that is real, really important to getting to the, to your, to your finish line, to getting to your goal, you know, of being, putting the best of what you want to say, what you, what you want, what you feel on tape, you know, to, yeah. well, not tape, but you get the, you get no, the I get expression. It, yeah. yeah. You're talking, you know, in a, in another part of my life where I write books, um, we call it trusting the process. Um, ah, and it's hard because it's, it's yeah. accomplishing success and telling a story happens in as many different ways as there are writers. But you have to, at some point, you have to kind of trust the process. And um, that it's it's because it's not something you can hold and it's not a paint by numbers. It, that can feel people can feel insecure about it. But you're, what you're describing is that, um, you know, a musician, songwriter can trust the process. It, the, it's going to come. Uh, forcing it's just going to make it come out badly, probably. Mm. Uh, well, that's that's the old saying, right? I mean, you know. You think you stink. So if you, if you, if you. <laughs> I actually haven't heard that. That's great. Oh, that's, that's, that's my old saying. That's my coach's saying. I say it to my kids all the time. You think you stink, you know? I oh, love it. Being, you know, obviously you, you, you overprocess something, you overthink something and you end up overcooking it and you, and, and it stinks. It's no good. Yeah. And, and you know, it's no good. And then you're mad at yourself because you, you pushed it too, too, too far. Yeah. Understanding that you know you, you gotta you gotta let go and just let it happen, like you said, trust the process and you know uh, and and have faith in that and and that's a big 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 uh, milestone yeah. when you get to that point. Yeah, man. and you realize, yeah, wow, okay, this is this is ha- this happened, this is working, this is cool, and it's music is um, music is magic, right? You 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 don't know when the lightning's gonna strike. Uh, but you keep on putting your kite up in the sky and hopefully you, you're going to catch something, right? That's right. That's, that's really what you're trying to do. So, you know, just keep the kite up there flying and, and, and just wait for the wind. You know, it's just not going to, it's not going to get there unless you put, unless you're doing it and it, but it's not going to get, nothing's going to happen if you're forcing that kite, you know, to, to fly in the direction you want it to go in, let yeah. the kite go where it needs to go and it'll find it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really, it's deep. You know, I, I know it kind of sounds a little, little, you know, it's very philosophical, but this is all a part of the process. And the creative process is not something for most people anyway, that is uh, a completely methodical thing. It's, it's an organic experience. It's an organic process and it has to be treated as such, you know. So the more you can draw on this sort of like Zen thinking, you know, this, uh, you know, you, know, you water the plants when they need it. You don't overwater them you know, yeah, and then they will grow and they will flower for you, but they don't grow in a day. They don't grow in an hour. Sometimes you can, you get lightning in a bottle and you've created something beautiful in a matter of minutes. There is no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, can you 
can you mentally accept that reality? Because once you have gotten to that point, then things become become easier in terms of uh, getting to where you want to go and understanding it's going to get there when it gets there. That's that's a big part of the creative process that, of course, is frustrating at times because you'll go through through bouts of, of nothingness, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, where there's really nothing going on. But is it really nothingness, though, or is it just the fact that because you you might not be as engaged in as you think you are? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Like life has tons of distractions, you know? And you could easily be, you're just caught up in the other things, but you're thinking, oh, I got to do this because I need to do it. I want to do it. But what's, you know, there's always an underlying thing that's that's going on that's uh, affecting the outcome. The subconscious, you could say, you know, underneath, pushing, pushing your creativity, your thought processes in one direction or another. And then you're not really conscious of it. You're only conscious of the results sometimes, you know. So there's an inner voice inside of you. We all talk about this voice, right? Your gut feeling, whatever you want to call it. That's a huge, huge thing to guide you in your process. The more you're in tune with that and the more you're listening to that and and you can and the, and the t- amount of time you can stay focused on that is important. Yeah. Okay. Not a lot of people can stay focused that long, that deep. It's because it's exhausting sometimes. You know, I'll come out of a session and I'm just beat, you know? Cause I, and it's not because I've been doing everything so physically, you know, whatever, but I've just been deeply, deeply in it, you know, yeah. and just letting it, letting it happen. We're talking like, I can't talk to my kids or my wife. I can't do anything else than do this when I'm writing. Like I can't, I can't do it with distractions. Like, you know, then sometimes I've, 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 I've dug a giant hole in here and now I need to crawl out of it, you know? And then, oh, and crawling out of it means mentally gets getting out of it completely. And then I'll go out to the yard and I'll start doing some gardening or something. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And then come back, come back in here later that night, take a breath, silence myself for a second. I got nothing. I go to bed. It's the ability to say, I got nothing. I'm going, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking the team to the next town where we, we lost this. Yeah. But that, but that, but the, the, the season isn't over. Yep. So, you know, accepting that is a big deal, you know, accepting that, you know, not every day you're going to hit one out of the park, you know, wake up the next morning, all of a sudden, dude, dude, Oh, the ideas, things are happening. You jump back out here and you're like, whammo, there it is. You're back on the horse again or the skis or whatever. And you're, and you're riding and, and it's, that's it. It's like that, you know, it's, it's like that. And sometimes, you know, sometimes deadlines are cool because they can kind of force you into, into putting you into that mind frame, but also they can be devastating because they can force things that are not good and you're, and you don't, and you have to settle for things. I've been so fortunate in my career that Symphony X has never been that band. We've never had to answer to anybody's deadlines, whatever. Labels were always like, uh, you guys are amazing. Give it to us when it's ready. And, and we were we were we were never bound by some sort of uh radio program uh release window and all that shit that yeah. you know i learned with adrenaline mob what all that was and that that affected adrenaline mob's quality of music you know in my opinion there was things that were rushed and that shouldn't have been done that, that went against my my uh my particular uh you know way of doing things but i was also coming from a very very uh privileged if to use a word the word 
position of creativity with Symphony X because we had the we had the pedigree and we had all of that behind us and we put out these great records early on and so everyone was like well they're going to give us something great whatever but the general mob you know that was an unproven thing in a world where everybody's trying to get that piece of the pie right everyone's trying to get that radio spot everybody's yeah. trying to get that attention um so you know that certain things in that process suffered but there was also some great things when i worked with orlando and writing a lot of those songs a lot of those songs came together in a day or less because that's just that type of music it was yeah it was something easy to connect to it wasn't so deep you know it, it was it was more you know on the surface and so uh we were really we got really good at doing that uh but certain things we could have I, I wanted to spend more time on you know and mike said oh we're on a roll we're on a roll i've never been like on a roll like this with people like well, well we're on a roll we got a good thing here but like you know let's let's breathe a little bit. And I was always that guy, you know, trying to uh -huh. make, you know, put, 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 put some breath in there and let's, 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 let's sit on this and let's see where this takes us tomorrow. And, you know, and, and sometimes I'd slow the process a little bit, not, not for anything other than, is it the best we can do? Yeah. Is this song really touching? Sometimes you'd be like, yeah, this is, this is saying exactly what it needs to. This is, this is good. You know, and then we move on, you know? Uh, and, and so, you know, it's all about the, the what you're doing, the writing, the genre you're in. I get that. But the process of, like I said, this common bond between all of it, the arc of, of the process, you have to trust in. And sometimes it's not something you can just, you know, will into being complete, but you can will yourself into being present. That's a big difference. Yeah. You know, you want to will yourself into being present in the, in the, in the moment and present in the song and present in the idea. And then just be quiet and let the ideas come. I often said that I never wrote anything in my life. You know, everything I ever got was a message from somewhere else. Yeah. I know it sounds wacky to say that, right? But in the actual reality of it, I'm hearing it in my mind, aren't I? Yeah. You know, we hear the ideas as as clips in your brain of, of whatever they are. So where did the where the fuck does that come from? I know. So I always think to myself, well, I don't really make this up it's, somebody sent me this this yeah. is a message it's it's cool right it's scary kind of in the same same sense but where do ideas come from and you know we, we can sit there and argue that scientific fact That's slash a, whatever there's ever. something there though man that I, someone's probably tried there, to study this but there's, there's something I, ideas there's ideas something. float um i've seen i've seen music ideas i've seen story ideas that had never been explored before. And then all of a sudden there's a bunch of them and they're not copycats. It's like, it's just, there's something and it germinates. And then all of a sudden you're, and you mm -hmm. can tell that they're not, the, I can give you examples, but it, that's kind of beside the point. I I'm just, I'm emphasizing what you're saying. It, you know, yeah. they come from somewhere. Um, and you know, wherever that somewhere is, uh, it's not, you can't hundred percent take credit for it. Like, you know, no, I never have. I, I it's like, you know, I wrote this. I, you know, I, I've, I've had experience with, with folks that just, you know, they're so caught up in that ego thing. They can't, they can't even fathom it. It's like, you know, dude, you know, nah, this, this is uh, these, these signals, if you will, these wavelengths, these, these issues, even if they're within the brain, uh, there's a wave that's coming. They, that wave could be 
could be man, it can be manifested in your mind uh, in a certain way because of outside influences of, of energies around you. Right. You know, you have to understand that that's a real thing. The energy, the, the type of music you might create out on a, let's say you had a studio like Rush out on a lake, you know, and every day you're near that negative ionic uh, rush of water, you know, which is a calming feeling. Yeah. You know, it could completely, completely, you know, create uh, a different outcome than if you were in New York City in the gritty, you know, this of the city and the right. noise and the, and the, and the tones and, and, and your environment has a huge impact on your, on your creative process, I, I find. Well, I mean, you think know. of the whole grunge movement. Um, mm -hmm. there was, sonically, there's so much of that that, that um, makes sense that it came from the Pacific Northwest. Um, right. Just, um, you know, and, and not, um, that's a very unscientific um, explanation. I'm sure there's more to it. But I 100% I, I agree with you. And, and um, one of the things that's similar, we've touched on this topic a couple of times, but, and I'm no scientist, but I did a bunch of reading on quantum entanglement. When I wrote one of the books I wrote, um, I, I premised part of my magic system on this idea that two things can sort of have a relationship and behavior at great distances. Um, and so mm. this, the, these notions that, you know, some, there's something going on that sort of is catalyzing inspiration, I think is not without, you know, some sort of um, input beyond just us thinking that we are these great originators from, from nothing. <laughs> Yeah, they they could be impulses of of, of past uh, events that have uh, you know we don't know the the extent of of the energy we put out into the universe, right? And and yeah. if that were to come back to us in some way, shape, or form, like you know, I often think of like you know the Star Trek you know movies that in the, when they Voyager they in the first Star Trek movie it's it's the Voyager probe that's at the center of this cloud whatever you know that they go into and turns out this is something from the from the ancient past yeah. that has you know transitioned into this other reality and uh you know you, you think about you know there's there's signals out there of like the moon landings that are still going across the galaxy yeah. you know that they're that are hitting places for the first time ever you know what i mean so why is it so far-fetched that 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 uh uh, wavelengths of other other things of other consciousnesses from 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 around us are c coming in and creating these things obviously there's a lot of science between the science to to, to back up the idea that the uh, that the moon the phases of the moon can affect the human emotion because of the effect that it has on the planets uh, you know water and, and we're made of right. water and it changes a lot of things about about you know about uh society and, and and the ebb and flow of of uh even violence and things like that and how these things can affect us and so you know i i, I really think you know putting yourself in the right environment to be creative is important and not just you're like you know hey i got my little safe space i love this i call it a safe space it's just it's my studio man but it's my spot you know it's yeah. like I, I got a lot of energies in here from around the world things i've collected and little little knickknacks and just things that spark a memory or or give me a visual or something like that but you know also there's there's something to be said for you know being put yourself in the and a lot of actors will do this right they'll use that they, they'll use method acting to to put themselves in the character mindset right so one cool thing i've, I've done which is kind of cool is is to put yourself in the environment uh, of uh, as best you can uh, of the contact 
on the content matter you're trying to articulate. So if you're, you know, you know, if I'm writing a song about ancient Greece and the war of something or a god, you know, to stand at the Acropolis and break out my phone and maybe and jot some lines down, you know, of whatever comes to my mind in that moment, yeah, that's big, you yeah, know, man. because you're in the environment, you're there, you're you're there. So, and you know, you can't force it, but I always got my, the, the best thing about the phone for people like us, because it's a notepad, it's, it's everything, right? There's no excuse. It's a video recording. You, it's a voice. I got so many voice recordings on my phone of ideas that pop into my brain, wherever I've been in the world. And sometimes I've been smart enough to say where I'm at, but luckily that you have that location service and say, <laughs> Oh, I was here when I said, All right, okay, cool. You know, so, so like, you know, sometimes, but what's really cool about that too, voice notation for, for singers, voice notation is great because if you can get a voice notation of an idea, you can even let that simmer for a long fucking time and then come back to it later and you play that voice notation. All of a sudden your brain goes, I remember that song. And if you do remember that the, the song idea from the voice notation, you've got something there, my friend, yeah. you've got something that sticks. If you listen to something like, what the fuck was I thinking? What is this about? It's it's probably not not worth the investment in trying to further that that idea that you that you thought that was so good at the time. Yeah. That's another thing too. I love you know letting things sit for a while is a good way to come back and see if they have any st- staying power. Because if yeah. it doesn't stay with you, well, how the hell do you expect it's going to stay with anybody else? Yeah. So that's real important. You know, you you be your own worst critic and 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 really take a take a hard look at what you're doing and 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 be honest about it. And that's, yeah. that's probably the best advice I could tell young singers when they're, when they're getting into the ideas of songwriting yeah. and the environment is, is key, you know, putting yourself in a good environmental space to help inspire. You want to call it inspiration. You want to call it messages. You want to call it waves, whatever the fuck it is you, you want to call it. Uh, like you said, I'm no scientist either. Neither are you, but we are, you know, conscious human beings trying to understand the, uh, the reality that we're living in. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and hell you could sit there and write uh, complete records and people have about that about the abstract existence uh, period that this abstract existence we live in yeah because it turns out now you know going back to your quantum uh quantum physics uh stuff it turns out nothing's actually touching anything else there's space between everything right you know like your fingers that you never actually touch another person they say So it's the only, only the energy is it being exchanged. Well, that's a whole different cool thing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's how we, it's, it's all about energy, about everything is a wave. Everything is a wave. Music is a wave, Yeah. you know, so, and I think that's why music is so powerful. So understanding that and understanding that, that waves are everything, your thoughts are waves, visuals, colors are waves, waves of light, everything in the universe is based on a wave, you know, that that is is profound and then you can kind of sort of put your mind in a, in a place where you can tap into those waves and try and, and and get get what you need out of that source you know yeah. there's an infinite amount of, of energy out there and if you can bring that to a place in your mind where you can you can you can uh, organize those into into a cohesive thought and put that on paper or in your voice recorder and uh and stuff and really really get that out there um that's that's the trick you know uh and it all starts with that and it's, and it's not necessarily just words it's a melody too you know whatever yeah. melody kind of strikes you you know as being something that 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 hits you in the moment based on the environment that you're in 
but you have to be open to that. And that's the thing I think a lot of people struggle with a lot of times. Just, you know, even guys that are trained, well, I know the melodies go here. And if I go, uh, if I go a major third up, that's going to be, the, okay, okay, yes, yes, you are correct. The math will all add up to be whatever, but that's not how human beings react to music. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's an Human emotion. beings react, react to energy in the music and energy is put in by the human being that makes it so the, 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 like we said before there's just there's, there's the 12 notes right uh and of course the magic is i mean the, the big riddle is trying to find those magic notes within those 12 notes that are going to get a response out of people well it's got to get a response out of you first that's, that's right. the trick right yeah 100 percent. So you got to be your own worst enemy you got to be your own worst critic you gotta and you know you don't have to be mean about it but you got to be honest about it yeah. and say like you know oh this is good and yeah, you can overthink something if you think he's thinking. You know, at, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about how honest you are with the material, with yourself. And then you're going to be able to get that on, on the recording. Because once you have a basis of what you're talking about, like whether it's, uh, you know, Odysseus going back to going back home after the Trojan Wars in the Odyssey. Well, I didn't write that. Homer wrote that, you know. But how how can I relate to this to this man? You know, well, okay, I've traveled a lot. I've, I've you know at the time in my life, you know, it was a grand adventure, right? I was touring the world and da, 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 and you know the sirens, all the all the you know all the you know look, we never really had. It wasn't the '80s for us, dude. It wasn't like groupies everywhere. Yeah, we weren't Motley Crue, but I could visualize that. Okay, there's the <laughs> sirens and stuff and all the. It didn't have to be theme, women. It could be just the fans, or like, or the not the 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 the, the, the crazy ones. You know, the ones that want to just you know, you know, the type that buy somebody's beard clippings off eBay. I'm I'm not going to say who who did that, but you know, good friend of mine. Good, good friend of mine. You know, but but there's people out there that'll do that. It's like yeah, I used to, I used to joke around, and say oh, I should put my underwear out there for sale. Like, you know, it's just so stupid, right? But. But so I, I would, I, you know, through those jokes though, right? I could, I could say, oh, okay, well, there's a psyche I can, I can pull on to say like, okay, well, here's, here's the trappings of getting, of letting your ego get sucked into all of that, you know, yeah. that you, now you need that in order to, to feel like you're, you, you are, are relevant. You need that, you need to have that energy given to you all the time. And, and people some guys fall victim to that, right? So there, there's that. So I was like, okay, well, that's that imagery. I can kind of pull on that energy. So a lot of lyrics, a lot of way, our way I would perform lyrics and stuff is based on energies that I could pull on. You know, the, the, for, to the one that I love, you know, my journey has begun. I would think about coming home to my family. I would think about going back to maybe California where I grew up and, uh, and things like that. These are, these are tried and true techniques in order to put yourself in a space to put emotional value to a lyric that uh, isn't a, a life experience directly related to your story, but you have something similar you can pull on as a reference. And so that, that's a whole other craft and a, another thing that, you know, that I, I, I would do in those early albums is uh, to, you know, to give myself, and I had that night experience in medieval times. So I, I got that whole vibe, yeah. of, you know, fighting on the field of battle and being able to do songs like the accolade and, and, and um, even though it wasn't real for me to, to it wasn't, you know, I wasn't fighting to the death, but I, I had a, I had sort of a sense of it, you know? And so I could kind of pull on that energy of what it was like to ride a horse at full tilt 
against another human being, you know, and the energy of the horse and how the horse was feeling and thinking, because they're like right. us, they're like people, they have personalities, um, understanding all that. So, you know, a lot goes into really, really good stuff a lot of times, you know, yeah. and these are the types of things that people don't, don't really know. And, 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 and most fans love and appreciate it, but no, most people in the world, like, you know, if I, I went to, you know, oh yeah, when are you going to write that, get that song done already? You know, what are you, you know, you're going to, when are you going to go on tour? Are you going to make any money with it? What are you, I don't know. What are you, what are you doing yeah. with all this? You, you don't even work. You go out, you sing for an hour, you're done and you pay. You know, I work nine five. I, I get, bust my ass. You get know, a real job. I get a real job. Sure. We've all heard that. Right. And, and, and you know what? They don't understand, but when you get older and those same people see what you did and how hard it was to get there, they, they understand, they get it, you know, they can't even, then it's sort of like, not they're ashamed or anything, but they're sort of like, man, I, I don't think I could ever do what he did to get that far yeah. in that, to put that kind of time in. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the people, what the people don't see the things that we're talking about right now that we're, it's that just to get that one line in that song, the way that you need it to be could take a lot of work yeah a lot of work a lot of investment of your energy in and stuff um there's an interesting uh, and, thing that happens too yeah. in uh, in i think writing um both both music and for me also when i do my books but in some ways there's always ma magical moments but um sometimes the better you get at it the harder it is because you start to you start to hone that craft so much, you start to realize how much you can communicate in that one line, um, in both, mm -hmm. both melodically and lyrically, um, and 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 you've said some things that I think are really important that I just want to punctuate, and that is, for you would take these opportunities on tour and you go out and you experience the local culture and you go see see things and talk to people. Um, and, you know, we've learned through this how much of a, a football fan you are and a, and a coach and on, on all these various things. And all of this kind of uh, this is this huge like palette of experience that can inform when you're when you get to your art to kind of creating the expressions. And you can you can intellectualize those um, and um, put those on paper if you're much, much younger. But there's also like something to be said for all of this experience accruing to, to a kind of music that someone who hasn't had those experiences just can't make. Um, and, um, you know, that's the, yes, you don't have maybe the energy of the 18 year old Russ, but uh, the trade-off is, is the, the, what you can produce now is going, is going to have levels that you couldn't have written to 30 right. years ago. Yeah, no, you're exactly you're exactly right, but that's but that's not to say that the 18 year old can achieve cannot achieve the For same sure. thing. It, it might not be the same experience, the same story, but the fact that when you're young like that and you're in that that time of your life, everything is very here here for you emotionally. Right. It's right here. It's right at the surface. So there's a the vulnerability is the challenge there. How vulnerable can you make yourself? in your art at that age to expose your in, in your inequities, you know, yeah. that's the magic for them, for them. It's, it's the chance it's to be brave and, 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 and to be able to, uh, and to be able to 
to go to that place at a young age. And that's why some of the greatest artists like the Jim Morrison's and the guys who really excelled at deeply expressing, you know, all these things at a young age were so successful because they were able to tap into the, what we're talking about very early, you know, well, and, and, and a able lot of those, to a lot of articulate those... their feelings very, very good. Very well. Yeah, yeah. I a hundred percent. I um I, I wasn't trying to suggest that you can only write great songs. Oh later. yeah, no. But the no. like a lot of I mean, if you look at the sort of themes that get taken by um people of different who are in different cultures at different periods of life and stuff, like um there's not a lot of forty year olds who are who are desperate to write a song about their you know young love. And I'm I'm being kind of facetious a bit, but a lot of the songs that you see come out of maybe more popular music right now, they they um can, what they take into consideration, what they are addressing, is a lot of like a, early relationship stuff. And you know what? Sure. They would write that song way better than I could because it's been a long time since I was uh, 18. You know. So um, yeah, for from our perspective, it would be more of a nostalgic uh, effort. Right. You know, and and there's something to be said for that too. You for know? sure. Love, love is a universal topic. So, you know, you, we all experience it at different phases in our lives and different experiences, good and bad. And so the older you are, you have more experience in it. So you can, you can, the, the, the palette is larger. You can comment more on it, yeah. but yes, the, 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 the passion of it when you're young is so there, That's you know? A, and so, yeah, you can't. So, so we, we, you know, you get older, you kind of, you're like, Oh man, I wish I was that age again. And you, you're looking back at that, but at the same time, you're also, you know, you're also at a place where you can, you can, you can analyze that a little clearer, you know, cause you're not so caught up in it, but, but that's the beauty of youth. Uh, you know, when you are that caught up in it, you can really express it, you know? Oh, and so yeah, for sure. I think, I think, you know, young writers, you know, should never be discouraged about their lack of experience in anything. They should, they should be completely brave and unafraid of anything because uh, that's the time to be unafraid well, is that even though there's so much uncertainty at that time in your life of what you're where you're going what you're doing who you're going to be with so many things now that that young people face in in, in the world you know of, yeah. of the internet and acceptance and uh in in being uh you know being on the right side of, of everything you know there's such a uh there's such a huge challenge for, for them coming up of where, you know, where do I, where do I fit into this? You know, I, I have to fit in or I, I won't, I'll be ostracized. All right. There's a, there's so much pressure on them uh, in, in a larger sense than what we dealt with just in our local. Yeah. Now. Like it, right. we felt that in high school uh, social structure construct. Now these kids today, young people today are dealing with that on a global scale, you know, well, think and, about and having, to navigate that on a, on a much larger thing when they do put their lives out on Instagram and they put their lives out yeah, on there man. to be seen and to be viewed and and stuff and what they're pushing out there to the world and well think about the I dumb things you and I did before, before the world recorded everything you did like whether it was someone else or you through your digital footprint with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and stuff Sure. Um, you and I are just old enough to predate that. And so, and whatever kind of crazy things that we did out of, um, you know, rebelliousness or crazy or on a, a drunken binger, um, the world uh -huh. doesn't ever get to see or know that stuff because um, it wasn't documented for the world to see. Now, these kids are in a situation where their lives are kind of on display 
And, you know, mistake you made 10 years. This is, goes back to the thing that I think is really important that you said, and I love you for it, about second chances. Because um, invariably, you're going to do something really dumb because you're dumb when you're a teenager. And I just hope that as a culture, we can really be forgiving of the fact that people do dumb shit when they're young. Um, and, and they get well, to grow and then, up. And, that, and it, to your point that that, you know, there's a, that's a great topic for a song right there. I mean, and only we can do that. People who are older need to be sending that message out to the world, you know, to let young people know, hey, it's okay if you make some mistakes, man. You know, yeah. it's, it happens. Right now, that's not the message that's being out there. It's like, oh, whatever you did 10 years ago, we're going to judge you for it. It's like, well, this is like worse than high school right now going on. So, you know, I think the messaging from us, it has to come from us. It has to come from the generation that you said just just barely predates all the generation X, right? Yeah. Us generation Xers, you know, we got, we're not the boomers. We're not the, you know, the, the ones that were, you know, ruling the stock market in the eighties on Cause that was a little before our time. Right. So right. we're the Xers and we were a part of the grunge scene as it exploded and part of a big cultural change in the, in the musical landscape. Uh, the biggest one since the sixties. Right. Right. That was the last big musical shift. Right. Yeah, it was. And we were there for that. And then you were right there for that in Seattle. So like, you know, I think it has to come from us, man. I mean, um, uh, in, in that, that sort of feeling of uh, redemption and, and second chances, we got to let younger people know, Hey, it's okay to be you. Yeah. You be you, man. You're going to make mistakes. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool, man. It's what you do after that that counts. You know, it's what you do after that. You know, it's like, hey, you know, we're all making mistakes. I still make mistakes. Everybody's, For sure. we're all still growing. If you're not growing, you're dying. So, you, you know, you got to be, got to think like that. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, the other side of that it, coin is, is if, if you're, if you're so afraid because uh, uh, the thing you do could somehow get documented and some, and um, impinge later opportunities in your life then you're going to play it safe so much. You're going to be so careful that you're not going to take the kind of risks that, that like we, I mean, I think metal culture is about that. It's about, uh, you know, rock and roll was the original rebellion. It was, you know, right. um, so I, I would hate for kids to feel like they can't do something that's uh, creative or different um, simply because it, it, if they don't, if they, ha they have to play it so safe, in order to like walk this careful path for their life. Like it that just seems to me that it's going to inhibit growth um, versus encourage. I agree. I, I agree. And the, the, you know, the, it's funny because like metal always did well when like the Republicans were in power, right. In America, did you ever notice that? Like all the big <laughs> metal bands, but the metal years did is because they, they were the, 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 uh, whatever they were called the, 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 the yuppie, party man they were the rich people we we can stand the corporations metal's always been anti-corporate right yeah. we've always been against the establishment and all this other stuff and then in a, and we always just done well it seems like today that you know the, the 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 team switched you know like now that the, now the other guys are in charge and but they're the but they're the ones that everyone's afraid of rebellion so well that's not rock and roll you know that's not whoever whoever's up there and he's eating all the all the chips you know out of the bowl those are the people we got, you know, we got a rebellion. I don't know. To, to me, it's, it's so hard because yeah, it, it's hard for people to kind of, we, we lived through that where we saw these changes, you know, uh, and every generation before us has lived through these changes, but when the changes are, you know, they, they don't understand that 
you know, their, their reality is completely different than what ours was, yeah. what we were rebelling against. Right. But now, like you said, they're afraid to rebel because they're afraid they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, you know, lose their, whatever their, their status or be judged about things. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sad, scary thing to have to feel that way. And, and I, and I, I have nothing but empathy for, for, for our yeah. younger generation. I've even told and my I, kids, I, I, I'm like, I, I'm going to help you in every way I can, but there's a little part of me that's really glad that I grew up in a different time. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way. The only thing we can do dude, is <coughs> encourage them to be for me, I mean, hey, look, I'm an independent. I've said that many times. I, 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 I think you you walk your own path, and you, you that's being a rock and roller. You know, yeah, don't try and conform. It was never cool to try and conform to what everybody else did. You always kind of did it anyway because that's what your your friends were doing. And if everybody, you know, you, but your friends were the ones that brought the bands sometimes to you they never heard of before. Hey, check these guys out. Yeah. I got a tape of this band called Metallica, man. I mean, check this out wow that became the locker room fucking anthem music in football when i was playing yeah. i mean it, it was you know one master of puppets and bam 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 friday night we're getting ready locker rooms blasting this stuff and then we'd have freaking you know then we'd have that and uh whatchamacallit nwa or wherever in la that was you know the anything that the black flag you know suicidal tendencies and all these sort of like just any band that got the angst going you know like yeah, that was what we were pumping in the locker room to get us get us all fired up right uh but that was all because we discovered that passing that around through cassette tapes man uh and 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 that's how we discovered it. and then then you'd hear it on the radio later oh I, we heard of those dudes already man we know them. we were always a we were the kids were always ahead of the curve on the air yeah you know yeah we were always ahead of the curve and, and they still kind of are, but like now there's just so much information out there to digest yeah. that it's really hard to kind of find uh, a pulse because everybody's so, so over, just bombarded with media now, bombarded. So, I, you know, again, I, I, with that, with that, just be, that being said, there, it's a brave new world. So just, just go attack it, you know, just be you don't and be unapologetic about being yeah. who you are. People need to be, I, I, that would be the one thing I think that's the biggest lesson that we should be, be taking from this whole thing is, is, uh, you know, just take your lumps, own your mistakes, but don't apologize for being who you are. That's, yeah. that's just a, that's a, that's a bad trap that I think uh, people are afraid to get to fall into. Yeah, you people... know, that's, that's kind of the tragedy that's going on right now. And, but again, I think it's us as artists, as musicians, the time is going to come where we're going to have that platform again to have people's, you know, attention. And, and, and it's a great opportunity for us, like you said, to, to bring some balance to the force, right? You know, we got to bring some balance. Back. You know we got to get it. We got to, we got to get our inner Yoda going on, dude. Bring, <laughs> bring some of that balance back to the, to the force, man. Let people know, Hey, it's okay. And it's okay. Luke, I know you ran off, got your hand cut off though. How'd that work out for you? Yeah. yeah, you weren't ready yet. You weren't ready yet, but you're ready now. Yeah. So don't, you know, he came back to apologize to Yoda too, remember? I do. It's so funny, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw I left, man. You know, basically, he's like, hey, you you know, you had to do what you had to do. Now's your chance to really redeem yourself, and, and now you're ready. Yeah. No, no more instruction do you require. <laughs> know that what you already need or whatever, the way he talked, right? <laughs> Putting but the, the verbs yeah, last I mean, or whatever, right? Um, it's just so funny how it, how a sci-fi sci trilogy like that can actually have deep, you know, meaning in, in society. 
It's just it well, makes what's me his laugh. name? Um, George Lucas. Lucas is a genius. Lucas is a genius. He, yeah. I mean, he was working. I, this is documented forever, but he was working off of tried and true uh, story archetypes with the characters sure. and with the hero's journey, and it's why it resonates so powerfully because um, that basic archetype's been told in every culture from the beginning of time. Um, yep. But I think you're right. I've thought this actually before, um, and maybe maybe this is the opportunity for um, metal, which I think of all of the genres probably best is positioned to do this, but the in, we talked about the sort of rev, revolution, cultural revolution and music revolution that started in the 60s. It seems to me we are like ripe for that again because we're, we're kind of in a place where um, I don't think people are really being encouraged broadly to walk their own path. Um, uh, you know, the if the spirit of rock and roll and metal at least a little bit is defiance, like I am, I am going to be fiercely individual and do my thing. Yeah. I don't think that that message is actually the message most people are getting. And um, no, they're not encouraged to do that. They're encouraged to conform, you know, and, and that's really what, what it boils down to. And it doesn't matter what team you're playing on. It's right. you have to, conform all the teams want conformity. It, the, yeah. They want conformity. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, if you're not with us, you're against us mentality. There's no, there's no room for, for, for debate. And, and yeah. um, you know, the only answer to that, like you said, you know, it's we, when you then wave your black flag, man, or I don't know what to tell you. Cause honestly being, being true to yourself is the, is the only thing you can really do. That's the only thing your conscious will really accept. Yeah. If you don't do that, you know, you will only set yourself up for, for, for disappointment later on because you, you're just lying to yourself, you know, yeah. you know, and, and, and you're not being true to yourself. And that's really the, the lesson that we're being, you know, we're having to deal with now as a society, as a, a everything. And um, I, I hope you're right. I think, I think, you know, metal music or rock and roll in general, let's put a even broader thing and put metal in, into that, into that group as well. You know, the, 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 the world of rock and roll, the meaning of what it meant to, to be rebellious uh, and and stuff needs to come back fiercely and and be uh, standing for you know people's individual expression and 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 celebrating that and rewarding that and giving that a place in the world and but and it's it's it, it it's evaporated so fast you know I think that's the most shocking thing for a lot of especially people like us our age how yeah. how quickly it changed how quickly it just and it's gone you know all all in a matter of of a of a, of a of a few years and and uh you know everyone we can all sit here and play the blame game and 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 say was this or was that but maybe we should look at ourselves yeah. you know this is i think a chance for all of us to look at ourselves and look at who look at what we've become yeah and see if if uh if there's and and, and listen to the to that inner voice and and most people will, you know, when they do these polls and everything you hear about, most people hate what's going on right now. Yeah, they hate this whole this whole system we're living in of uh, conformity, and but no one's brave enough to say anything about it. And I think musicians are like comedians. Comedians are do, are starting to do it. You know, like we talked about earlier in the yeah, show. There are some, yeah. and I think I'm, there are there are very few, but and they're taking their lickings. You know, they're taking their backlashes and blah blah blah. Yeah. But you know, the, you know, they're 
we got to we got to look at those artists for inspiration and say hey there's some there's some braveness right there let's let us go out there and put a positive message out in the world let's yeah. let's tell people let's tell young people especially hey it's okay to be you it's okay don't you know you go out there you live you that's know, the really cool like I, we've said it a few times but that's one of the things that i love so much about and it's not that there's not still tensions i don't want to make it sound like happy valley but it's one of the things I, I genuinely love about the sort of rock metal culture is at least generally. And it has been this thing where we were united um, by something, by the music. And we all had, but, but we're, there's also this fierce individualism. Like you, you can like these bands and I can like these bands and we can have fun spirited debates about them. But at the end of the day, we're going to show up at the festival. We're going to rock together. And, you know, yeah. we, stand, we right. stand against a foe. If someone gets, you know, it's like the, the, the great microcosm of this is the mosh pit. Um, people yes, people don't understand about, the mosh pit. I was pit. just about to say that. Yeah? Someone goes down. Yeah. And it looks violent. And uh, someone goes down. The first thing people do in the mosh pit is get them on their feet. Make sure they're safe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it, it's, um, that's what I it's think. It's all it, about the... It's all about ex expression and engaging your fears and overcoming them and then, and then lifting up your fellow, you know, you know, metalhead down there. You know, it's not about yeah. trampling the weak. It's about lifting everybody up to enjoy the experience, the exhilaration of, yeah. of this sort of like massive swirling energy. You know, it's like th that's what it's about. Yeah. And yes, it, on the face, it appears violent. But boy, what a great expression of violent energy. Uh, to put it in a mosh pit where you know it, it's it released you know in a way that that is harmonious and with everyone people... who's involved how cool is how and that's us man we created that that's right I, you know and and it doesn't matter because i'm in a prog metal band dude and i've been out there and i've surfed the crowd and i've seen the mosh pits break out in fucking seven nine and all these odd times we play you know <laughs> so i'm like wow this is this is something you know yeah. I, I was always impressed by that you know of course, Meshuga and bands like that, that just totally blow the doors off a festival when they come out and they start doing it and you see the pits just getting crazy. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool thing to, to, to see that, to be that, to be there, to, to experience that energy. And, and, and it's, and it's definitely, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a watermark thing for our genre for sure. And it's very misunderstood. Very so misunderstood. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that, man. I'm fine with it. If the, because you know, right now, you know, when we're looking at the other side of the of the fence and seeing how the how the mainstream's acting, we don't. I don't understand that. You know, like that 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 to me isn't you know isn't that to, that's not that's not that's that's ten times worse than than us out there in our our black t-shirts. You know, arguing about who's who could play the better solo on yeah. what record, and but we're still moshing together and saying, "Fuck, life is awesome, dude! I'm so happy I came to this festival today." So good to see you this year. Can't wait to see you next year. It just That's seems what to we, me we miss. We miss the we miss our community more right. than anybody because because we were already the outsiders, bro. We were already the ones that were we weren't in a cool kids club, you know, uh, whatever the 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 big slice of the pie in, in in the music world. We we were very proud to have our own niche, you know, and and very and very cool to celebrate that in those festivals and we Symphony X to go back and play those festivals and, and I, I hope we get we get the opportunity because the, the cool thing that the festival promoters also they're us dude the, the festival promoters are also metalheads too yeah so you would think in, in the in the grand scheme of the money-making business aspect the big boys 
oh man, the festival's done. Well, we got to get the hottest band this year to make sure everybody comes out. Well, that's not what any of the guys did with the metal festivals that we were booked on in 2020. Yeah. They got canceled 2020, canceled 2021, same bills for 2022 that they're offering to the fans, you know? So, and it's, you know, cause they're like, well, this is who we were going to have. This is what the people wanted to see. And guess what? People still want to see them. And we're going to honor that, those agreements. And we're, we're going to honor that, that, that commitment to these acts, as long as they're, they, they still want to do it. That's something that's really, really cool. That's kind of unique. I think to us, I, I, I think, I don't really see that in other, Another thing, you know, metal festivals, rock festivals, they, they want you there you're there, man. And they make the effort to help you get there. And I, I can't think that promoters enough and people in the live business that give us the platform in order to perform and, and, and be with our fellow metal metal heads. Cause you, like you said, this, this is a, it's a communal space, right? Where the fans are the bands and the bands are the fans. And, and that's, that's the coolest thing about our, our, our thing. You know, we're, we're, um, there's always going to, there's always, you know, there's going to be a competitiveness there, which is great, uh, you know, cause, but it's not about, oh, my band's better than you. It's about, dude, I'm going to fucking rock my balls off today. And I know you are too. So I can't wait to see you do it. I'll be there. I'm going on four. Okay. I'll, I'll be there for you. You supporting each other on the, on the, what maybe a lot of fans don't realize we're backstage and you know, we're, we're pulling for each 100%, other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, um, we want to. And some some bands get get the they get the nut that day, you know. They're like, "Fuck, man, they killed it." Those guys, fuck. Did you see that part, part when he like jumped off the thing? Did you see that shit? So we we that's that's it, you know. We we're all about you know trying we we're trying to one up each other in a, in a way that just raises the bar of the entire event yeah. because we want yeah. the, the event to be successful for the entire genre of, of what we're doing. So. So the fans know they got the best we could give and they they can't wait to come back next year. And that's, that's, that's a win-win for everybody involved. And I think, I think it's really cool that the metal community has that sort of vibe. You know, I've it always is. loved that about it. The, and those, these promoters, these put on these festivals, um, you, you are hundred percent right. They, they bring in, they certainly will have acts that are more recent, but they've got, some of them are built around great metal acts that um, aren't even together anymore. Um, and I, I became acquainted right. with this because like I, legacy acts. Yeah. I, I got to front a couple of, um, a couple of acts at a, at a festival in Germany called keep it true. And, uh, I went and sang for fifth angel and a band called air apparent and every single band on the bill for this festival, which I think a three day festival, um, none of them are in the sort of regular rotation now. Um, like their whole thing is to try and bring acts to, to the, the festival and uh, like, how cool is it? And by the way, then they fill this arena with with metal fans for all of these bands that are older. Um, and I just saw I think it was yesterday. I think they they've just started to publish the Hellfest um, uh, list. And that if if you read that list, like you'll know almost all the bands. And there's there's everything from Metallica down to bands that are you know have been around a long time that. You know, they might only play that one show this year, but they Hellfest made sure they brought them there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that's a that's. I think, a, I think we're I think we're doing Hellfest. I think we're on, on that. Are you on too. Hellfest? Oh, that's. I cool. think so. Yeah, I have to check. Um, but I know we were talking about we're definitely doing. We're doing one in Barcelona, the big rock, the one down there in Spain, and I'm pretty sure. 
we're going back to Hellfest this year. I, I could be wrong, I, the, or the next year, whatever. I'd have to check. Let me see. Yeah, I was trying. Uh, there was something we were talking about. You you probably know more than me. Hell, I don't even I don't even know what day it is half the time over here. Speaking <laughs> of what day it is, I, my wife's probably poked in here like two times. She's probably wondering what the hell I'm doing. She's probably got you know probably wanting to go out and get some dinner or something. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys are on. It's a, it's a huge bill. I mean, there's so many stages in over multiple days. Um, but the the I was just. Uh, punctuating your point on um, the community, like they're nobody's forgotten. Like they're happy to see uh, bands of, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that cuts across a lot of different styles that we talked about that there's so many sort of subgenres inside metal now. Um, right. And I'm not a fan of like a huge fan of every single one of them, but there's enough in each of them that like, I would, I would be on the front row at a Hellfest and I would just stand there all day for every act. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and I'm not the only one. That's there's a lot of that's how fans are. Um, all right. Well, dude, your wife's gonna hate me after this. Keeping you <laughs> on the Zoom. She doesn't. Like, she's like, what? What did you do? It's just called a podcast. Lane. They're very long. They're usually not ten hours long, but you know they, they can be long. Yeah. So like, I'm okay. more than made up for my. I think I'm more than made up for my absence and and the in the in the in the. In the the internet uh yeah you know, this is all the back time <laughs> <laughs> all right dude well um it's been a pleasure to talk to you uh so much good stuff here i'm 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 eager also to share this uh, for other folks who um maybe missed the live hey, ha good luck uploading this giant like, oh my I gosh just, like, yeah you know, how's that gonna go <laughs> you could you could you could actually watch this probably entire podcast and watch the entire Star Wars trilogy at the same time, <laughs> you know, while this is going on and get through, get through all of them. Yeah. So that's what I suggest you do. Just tune in here and there and then, you know, you know, watch, watch Lord of the Rings or something. You get through the whole thing. Yeah. Can you imagine that's the crazy. transcription crazy. for this? It would be a hundred pages. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't writing it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> all right, dude, let me, um, so thanks again. We'll, we'll, Include some links. Um, I'll play the outro here. Stick on just for real quick so that I, we can connect about the game thing, and then you should sure. go off to dinner. So, all right, sounds all right, man. Good thank you. Thank you, and thanks to all your 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 fans out there. And uh, can't wait to get out there and start singing again for everybody. Yeah, man, we're all we're all eager for it. Boom. <laughs>